Test this real quick. Test, 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 test. Check, one, two. You're such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and just defend Alexis with that that <laughs> that intro already. Alexis and Travis so are funny. here, which we'll get to that. But um, the, the intro that you guys just listened to, Heidi decided to keep it. Uh, but it did, not, it did not paint Alexis in a very nice light. <laughs> Already to start this podcast. But Travis, off. every time we do a mic check before we get started, Travis, like we're always like, hello, hello, you know, whatever. And you always give like a technical like mic check. One, two, three, three, yeah. two, one, you know, whatever. Yeah. And we're always not on point. Like, So I just am over here giggling to myself because <laughs> Heidi's instruction to Brandon was, are you going to say, ha ha, what a cute intro. And I'm just like. I'm trying to picture Brandon calling anything cute, yeah. not related to kids. Because yeah, right. you do say cute yeah, for with kids. the kids. Yeah. But like calling Drew. <laughs> anyway. But that's like my go-to definition. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. If that's not what he says. But so yeah, hello, anyway. everybody. So yeah. hello. <laughs> it's, well, we have been gone. We have not had a podcast like a normal, a regular podcast for a long time. Yeah, forever. We, we've had um, every uh, on a weekly basis for the past couple of weeks. We've had Travis's Jehovah Witness um, examining uh, their doctrine series that yeah. he's been doing, examining their doctrine. Um, Which is blessed. So we're many on the people. fourth it's one crazy. of those now. I think fourth one was went today. That went out yep. today. So those have been going out consistently, and um, I thought, they, and they came up here at perfect timing this week that we were able to get them. It's so hard to get us all together. Um, either either Travis had <laughs> it's so hard you have you've tried we've tried this. I've tried so hard we have tried this for weeks to get the this people all who watch the lives will know because I'm often I can't text Heidi when yeah. she's when I know she's on the live yeah so I'll just like be like hey by the way this is what's going on yeah and some disaster freak happens. out because I say things up. like yeah. hey I just got an update for Travis it's not good and they're like what happened to Travis <laughs> oh he got called into work he got that's called into work so yeah. that's the problem is, is our schedules rarely aligned, but today it did perfect. It, it, they aligned to where everybody's here. So um, with Travis um, doing the um, the Jehovah Witness things, we thought that this would be a good time to kind of introduce Alexis and Travis again. If we know we've had a lot of new people uh, to the home church and to the podcast, both the ministry, just in general. A lot of people have kind of come around and kind of have been, we've got a lot of emails asking questions, just kind of um, wondering what what's all, who's who and what we're all about. Um, most of you know our story, but some of you might not know Alexis and Travis's story. So we're going to use this opportunity to let uh, Travis and Alexis kind of go off and, and and give us their their testimony and well, but with the church all coming together, you yeah, know, that, and doing too, all that. of these things, and that's where that's we kind of cornered didn't you I guys. Say that? Did no, I you not? didn't say any of that. I thought I totally said something about the church. Well, kind of, but then you didn't okay, go into well, it. Well, I meant to say <laughs> with the church coming together uh, and all of that, too. Um, this is definitely, we're going to use this for, um, this will be uploaded to, we'll put this on the ministry page. I think this one will be good for Travis, yeah. for the the testimony like official, and like introduction official introduction of your associate pastor type of, of, of thing. this yeah so um there was that was that sufficient honey <laughs> she's, like the white she, rolls over she's looking at me in well a i can't see him and i give him a rundown of like this is what you say but then sometimes he forgets things so then i have to like i thought i said oh yeah i just didn't also say. so take it away travis <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess this will be kind of a, a quick overview of my testimony and uh, and then kind of how I met my wife and how our story folded. And then 
and how, how essentially we, we all other. made it to this yeah. this point today. You guys um, feel free to interject questions and because like there's things I know would be very valuable for people to know sure, about yeah. him, but at the same time I forget what I know that other people yeah, yeah, don't yeah. know. So you like this will be an interesting way to find out what you guys actually know about Travis. <laughs> I know because I feel like if we you know. Want to know anything Most about a man? This, just ask yeah. his wife. Oh, I mean, that's a good yeah. fair point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I can already tell that this is going to be a All fun right. one. Yeah. All right, so with that. All right, so, you know, a lot of times we get jealous of, of people with these amazing testimonies of just being so far into the world and then doing this this 180 uh mine's kind of more of the american christian type testimony where uh growing up i had a mom and a dad in the home um essentially you know we were part of the episcopal church uh at the same one for all the years that i was in my my hometown in texas and uh you know it was just going through the motions and, you know, growing up in that, and I even tell my, my oldest daughter, I said, I can't remember it a, a single time that my parents ever sat down and actually opened the Bible with me. Mm-hmm. Because all it was was every Sunday, we would go to service, we'd sit in service, we'd go through the motions, we'd say the prayers, we'd take communion, and then it was like, hey, what are we eating after this? Yeah. Um, I think it's important to note, though, that a big part of that is... is it's more than the American Christian culture. That's very Texas culture. Yeah. Um, Everybody has a church that they go to. And afterwards, the whole family goes out to a restaurant or to someone's house. Oh yeah. I think that's the norm. Yeah. Really across the board. Shouldn't Texas be like the capital of America? Like, Obviously, anything that comes from. I mean, listen, we've I got mean, two Texans I mean, sitting here, so I don't think we believe, need to. So. I still identify myself as a Texan, even though which is how crazy. Many years yeah, did yeah. I grow up in California? And there's definitely a lot of California roots in me. So yeah, sorry, I didn't yeah, go ahead and continue. Right. So, <laughs> growing up with that, um, just going through the motions, and yes, my mom prayed with me, and she came from the Catholic background. If you listen to some of our previous Catholic podcasts, that's where that came into it uh, her family was very catholic from uh, upstate new york so she brought that down and actually convinced my dad essentially to be part of that and he kind of left i think his mom was more baptist and so just growing up episcopal it was going through the motions uh i mean i i remember even just into my early teen years it's like i'd sleep in the back pews all right when is this over yeah. kind of deal um you know i was more focused on just playing outside playing with the friends yeah um they didn't really have a youth program. And then when we did, being a <coughs> college-age student, it was like, I don't really care about that stuff. So uh, initially, as I started working uh, when I was 16, I started meeting other Christians, ones that actually professed faith and knew what they were talking about. Just like through school or? Uh, through work at an ice cream shop, essentially. Okay. I think that was what kind of started it. And, um, and so that kind of led into well, let me go check out this other church because I basically, I just, I knew that what I grew up in was dry. There was no, there was no spirit led. It was, the sermons were dry. It made no sense. Uh, it, and it was, it was painful. It really was. And so I went to this kind of this large church up in, uh, I think it's Northwest Austin area, um, Grace Covenant or something like that. I thought it was Grace Community. It was Grace covenant i don't remember but it's grace something so um they had a youth program of about 200 kids alone and they taught through the bible in the adult class but when i went into the youth group you know again it was still very 
otherworldly in the sense of playing games and just doing things entertainment entertain the kids but then when the teaching yeah. occurred it was genuine and i actually was like oh they're teaching from the bible yeah like i'm starting to get this and that led into more of a desire that's where i said hey, all right i wanted to start going to bible study so i'm telling my parents okay well i'm <laughs> i'm attending this other church and it, you know it's breaking their heart in one in one degree but um i started to grow and to start understanding that all the time i had a best friend from the episcopal church who um you know, we very kind of very philosophical. We would just go out. We would like 11, 12 o'clock at night. I, we just one of us would leave our home, meet up in the neighborhood, and then we'd go walking for an hour or two or however long and just start talking about God, but not really knowing God. Yeah. You know, we'd flip through the Psalms a little bit and be like, oh, this sounds cool. We wanted to start like a Christian knighthood because, you know, every boy wants to <laughs> fight and <laughs> be a knight, you know. So it was kind of one of those <laughs> young dreams. Um and then even with the Episcopal Church, I went on a few what we would call mission trips. But again, I don't ever recall proclaiming the gospel. Mm. It was more a trip in which we just provided community service. Uh, we helped rebuild schools in Honduras. We helped build a, a um, kind of an elementary school in, um, actually, that was with the, the other church. It was in uh, Mexico. But anyways, uh, so a lot of it was just going through the motions. And I really didn't truly understand God. Um, there was a point in my senior year, though, that a verse kind of hit me. And I don't even know why, but it's just how the Holy Spirit works. Um, you know, one of the, the one thing that came from the Episcopal Church was uh, we had a cross that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life on it, uh, referring to John fourteen six. And for whatever reason, one of my walks with my friend, you know, we've been going through some stuff, and I received that... <coughs> And it was just, it, I, whatever reason, it just hit me. And I just broke down in tears. Mm-hmm. Walking home, crying, because it's like suddenly I realized that Christ was the only way. But I had no discipleship. And so there were certainly things in the world that I still dragged into this. And I wasn't really sure where I was going. Well, you were like a gamer. Yeah. You were, I mean, that's a huge part of it. I feel like you have to bring that up. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you believed in Jesus, but you were like hardcore addicted to video games. Yeah, so I had I had two addictions, if I want to be truly honest. First one was definitely video games. Uh, my dad was a computer help desk support person. He kind of introduced me to computers and video games. We had our first, or we actually he had an Atari, the original Atari that we could hook <laughs> up to when like I was like <laughs> four. That's yeah. awesome. Playing, uh, I think it was like Galaga and something, you know. Really, really old games. But those and are so serious addictions. It like is. I feel like people don't <coughs> give them a lot of weight, but they're very, very serious. Absolutely. And yeah. And yeah. So <laughs> that was one. And to the point where even my best friends, our friendship was built around video games. Yeah. It's like, hey, let me come ride my bike over to your house so I can play this game. Let's go. When you didn't sleep. No. Yeah. Well, that, so that led into like more middle school. Um, so, yeah, video games absorbed my life to the point where even as an adult, even when I was married, uh, later on I'll get into the time frame, but I would stay up till 2, 3 in the morning just to feed that urge of playing, to get mm-hmm. progression, to do whatever it was, mm-hmm. get the next level. I mean, it consumed me. Yeah. And it was to the point where, I mean, my, my life was devoted to that and everything else was, was kind of secondary. I mean, I remember even like first deployment coming back and just being like, I just want to play a video game. Mm-hmm. Right. All this time I've been gone in uh, war yeah. doing all this <laughs> stuff. Well, I just well, we'll tell yeah. So, so video games is one. Second one though, and which I know impacts a lot of men, 
fortunately, even in the church, is pornography. Yeah. Uh, Which is the one yeah. that we need so to get on. In my dad's office, and I'm sorry if he listens, but this is just honest truth. He had like the Playboy magazine some from the early 70s, I think. It's like my And uncle. it was, it was like his yeah. set. You know, everybody collects something that was his it's collection. Yeah. And when I was eight years old, yeah, I found like one down on a lower shelf. Mm. And it was kind of one of those things. At eight, you're like, well, I don't know what to do with this. Right. And you're like, I've never seen anything like this. And it kind of sparked the interest to where as I yeah. got older that and older, was I would wait till they went to bed, which he would go to bed at like one o'clock. He still morning. does. He still does. Yeah. I He's would wait till they're asleep, sneak into his office, and then start reading through some of the magazines. Yeah. Just to get that addiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, like 10, 11, 12, going as I'm getting older. I mean, completely unhealthy. Which, right? by the way, I did not know about. I yeah. knew about the video games. When did you guys know. met first got or together. When, you, when you first like got for together? years. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah, <coughs> That's awesome years. because I just recently, and I won't, won't go into it too much, but um, recently I've been contacted by probably about three or four different people that have, have that specific struggle of pornography. And... Um, I never had it in the way of like, I'm not, I'm not saying my life was never void of it, but I didn't have that struggle like most people do in that particular way. Right. So it's nice to have that other, um, to have somebody that's actually had the, the struggle with it. Like I said, I know my life was never void of it and my sexual immorality is well noted. But <clears throat> as far as that particular yeah. thing goes, that was just one thing that I didn't have to struggle with, but many people do. Well, what's and so many people are struggling currently. Is that I don't think Travis fits the typical mold of what when people think of exactly. that kind of an addiction. Like Which I think makes it so much more Everybody, powerful. in fact, when my aunt wanted me to meet him, she's like, hey, you've got to meet this guy. He's like you. He's totally straight-laced. He's a Bible thumper. Mm-hmm. Like Those were the words that she used to describe him. So it's kind of hilarious but not like really funny but like it's it's just interesting that you but which it, but i think it if it we were to say though. okay if we were to line up you and brandon uh-huh. and say which one of these guys struggles with pornography you would <laughs> say brandon right <laughs> he has right. tattoos he's more crass right. like he's not very buttoned yeah. up like you would just look at him and be like oh that dude's a serial right yeah, you yeah. know like, what i mean like that would be the assumption and i think that's kind of what that's and that cool. does so much disservice to so many do you, men do you think that um because then you know right after your not long after you like finally were broken by that verse and everything you joined the military do you think that the military or it was flipped yeah so the time okay so just because we're leaning into those are two my my two addictions we'll get into that um so the first impact so when i hit senior year that was the first time i was really broken over yeah john 14 6 just being broken but even that i was still in the world in the sense i didn't have discipleship i didn't know scripture yeah um I knew Jesus died for my sins. That was about the basis of what I knew at that point. Um, but again, that's just a testament to the fact that, you know, parents need to raise up their children the way of the Lord. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's not enough to have moralism because that was the thing is I was able to hide my sin of pornography sure. to my parents didn't even know. Yeah. Um, and well, here you are. You're going to church every week. You're doing all right, the things. Right. Like yeah, we're we're fitting the perfect mold. Yeah. And the thing is, my dad raised me to respect a woman, to not touch right. her and stuff. Well, so his parents are the Leave It to Beaver family. Yeah. 
dinner on the table, yeah. same time every night. His friends would come over and just walk in the door. It's the things that you and I as kids were like, if I could have a family I know. that Everything was like this one be, day. Yeah. He had that family. It was yeah. so bizarre when I met them. <laughs> You're like, the whoa, time. what is this? <laughs> yeah. So her but works are filthy rags, right? Yeah. So yeah. we can do all of the things perfect and have the perfect thing. We yeah. still can exactly. have issues. That's you the know, point is where there's none of us are. And God knows your heart. I mean, that was the thing. Um, And so, you know, I hid those things. Uh, I mean, video games was quite open. My parents. Right. But we don't give it weight. We don't go, oh, my gosh, you have an addiction. This is a problem. Well, that was the thing is I think even, you know, Lexi pointed that out. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite part of the story. (laughs) You know, and in that sense, I loved that sin. And it was, it it required God to break Uh it down. So. That was my senior year leading into that. I really started getting involved um, with that other church, with Grace. Um, And just, you know, even an example, even though I had that that sin of pornography, um, I didn't really have a legitimate girlfriend in the sense of, like, I think it was more of association Mm -hmm. and more pressure. But I I actually, at one point, like, I didn't want to kiss anyone. I didn't, I, I felt awkward even, like, holding a hand. And so a lot of times the girls were like, pressuring into that and i was like no i don't want to do that to the point where even which again seems so weird because isn't every boy just out to chase every girl and knock them down you know what i mean like (laughs) that's like the to to the point where even at one point coming back from a valentine's dinner uh, senior year was a girl when we got pulled up to her house she said well i really want to kiss you and i said why and it was (laughs) dead yeah and that that was the end of that but it was kind of one of those points where it's like I, i i don't know like because I, I realized marriage still had value. Yeah. And I think having seen that in my parents, at least there was still That's a amazing, strong yeah. marriage. Um, but then things started popping up. So come to find out, I find like a pencil with a last name, my mom's first name and a last name on it. And I'm like, That's weird. Mm. So I start digging into it and really talk to her about it. Come to find out, she'd been married prior. Mm. And I really started remembering my, when I was real young, early years. And I go, Wait a minute, my parents got married when I was three. Like right as I turned, like close to, at least it seemed like when I was around three and start piecing it together. And I'm like, wait a minute to one point where I'm driving my dad and I kind of piece it together and he's correcting me on something. And of course, you know, as I get defensive, I fight back with words and cutting words. And so I'm like, well, I don't even think you're my dad. Oh, he just pulled off right (laughs) like immediately (laughs) kind of like, and I'm like, oh goodness, something serious now. And Why did I just say that? It's worth noting that his dad is over six feet tall. Yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, ne- you know, and Travis he didn't. Five ten for those listening. Yeah. Who have never seen yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, he didn't throw his weight around. He didn't beat me or anything. He didn't beat my mom. Uh, I had a younger sister he's three years old, and he was very gentle. Guy. And that was yeah. the thing is, even in his correction, like he just knew how to correct me with stern words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I can maybe a handful of times remember in my entire life being spanked yeah. over something serious. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, so I didn't have an overbearing parents, but that when he just pulled off and just glared at me <laughs> and he's just like, I have been your dad for almost your entire life. I have, you know, it's not about blood essentially. Yeah. It's the fact that I've been your dad. I am. And so, yeah, exactly. Dad. And so I was like, Oh, well, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, I agree that was with you. That. I'm not disagreeing. And, uh, so hard for saying anything. It, it was the end of that argument, but you it still... It pretty much, yeah. 
So of course, searching. I did to the point where my best friend and I. Nine did you o'clock feel like you night, needed to know your biological father? Like you I needed to have that closure. Type a little of a bit. Thing? I yeah. felt like that. Or was it more that you were ticked off that something had been hidden from you? Both. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Because um, I could see you your pride getting in the way and you kind of well, feeling of like how dare they have yeah. the audacity to not be honest. Yeah. And so uh, as a side note, I mean, go- growing up, everything was sports. I played soccer since mm-hmm. I was five, multiple club teams, you know, uh, martial arts. I took martial arts since I was like eight, uh, did com- competition martial arts. So I was very busy with that in an art class. So to the point where, like, with the martial arts and now wanting to go hunt down my biological dad, who happened to live within, I think, a 40-mile mm-hmm. drive. That's so, so crazy. It was weird, um, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I want to speak my mind to whoever yeah. this guy is. Like, what's, what's the deal? You're a tough guy you over you here, just, yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, my friend and I get up at night or just leave at, like, 9 o'clock at night, go driving down. Well, and, um, and what you haven't mentioned is that you had major anger issues yeah. as a kid. So that was the other thing. That's so also it's mm. important. As yeah, hiding the pornography, video games was open, but I would get aggression from the video games. Like he would black out, he would see red, yep. and like his friends uh, would be on the floor. Yeah, like. there. Wow. And my anger would build. Yeah. But I had no limit, and when you combine that with like martial arts and just this, you know, not really having a sensitivity to life, mm-hmm. uh, there were definitely some scary points. Uh, so I'll get into that next. But yeah. essentially, I drove down there. We had a baseball bat in the car and everything. That's and, why I wanted to mention And that. it was <laughs> like, all right, so we yeah. we basically find this house. It's out in, like, not in the middle of nowhere. It was almost like a dirt road with a couple yeah. of houses in, like, this cul-de-sac type thing. And as we're pulling up, the lights are on in this house, which was the correct address. And there was, like, four cars in it. And I couldn't get out of the car because I realized, I was like, what is going to happen when I go walking up to this house? And I bang on the door. You're ready to fight your, I'm your son from you know, over 15 years ago. Like, here's man. the thing I wonder if you realize, because I've actually thought about this a couple of times. I mean, we've been together for a long time. I've known this story for a while. But knowing you as well as I do, I genuinely believe with every fiber in my being that that was the Holy Spirit right there. Because there mm-hmm. is like nothing. Tying you have back. your brain set on a course of action. Mm-hmm. It is almost impossible to get you to stop, yeah. especially when you're mad. Yep. And I was mad. And I was mad. So and that I was feel like the fact that he had that moment of rationale, like even today with as much work as he's done and how much he's changed and he really doesn't struggle as much as he did with all of that, even today, once his mind is made up, it is like I have to catch him at just the right time yeah. and say just the right words and when in doubt, pray. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so I really believe that that is maybe one of the first times you can point back majorly that the Holy yeah, Spirit had point. direct interference because you had you done what you had planned on doing the oh rest Lord. of your life totally would not different be story. at all what it is. No, no. Mm-hmm. It, and it, yeah, there's no telling Sorry. what would happen. Yeah. Uh, somebody probably would have been going to the hospital that night. Mm-hmm. Either I would have gotten shot or somebody like I'm not saying which way it would go. Yeah, I don't know. It, it would not have been a, a good situation. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was, that was one of those points. Um, but so the anger, though, for example, uh, at one point, I remember I almost killed one of my other good friends. Uh, you know, teenage boys, 16, 17, we'd play sports together. We played street hockey together. We went out. I mean, we'd play video games together. But at times, you know, you would wrestle and play fight and stuff. Well, at one point in, at my friend's house, um, three of my friends pinned me to the bed. 
and they started smacking my stomach and stuff. And of course, that rage just built very mm-hmm. quickly. And I managed to pull one of them down onto me to try and block it. And the only thing around me was a metal coat hanger. <laughs> and I took that and wrapped it around his neck and began to pull to where I was about to kill him. And they realized he was turning blue and like trying to <laughs> oh tap geez. out. Oh my god! And I wasn't stopping to the point where they're like, the you know, shake me out That's of it. And all crazy. I saw was red. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. Something's dying because yeah. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. So that was kind of one of those wake up moments where he's got just this ring around his neck and about choked him out. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I have. <laughs> that's a I think somebody problem. has an issue here. <laughs> um, so it just makes me realize how lucky I was, like in the beginning of our relationship and marriage, because I'm a very antagonistic personality, <laughs> and he's not lying so when bad. he says, you know, he doesn't get angry fast typically. Yeah. yeah. But it does eventually hit this point of rage, and once he is in rage, it just keeps building and building and building. And the fact that I, he's never physically harmed me. He's never. I'm just like really grateful. I'm like, you know, honestly, I was not really joking, well, but I said to him the other day, I was like, you know, I think if you didn't have Jesus, like you might be a wife beater. Yeah. yeah. Given no, who you were. Mean, there's no telling how far. Just given who he was. Yeah. yeah not that yeah. Yeah. You know, Christ but has definitely calmed me down. But and people that have those tendencies and those rages and things like that are the ones yeah. who do typically end up being abusive to the wife. And then, cho- I mean, you just said you nearly choked your fr- good friend yeah. out until mm-hmm. he died. Like, why wouldn't you slap your wife? Why wouldn't you harm your kid? You know what I mean? Like, that's typically... And I was the kind of person when we got together that I would find something and I would just pick, pick, pick. pick oh, yeah, pick, you pick. Yeah. good button pusher. And it would <laughs> just... Button pusher, which with <laughs> a personality a like better, that, it's oh like... Oh, my gosh. You two I are like the worst combination. Like, yeah, YouTube before... Or Jesus in this mix are like yeah. the worst well, combination. Well, praise God that <laughs> Jesus was the center of the beginning yeah. of that relationship. So, uh, yeah. So it, it essentially dealing with those situations. So one of the biggest turning points was immediately after I, so when I was graduating high school, for example, uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And my senior year was actually when the Twin Tower got hit and fell. Oh, okay. So of course that was like nice. all my best friends were like, mm, that's it. We want to go fight. Yeah. Then if, you know, young teenage boys, hey, uh, testosterone levels through the roof. Video you games. Mean I, yeah, video games. Oh, I've killed plenty of people on a game. Let me go yeah. do it in person. That was kind of this just really dumb mentality. But that and was a big one of that time for our age group. Yeah, a lot I mean, of like, yeah. I don't know. Especially because like, we actually grew up in a um, military town. Yeah. So yeah, which so I probably yeah. would have ended up in some, like, riot, like horrible, like, like, down drunken marine something. Yeah. Eventually in but our town. Because for you guys, that was really that feeling of but like. But instead, go kill I went him, a completely different this. way and became like a dad, like right during. So. Yeah, you already had a family. Well, I had, yeah, well, I had yeah that's lose. what I was saying. Like, well, if yeah. Heidi, like being together with Heidi by that time, that was like, that was Because we've talked about that. Yeah, if we didn't end up having direction. Travis and stuff, he probably would Because, yeah, gone. because I mean, I, I think that was my senior year too, 2001. It was. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, everybody from that was it, like. Oh, you know, yeah, you want to go fight. You want to go do something, right? You know, like. Oh, what was the America movie top team or? Oh. Um, the Claymation. You're talking about eight, uh, eight um, team, Ameri- team, team America. Team America. America. Right, but it was that generation, was that generation and that generation. mindset yeah. and that like, yeah, we're going to go, you know. So 9-11 happened. So, yeah. So 9-11 happened. And that was kind of the point where I had been kind of on the fence now, having gone to this other church, really starting to, to, to know sure. Christ. Uh, well, and your dad had your life mapped out for you. Yeah, that's true. We'll get into that. So, but in my mind, I had two, two paths, was missionary through the Episcopal Church, which 
again, I was leaning away from, but I wanted to do missionary work. I wanted okay. to serve Christ. I, I started to realize, hey, he bought me with a price kind of deal, mm. right? But I, again, lacking discipleship, it would have been a really bad route. And then I, and I started to realize how much I lacked discipline. And so when we started looking in the military side, I said, I love the challenge of everything. I always like doing the hardest. And I said, you know what? I want to go in the Marine Corps. And I want it because I want it to really kick me in the rear. Yeah. I want to learn discipline. I want it. To, so I ended up going that, that route. Well, in the summer of essentially waiting, I had already joined. Essentially, I raised my hand, signed the dotted line kind of deal. But before you can actually go in, they have to schedule you. And then you go down for boot camp. Uh, so that summer was kind of another really big moment in and i f- forgive me because i don't remember the exact date i think it was july sometime in the teens like july 14th roughly um i had volunteered for the episcopal church to go be a youth counselor up in northeast texas it was a two and a half hour drive um well my friend and i stayed up all night because of our video game addiction playing the game halo it was it was little you know we weren't drinking or anything it was literally a 12-pack of Dr. Pepper <laughs> oh, <wow>. and, like, <laughs> multiple king-size Reese's peanut butter. Yeah, and it's this worth is noting that that's a, that was a pattern. You guys would frequently stay up and you would drive. You yep. guys would go to the beach. You would do – yeah. the beach in Texas is, like, hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it was, so this it was wasn't, like – Yeah, we, we, would, we would just up at 2 a.m. drive four hours to, you know, uh, Galveston just to see the sunrise kind of deal and do really dumb things. I mean – such as changing the driver on the highway going 70 miles an hour. Oh, my God. Um, driving with my feet up. The, yeah. So <sighs> I had no fear of death, yeah. essentially, at that And all the know, moms actually, are having just, heart attacks. Yeah. I'm actually getting kind of excited right now because I think this might be the first time that by the end of this conversation, I'll have friends that go, that's why you're that way with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, again, really dumb things. But that night, again, before going to do this youth camp, uh, we had stayed up, didn't get any sleep. I mean, played, I think by like 5 a.m. we're like, ah, whatever, let's just fight it and stay up. And so the oh thing yeah, was, kids. though, it was a two and a half hour drive and it w- we were going in my car and we were slated to go pick up another girl who was also a counselor. Um, I was 18 at the time. My friend was 16 and this girl we were picking up was 17. We were all part of the, the Episcopal side youth group. Um, and we so I went and picked her up and I was just exhausted. We picked up from her house. Her parents told us goodbye. And the thing is, I actually knew her parents. We were, they were competitive martial artists, too. We, we were actually in multiple tournaments together. Yeah. So they knew me. They were part of the, the Episcopal Church, friends for many years. So they had a lot of trust in me. Well, about an hour into the drive, I was so out of it. I was so tired. At one point, I'm even telling my friend, hey, you got to take the wheel. And this girl was actually sleeping in my back seat. Uh, so we really didn't have a good driver. Uh, essentially, going 75 on the, I think it's the 290 East. It heads northeast in Texas, going out of Austin. Um, I fell asleep. It's the only thing I can explain it. I fell asleep. I All I remember was slightly trying to correct when I'm on the grass. That's all I remember is like kind of being jolted awake, thinking, uh-oh, something's off. And I'm trying to correct and nothing happens. And then I was out of it. And I remember just waking up to um, a doctor or somebody, some physician, when I'm being wheeled in the hospital uh, about an hour and a half, two hours later, because 
I'll get into it. So, and he's just saying, hey, do you remember me from the Hilo, from the Hilo flight? I'm like, oh I God. don't I remember anything. Good night. And I'm like, what just happened? I, I mean, I'm so out of it until they gave me a catheter and that kind of woke yeah. me up. And I'm like, ouch. Uh, but <laughs> um, I was, I felt like I, I had to have smashed my chest against the steering wheel. And my seatbelt had rug burned my neck from g- impacting. So apparently what happened was on that road, it's a two-lane highway. And going 75, I fell asleep, went off the road, hit the ditch. My car actually hit the ditch, flipped oh up, twisted 180 degrees, and then hit a tree <gasps> perpendicular right over my, my back seat. Gosh. And the girl in my back seat was killed from it. Oh, my gosh. And my best friend, who woke up from that situation, who had been asleep, was a- actually able to crawl out of the car. But my car had almost had almost bent like almost a 90 degree around the tree. Um, that was kind of a wake up call. Yeah. <laughs> I would, yeah. And, you know, to be honest, even though the, that should have been enough for me to go, what am I doing? Why am I playing games? Yeah. Why am I doing this? This is stupid. Oh, I still had an addiction to video games after that. Um, the, the town actually wanted to uh, take me to court, but the parents were very forgiving uh, you know, thank you to this day. They didn't want to press charges. They didn't want to do, they just, they felt so terrible that it would have happened. And they just, they kept wanting me to come over and tell stories about their daughter. I didn't want to be anywhere near them. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of what really instilled my, I want to join the Marine Corps. I want to get out of here. Yeah. I don't, you're I, running at this I point. was running yeah. away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be around in my hometown. I felt ashamed. Um, <coughs> and so that was kind of that first deal with death having experienced that just around me mm-hmm. um i was broken at the hospital i mean i was just in tears like why you know, why didn't i you know kind of deal mm-hmm. i was guilt-ridden um recovered fairly quickly um you know was still injured from it but I, within three months i was able to still go into did uh, you know right away that that had happened within 24 hours i had the whole story and then of course seeing pictures of my car and stuff and yeah it all came together and the thing is my parents didn't tell me what was going on with the the whole like the county was actually trying to press the charges for i think it was like involuntary manslaughter or something right yeah um and really you know it wasn't because i'd been drinking it wasn't because i was under drugs but but being being tired tired, can put you to that same level of somebody who's highly intoxicated came back completely clear and you were you know it was well and texas has a history of coming down hard yeah on things like that so that was i mean again i should have paid time for it to be honest that was uh just according to god's providence so i ended up going to the marine corps um you know, right off the bat, I still had a level of faith. You know, even in boot camp, I wanted to, um, you know, I want every night they gave us like 15 minutes to basically just, hey, if you want to be kind of like a, a mini chaplain, I forget what the term was, um, but essentially, all right, you can open your Bible, you can kind of, if anybody wants to, you can pray, you know, read some sure. verses, something. So I was just trying to give any kind of level of encouragement because, yeah, it was tough. You know, every day was a mental battle. That's what a lot of people don't realize. I, I thought going in the Marine Corps, I'd just get, like, punched in the face every day. And be like, <laughs> ah, I take a hit. Yeah. I'm a martial artist. No, it's a punch to your mind because yeah. everything just drills, like, keep trying harder. When you had walking pneumonia. Well, at one point, well, everybody gets sick in boot camp. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I. But I don't think most people know that. 
Yeah, so me being like, stubborn, yeah, I didn't deal. go to sick call. Uh, you know, I'm, I had walking pneumonia for about two weeks where, you know, I, you know you're not even supposed to move in formation. I'm like <coughs> trying to not <laughs> cough and to the point where, and then when you lay down, if anybody's ever had that, when you lay down, it just, it, it's like multiplied mm. the, the effect. So I'm hacking up during taps when you're supposed to be absolutely quiet to the point where <laughs> I'm trying to hold it in. And I'm literally like puked like twice because the gag reflex of trying oh to hold down the Which is the, how the we cough. handle sickness today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I fight it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly uh, how so we handle sickness today. So essentially, <laughs> and the thing was, you know, when I joined the Marine Corps, it's like, no, I want to go to the fight. So I picked infantry. Right. So that was my MOS. Uh, but again, because you're coming off of that like 9-11 yeah. generation where it's yeah. like, I want to be right up there and doing, right, it sounds cool and yeah. getting video games, it looks awesome. Well, right, yeah. Oh, like, give me where the action is. Come on now. tactics and rifles. Yeah, yeah. I had never, sh you know, my friend and I, um, his, yeah, I had learned how to shoot a rifle a few times, but not, Yeah. that was not tactically sound. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but just that mindset of not giving up and stuff. Um, but there was that, that growing level of faith. Um, and so then I start <coughs> like immediately I get deployed because basically I graduate boot camp, um, the January in 2003, which is right before they kick off the initial push in Iraq. Right. Within a few months, I'm actually in Iraq trying to meet up with my unit. The war is practically almost over in the sense with the initial fight against, uh, Saddam Hussein and his military. Mm -hmm. Uh, most of them gave up to be honest, but, um, so I'm, excited getting over there missing the fight missing everything getting all pumped up and then they're like oh yeah you guys are going home in a month or two like i just <laughs> got here what happened <laughs> I just got I don't here. Go so home. i was very disappointed um but you know by god's providence like my roommate who followed me from boot camp uh just to give you an example he had an upside down cross with a skull yes. and a crown of thorns on the skull and that was my roommate hmm. and then he followed me into the same unit into first line armored reconnaissance and we had definitely some interesting conversations. Uh, it was kind of one of those like agree to disagree, but we're still brothers in arms. But that brings up the idea of, you know, the military. And so the next year I get actually selected as security for our recent uh, Secretary of Defense, Mattis. Uh, so I was in security. I went back to Iraq again the second time. Um, I was in Ramadi right off the Euphrates River. It was really cool, kind of like from a historical standpoint. Yeah. We even did a quick little visit to Babylon and Ooh, stuff. Oh, I should give you yeah, guys have a awesome. picture of him in front of the Euphrates. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but that was uh, probably the second great wake-up call. The first one, you know, nothing really happened. I went in, in country, out of country. Okay, big deal. Yeah. And I missed the fight kind of deal. Um, still amped training to fight, you know, as infantry and Marines, that's what you do. You're either training for the fight or you're fighting. Yeah. <laughs> or you're off floating around with the Navy and working <laughs> with other military. But uh, yeah. yeah. So <coughs> get over there. And the second time serving uh, with, at the time he was a two-star general, a major general, General Mattis. He was over first Marine uh, division and he actually had the whole like Western half of Iraq, which included Fallujah and stuff. That was back in 2004. That was that whole time period. Um, well, he was like no other general. All the other generals flew around. Even some of them had their own personal security detail that were like hired hands. And no, he was like, no, I, I want to see the people on the ground. I want to know them face to face. So he picked us from LAR where we're driving around in these like light armored vehicles, you know, a little bit more than like a Jeep essentially. But we, you know, we got eight wheels, um, kind of a little bit more heavily armed, but 
we were a big target. We're the only ones in the area. So it's like we stood out like a sore thumb. Well, we ended up getting hit three roadside bombs as a platoon. Um, out of our initial 25, I think we were a mix of LAR in the, a comm unit, we had 17 wounded and two killed. Just that as a SAF security unit, which Jeez. is unheard of, mm -hmm. right? Um, well, one of those killed happened to be one of my best friends who I, he was kind of my mentor in the Marine Corps. And this was June of t June 7th, 2004, where he had actually been grounded as a driver. He was too crazy as a driver, even for, for General Mattis, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> but he didn't want to miss out on the fight. So he would volunteer to ride along in different vehicles. Well, my vehicle ended up being the first one at this point after another one got damaged and destroyed. Um, only two to three weeks before we had just lost our platoon sergeant he ended up dying from another roadside bomb it was a crazy situation um and so now we became the lead vehicle well i had stood in the back right of our vehicle as security um kind of popped up and out of this vehicle i was kind of more side and roof well in iraq we come flying uh, around we did this reconnaissance mission and essentially on june 7 2004 bowman decides to ride along with us jeremy bowman was his name and, you know, we had argued over who was going to ride to the checkpoint at South Ramadi. And I remember General Mattis comes walking out. So my team leader had to make the decision real quick for us. Hey, Johnson, you're up. So I get up there. Mm -hmm. Well, it was kind of a normal ride along. Nothing happened. And that's, that's kind of the side note is a lot of people think war is just you're always in a fight. No. <laughs> war is trying not to be complacent because the 100-plus missions you do, nothing ever happens. Yeah. And then the one time it does, you're already like, nothing's ever going to happen to me. So that yeah. mindset, you know, is Where you're comfortable. <laughs> yeah. So complacency is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. But so we get down there and at the checkpoint, I think I'm thinking, you know what? Hey, it's kind of cool now. It's, you know, 130 inside this vehicle. You're, I mean, you're just drenched in sweat. And so we, I let him switch positions with me. And I'm kind of drowsy inside the vehicle, you know, loud hum of the engine, everything, the turrets kind of moving around. You can't really hear a lot outside going on, so you're just in the dark, essentially. And uh, they had me sit on the opposite side. And Bowman was sitting in the back right. I was in the front near left uh, of the back of the vehicle with my team leader popped up next to me. His name was also Jeremy. Well, all I remember is just kind of being out of it. And then next thing you know, a white flash, loud boom. I smell um, off the, the insect repellent mm -hmm. because... What happened was shrapnel went through the vehicle, hit this can right next to my face of off, <laughs> and it kind of burst oh in gosh. front of me. So I just had this overwhelming smell of off. Didn't know what was going on. My friend next to me, uh, Ryan, took shrapnel through both kneecaps, but his body was in shock, so he wasn't even bleeding through yet. Um, all I saw was his rifle in two pieces, like his buttstock was literally broken in half. That's crazy. And it was a shrapnel? big, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Um, essentially, artillery shells had been packed underneath the sidewalk and as our vehicle came around we were the first ones an iraqi police truck had blocked the intersection and so as we slowed down they detonated and they ran and it was a it was a little bit of an engagement but uh, i lost some hearing through that i think my one of my ears was perforated and then come to find out later i didn't even know it i had taken shrapnel to my upper left shoulder kind of more my trap area that was so hot it cauterized itself wow but i had bled down my back and Jeez. you know didn't even feel it so <coughs> uh, I basically was sat in timeout. 
essentially waiting to heal. I had about two to three weeks where I had to, to recover. But after that, I mean, just mortars, things. And even in that deployment, we started having guys losing their minds. It's like people are dying. This is real. I thought I was coming over here just to fight. It would be something simple. It's a whole different ball game when your friends next to you are dying. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, they're not coming back from this. And I had one point in a conversation with Ryan where he goes, I don't, I don't get it. How are, like, how are you still sane? How are you not just distraught over this? Um, and I remember telling him, I was like, because this isn't my home. Hmm. And it was just this, this faith in Christ, knowing there, this is not it. There is a life after death. And of course, again, I didn't know all the doctrine. And come to find out, my friend Bowman was, he had just gotten married to, I think it was a Mormon girl. Um, and like before he left before he and died. deployed, type yeah, right of before thing. he yeah, deployed, she was pregnant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she was pregnant. Um, and she had the, yeah. she had a daughter, I yeah. think. Um, so with all this, um, it was just kind of a this is serious. And even after that, I, I wasn't really afraid. Like, I realized, okay, at any moment, you know, my life can end. I've already escaped this car wreck, uh, this, right. uh, and even in that. Before I took the shrapnel on my shoulder, oh, I think it was a week or two before that, I had a mortar land within 10 feet of me inside our base, detonated, and all I had was a little tiny cut on the back of my neck because I turned my head right at the right moment, and then I hit the ground. But the guy next to me ended up having to get flown out because it hit him in the back of the neck and caused serious tissue damage and everything Jeez. to his neck, and he's bleeding profusely. So, uh, you know, I, I, I kept having these, like, escaping from death moments. He is, he'll never say, like, he's got two Purple Hearts. Yeah. That he doesn't feel like he I, deserves. I was awarded to, Jeez. you know, I'm just the like, mortar in the... In the <laughs> this, to right. me, is just, like, the number of times that, like, you think it's dumb because you got sh weird shrapnel in places, and well, I'm, right. like, five minutes prior to that, and I wouldn't have my kids, I wouldn't have my husband, yeah. I wouldn't have, yeah. you know... Yeah, and, I, and it was one of those things where I didn't, you know, to see somebody who was maimed, like my friend Ryan, who could barely walk who ended up getting medically right. separated uh, we had another lieutenant who was his arm was shattered his leg was shattered from the first roadside bomb that that tore through his vehicle uh, just seeing that and knowing like that's a serious injury i was like i don't i don't want to be awarded for this mm -hmm. like i've got scratches like do you even cares? know where they are what uh yeah they're in the attic okay yeah. Like we don't display them; they're not no. out. Do <laughs> you home. even know where they are? He, yeah. I Crazy, think there yeah. was a point in time where he wasn't entirely like yeah. I, he knew where he was specifically for uniform purposes. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's not something mm -hmm. we don't really talk about it. We don't. Yeah. Which is funny because we get ornaments every single year from the Wounded Warriors. Yeah, I, I guess I'm part of the Wounded Warriors. Like program we or something. have yeah, like all these Purple Heart yeah. like yeah. Christmas ornaments and stuff. But other than that, yeah, it just. It's funny because I sit here and I listen to you talk about it, and, and and he sits here and talks about he very nonchalantly was just like, this isn't my home. I met him four months after this happened. Yep. So my entire experience with the Marine Corps being with somebody that I thought was my future started with this story Yeah, that he got blown up and almost died. Yeah. To set, so to set the stage for you. Every yeah. single time he left, because he deployed four more times after that, all the times we were together. Yeah. Mm. And I was certain every single time he wasn't coming home. Yeah. 
which is funny because he sits there and talks about how bored they were and how they get. And yeah. then we're over here and I'm going, yeah, but he actually did get blown up. Yeah. So like, like it yeah, wasn't that for was swapping seeds that one time. He's got more. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I could go on for hours. Yeah. But as uh, far as him. <laughs> oh, and by the way, dying. there was no indication that he had experienced any of this. When I met him, I don't think I knew for yeah. months. So, like the idea of PTSD, like I, I think that does have a lot. And that to was do the thing is, I went home. Strength. I was yeah. able to explain these stories, and again, I I was just grounded in Christ. There was this still this this level of, again, this isn't my home. But like, even without the discipleship and all the things that you know now that we should have as followers of Christ within the church body. You know what I mean? Like you were lacking all of that stuff, but yet had it and understood it to the level that you did. Like we say, yeah, like when you tell these stories, we've said for years and you have no PTSD, like none of it, no issue, no nothing. And you really genuinely don't in so many, you know, different ways. And it's like, yep. whoa. And he so also didn't I will, feel like uh, he was owed anything either. Right. No, which that was just in my he, duty. He, some of the guys, they come back after experiencing these things and they feel full of themselves and yeah i can explain that you have this servant's heart like he that's what attracted me to him in the first place yeah yeah i remember so coming off of that deployment before i i I met uh lexi um i remember having to go to a purple heart like conference (laughs) so like all these wounded people in here and and we're sitting in here so crazy what we do Well, because there were benefits. I mean, there are certain benefits. Like, I could register my car for free if I actually brought it in. And there's you know how much we pay for registration? Well, (laughs) I don't know if North Carolina is that. Uh, California, you could actually, as a purple heart recipient, our kids could go to any public university. Yeah, because I've seen it here. You can do it here. They got the purple heart. You just don't want to. Yeah, if we if we had say in California, our kids could go to to university for free. It just doesn't happen. Um, Everybody loves to exploit it. But but that's the thing. So essentially, the uh, the VA benefits of, um, you know, having disability, right? That's really what it was. It was, mm-hmm. hey, you guys are all injured. So you, essentially you're probably all going to qualify for some kind of um, disability <laughs> claim, right? Yeah. Um, well, this guy VA. gets up. He's heavy set. He's got a bum knee. And he's like, he's trying to explain to us, I've never been to combat. I was a mechanic. I injured my knee twisting, doing something. And after so many years and re- refiling, I'm at 100% disability. And it's just like, <laughs> you're what? And then he's trying to tell us that some doctor's got like 22, 0% disability things because she knew all the loopholes of the system. Oh, and Lord. she's on 100% disability. Oh, no. And I'm like, you, how can I, having been injured, even make any claim? Like, if you guys are going to leech off the system, I would rather my friends who, like Ryan, who could barely walk at the time, he needs it. Yeah. So he truly. It, I, I started yeah. to see that just this this corruption in that sense. Like oh yeah. This they'll, personal. They'll go and they'll hurt their toe and then they'll yeah. Yeah. There's it's, there's things. There's, um, it happens. A so lot. I remember seeing that. But uh, essentially, my team leader, um, one of the guys that I was part of that platoon, uh, his at the time his um, his wife was your aunt, was Lexi's aunt, and they had invited me to go to a birthday party, and. Essentially, they're like, oh, yeah, there's there's going to be girls there. And I'm thinking, I don't want to meet anybody. I don't care. Well, like, and it was like it was like her 21st birthday. Yeah, it, it was, was like, alcohol. like a child. It was a big, yeah, yeah you get military. Meanwhile, alcohol, I'm 17. Well. Yeah. Alcohol. Shots. That's important. <laughs> That's I'm important. 17. Yeah, I was 20 at the time. And I knew 
<laughs> shouldn't be drinking. Uh, and did you ever struggle with any kind of alcohol or drug? Abu- I mean, no, probably I, not so drugs, but did you fact, alcohol? In fact, right before that second I deployment, him. I know that. Right before <laughs> that second deployment, my first beer ever it's was actually at a barbecue. Because part of me, I knew I wasn't of age. Yeah. So I was like, well, this is wrong. But so coming like from beer. a marine <laughs> town, we knew right. as kids that the Marines show up to the parties and we know what comes from Marine behavior. Yeah, so you know what I mean? So is that something that you got into uh, and you dealt with? Not at that point. Okay. I will say later on it. it, it Dude, a little we bit. lived in a nasty Marine town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Oceanside's not much better. Really? No. Okay. No. I, I, I don't it's not better as far as people go. In fact, in the some ways it's worse. Just prettier. Yeah. In some ways it's better and in some ways it's worse. But honestly, it's it was the same feel for me. I felt very comfortable there. <laughs> I felt like all Southern California. I basically felt like, okay, I understand this. I know this. I get it. I I know how the people are. I know what to avoid. I, you know, so yeah, it's, it's funny because we actually, my mom, I remember when my dad was stationed down there, we cried and begged to go back to 20 amp palms. Yeah. Cause you know, you guys have heard the saying about the base out there, right? You Mm. cry when you get there. You cry when you leave. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing out there. Anyway, That's all right. So Sorry. yeah, so I Literally go to this party nothing. not expecting to meet anyone. Uh, I did have a beer. I shouldn't have, but uh, <laughs> I didn't. I I could see did everybody you else drink just the drinking. whole thing. Though? No, I think I drank half of it. Because then you dr- drove us somewhere to go pick up right. someone for my friend. Well, yeah, and then that's where you're like, so wait I a met, second, how much? I met Lexi, this this young pretty girl, and um, and I remember thinking, okay, well, clearly some of the guys there were just getting sloshed. I was like, I don't, this is. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to be here. And Everybody spent the night. Yeah. Like, didn't we sleep on the, like, the Me kitchen floor? Me and my floor? friend Ashley were the only two Something single weird. girls there. That's always good. It was so smart. <laughs> Why yeah, were you there? Why were you there? It was my dad's little sister okay, and I yeah. were friends. She was turning 21, so she's only a few years older than me. And so she invited me. She actually wanted me to meet Travis. It was between him and his other friend, Jeremy. And she's like, you got to meet these two guys. They're both from Texas. You're going to love one of them. One of them's straight laced. is even a Bible thumper like you. <laughs> so I was there specifically, yeah. and I told her, I was like, Jenny, I'll come to your party and celebrate your birthday. But I don't care. I don't. Yeah, I'm not interested in meeting anybody. And then but God laughed. So this is you're now home from deployment. Second deployment. Yes. You, four months later. You don't yep. have you're not abusing things like in the form of no. like alcohol or I mean, I think so usually talk, but you're still dealing with like the video games and video pornography games, and things hidden like pornography. That. Yeah. Nobody knew Dragons. that. <laughs> yeah, we got in Dungeons so Dragons. So now we've, we've just moved so on to different the stories. Games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah, but I met her and then it was like immediately our conversation turned to Christ. Yeah. So I think that was at least the okay. the foundation of of getting to know her, and then we offered to like help clean up people's puke and we know you. Oh, I did. <laughs> okay, so it was you yeah, had a not much better was start than we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and that's well, what's so interesting about our stories is because they all went, they both went wonky. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. their own ways, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but then being slated right off the bat, hey, you've got another deployment coming up next summer, uh, within. So that was October 2004, and by what June 2005 was it even that? I, I, I can't remember it was when July I July because I went. Remember, I graduated that year, and then I dropped out of that college class to go home to see meet your parents right before you deployed. Oh goodness, yeah. 
so it was Wait, like. So what year did you guys get married? <laughs> I graduated in 2005. And you got married? No, I didn't get married no. in 2005. Where, what, what married, where, what year did you guys get married? 2008. Se- seven. 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 <laughs> 2007. Yeah, 2007. Because yeah. Kaylin was born in 2008. Yeah. So, so that was right before, or that was like right during the time that we moved back here. We actually we, went, we to went to your, your wedding. wedding. The wedding. I don't know wedding. if you remember that. I had in no idea who <laughs> you guys were. I do. I totally remember it. I know he, I'm pretty sure he doesn't, but <laughs> yeah, they yeah, came no, over we went and, we went and to Lex was laughing. like, Oh, look at this boyfriend. And you were probably like, okay, straight laced looking weird, dude, whatever. I'm going to go yeah. out here and drink beer. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because okay. that's what you were. So that was the, the member of the story I've told where like Heidi brought you a beer and you got mad at her for bringing you a beer at the reception because you didn't want her family to see and didn't want people to be judgy about it. And she was like looking at you like, this is so stupid. Take the sneaking beer. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. I kind of remember that. But yeah. I, I, I remember going to your wedding. I mean, I don't remember all of the events, but wasn't it like a small little chapel? Yeah. yeah. Cause it was, yeah. it was yeah, technically it was the, one year after our, cause we got married in Pioneer Vegas Town and then church. we had the ceremony yeah. at Pi- up in Pioneer town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The little church, little one room church. Yeah. So I remember, which so is so crazy though, being here now, yeah. our relationships actually yeah. kind of, yeah, because there were very few crazy. people. Yeah. I mean, there was maybe 30 people, you know what I mean? It like there were not that many there, that people. That was our vow there. renewal. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. crazy. So yeah, I remember doing that. And then, but so when you what meet, year was that? Was that a seven? No, that was 2005. Yeah, was what year did we get married? Yeah, 2005. We got married in 2004, and we had right. the ceremony one year later in 2005. It was the same day as my senior prom. All my friends had to leave after the wedding to go to prom. That's what happens yeah. when you get knocked up at 17. <laughs> um, okay, but back to your story. So yeah, when you right. meet her at this point, are you wanting to have a relationship? Mm-hmm. Like desiring this? Or are you Not like, no, initially, no, but I... I immediately there was uh, an <laughs> attraction definitely there was an attraction and um and then because before this and then her grandmother actually invited me up to their Ooh. house if you remember that well because so we met in october yeah it was october 15th and then and you, so november we brought him that's right thanksgiving dinner yeah i was on so duty my that no- was like Ooh, there's this texas boy you need to he's at he's down there he was on duty that day he's texting bring him matters. some dinner yeah he was the perfect age difference for me which is ironic because she hated it when we got married <laughs> but um she was all for it yeah. in theory and yeah. so she's like bring him this food and then she was like hey can i hire him to hang our christmas lights yep, so I went my out dad lights. was deployed at this time so That's my dad right. and travis were on opposite deployment schedules gotcha so, so travis one was home, home the my other dad would gone, leave yeah. and they would they yeah. very rarely so, so your 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 big marine dad who <laughs> He was hesitant with me, though. So we kind of did this song and dance for a little while where we were friends, I guess. But we were flirting. I was so confused. Yeah. Well, that's what was was kind of my question. So you're talking about earlier, a girl wanted to kiss you and you said, why? Did you feel that same way with her? Or was it like No, we did not kiss until February. Oh, okay. So we met in October. That was going to be my next question. I was like, you guys sound like you came together like... It was very slow. Well, it was correctly, but not for the right reasons. (laughs) Right. So, like, I'm sitting there. I have sworn off dating. I had decided I was just going to start praying for my spouse. And whatever happens, I met him, like, a week later. That's funny. And he did, by the way, tick every box, everything that I wanted and the things I didn't even know. So that was really cool how that all worked out. So here I am. It takes me a few weeks to be like, 
I think this actually might be the guy. First time we talked online, I have a, I have it. I printed it out. It's in a book for our daughter to read one day. <laughs> That's cute. But we had a six-hour conversation. I snuck into my mom's room to use her oh, computer. Man. I had a six-hour conversation online. He's praying through, for me through text. We're, you know, talking about Jesus. I had never experienced this yeah. with someone of the opposite sex just sitting there and talking about mm -hmm. Jesus. And I was like, that one. I want that one. So here he <laughs> is, this poor guy. I'm 17, you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a Marine. Yeah. There are big problems with that. Yeah. Yep. Even though it would have been technically legal in the military. No, no, and then for with three me, years of war, too. Yeah. yeah. We're no, literally the exact same ages. Yeah. We're the same ages. So um, the funny thing is, is that he's like, and my dad's an officer, and so is my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you come yeah. from a very strong oh, yeah. military background. And I, I think there was a big part of him that was like, I'm going to get arrested for this. <laughs> I can't yeah. talk I can't, to you. I can't talk to this girl. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So When's we, your birthday? <laughs> that was his question. Did you ever ask me that? I don't remember. Do you have like a countdown clock for when I her 18th birthday never, was? Never, I never really cared with Heidi. Yeah. So, well, but in the military, even though it was legal in the military, he could have gotten in big trouble. Yeah. Like legally. Yeah. Like yeah. you had to be 18. Yeah, yeah, that was like the same yeah. thing. Yeah, like a countdown clock. Yeah. So, but yeah, so when we, um, you know, we, I guess, started, I guess, courting unintentionally from my point of view. I don't really know what his thought process was. <laughs> if you guys could ask him <laughs> some like questions on that, that would be great. <laughs> we exchanged Christmas gifts. Like, he got me um, a stuffed animal and a jacket and a, a Barnes and Noble or Starbucks gift card or something. But that could be like nice guy friend gift. Yeah, and I remember this what were one you thinking, time Travis? he was giving me a hug goodbye, and I swear to you, he kissed me on the head. <gasps> Wait, I, I swear he did. But I was like, did he? Didn't he? I don't know what happened, and I'm getting so the frustrated. Guy's not gonna I, give you a Barnes and Noble gift card if he's not serious. Come <laughs> on, I'm losing my mind. You know, like that's not just nice I'm guy, Heidi. I'm losing my mind. Yeah, but yeah. he like. You drove back from the Marine Corps ball, not the Marine Corps ball. I yeah, I, remember I did a couple did. of just off the wall trips to go see. And he lied. Forty five minutes every yeah, time he like saw me. It did not minute. occur to me that he was driving forty five minutes one way just to see me. None of that really like entered my head. You were recording. Um, he left Vegas and drove for some Marine Corps function. He left and he came down and took me to In and Out. Like all sorts of oh. of stuff. It was marriage so material done. He, he was like, all my friends were jealous. It was awesome. But mind but he you, would not kiss me. <laughs> yeah. Because you're underage, girl. <laughs> yeah. No, he kissed me before I was 18. Yeah. Well, we don't did. talk about that. He he kissed me. What he said to me was so cute. Right before he kissed me, he goes, "You want it? You ever wonder why I've never kissed you?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> he goes, "Because I knew that the first person I ever kissed, I wanted to be my wife." Aww. And then he kissed me. Aww. And now everybody's in love with Travis. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Everybody's <laughs> in love. But yes, bubble so, hearts. Yeah, first kiss. Like, yeah. Making him blush over here. So okay, tell your story, Travis. So to the side, all the I women are swooning. So yeah, it all sounds great. <laughs> it all sounds nice. Um, <laughs> but we didn't. To be honest, we didn't wait as long as we should have. Yeah. Uh, in the yeah. sense of so once that once that barrier happens. was broken, it led into more and more temptation. Yeah. Which we succumbed to. Yes, we did ultimately. Um, okay. Before I deployed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, next time. So. 
And again, I had already determined, like, okay, th- I want this this woman to be my wife. But then, and as we the deployment, but remember, as the deployment came near, yeah. I was like, he tried to break up with me. I know. I was right. like, wait a minute. If I don't come back, he like, I don't want you to her. Dump me. So I you didn't rush so into marriage so then, real quick, because no. so many people they'll hurry and get married before you deploy. Uh, you instead try to push her away. I almost feel like yeah. we should That's have. That's interesting. We sh- <laughs> <probably> should. <laughs> we, that would have been the better choice. Um, but I feel like there's usually one way or the other. Either you rush into hurry and go get married, yeah. or you try to push them away. So that way, if you go I off and die, it's us, not a big deal. After this conversation, he's about to talk to talk about took place. I think for us, what we did is we justified. Mm. Well, sure. we've had sex. Biblically, we're married. God. That's we what we that told ourselves. So you guys went down that route. We, yeah. we Just between one another, yes. you right? Convince yourself that, yeah, we this convinced marriage, ourselves yeah. that everything was perfectly okay because I knew this was my husband. He knew I was his wife and that ultimately we would get married. So what did it matter what mm. we did? Mm. I, yeah, I feel no, it was not. it was not right. I yeah. have to interrupt real yeah. quick before we continue just because I thought this was um, convenient. The one person that I was telling you about who... Um, that's one, this is one of the persons that's contacted me with a struggle that we were talking about with, with, uh, Mm -hmm. pornography and immorality and everything. He actually has a fiance, um, and they're waiting to get struggling. They're struggling with this right now. But anyway, he literally just posted on the group uh, a few minutes ago as we're talking about all this really about his, about needing prayer and stuff Mm. for all this. So I think this is a, I just had to interrupt and and mention that because I just do it. Get married. That's (laughs) That's what we said. That's what Brandon said. I'm going to tell him that, that we talked to him, talked about it on this, uh, this podcast, who this is because, that's what yeah. we're biblically speaking, uh, and with this is the advice that I had given him that we are definitely, and this is to to stop the 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 want and, yeah. and the need for sexual well, immorality right. so, was to get married. You know, so, but yeah, he it did. Warns, uh, was it First Corinthians seven? Seven, yeah. If you burn for lust, it's better. Yep, to get it's married. better get yep. married. And we should have just gone with that. And that's the thing, though, is culturally, it's like well, it's I don't literally have a the fix for being horny. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that's what it was given to we us. We have for. to remember, though, that again, so. Our first kiss was in February. I didn't turn 18 till May. Yeah. And then the next month, he's out in Texas visiting his family because he's now getting ready to deploy. Right. So timing-wise, too, yeah, we still probably should have just run off and get married. But at the same time, there's that she just got out of high school. Yeah. We just... Well, and I'm pretty sure the Marine Corps also requires you to plan with them. You can't. You can't elope. Like in it, the military, you, you, you can, but trouble. you can't. Like because your leadership. You have to let them talk really you out of it first. See, so that's what's interesting. Yeah. Parallel is my like our trouble led yeah. us to elope. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't yeah. have a choice. Yeah. So, so, but he did. He called me, and I remember I had been working for C28. They're the company that yeah. started in OCW. Right. They had a skillet concert that we went down and worked on <laughs> Palm Desert. And I was driving home. My coworker was driving. He called me, and we're in the car. And you guys remember this: mm-hmm. the the road that was like all curvy, that was still under construction. It had the barriers up on both yep. sides of your car, and I thought it was going to die. And so, luckily, my coworker was driving, and and he calls me, and I answer the phone. And then you can tell what you did because I still get mad when you tried to break up with me. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I think I was it. just like, He's like oh, I if that. I died, I didn't want her to be attached to me. So in my mind, I was like, the honorable thing to do is because that will make her no longer have an emotional right. attachment yeah, to somehow you that guy who just said ridiculously argument. cute things. That's what I said to him yeah. in that moment because he called and he's like, "Listen, um, I don't probably gonna exactly die, so said, let's just call it quits." He basically was like, "I think we should break up while I'm deployed," <laughs> and I'm like, "My heart is shattered." Yeah, and well, and now you've created this. At the time, I think you were in California. 
Well, because but now you've I think opened we, up. We this. ended up meeting up again. Yeah, so, so he's like, I think we should break up. I'm my heart's broken. I don't think he expected me to challenge him. Well, you have this intimate connection now. Said, you have all these different things, and he's yeah. like, okay, well, and I'm I was just like, gonna. why? Well, we hadn't fully come together okay. yet, but I think I asked him why. Like he tried to dump me, and I was like, explain yourself. Like why? <laughs> I so conceived. No, it, re- it was good. <laughs> I had no answer. I was, just <laughs> I was like, like, what? Oh yeah, actually, well, that's a really good response. Well, because you know something might happen to but me. But this is what's funny. Yeah. So, Mister Girl Who Wants to Kiss Me. Well, why? I'm calling to break up with you. Well, why? <laughs> yeah. Dang it. How the turntables table. He gave me that song and dance of, well, if something happens to me, I just, I don't want you to get more attached to me and I don't want it to hurt you. I'm like, so your theory is I love you, but I should break up with you because if I deploy, my death will hurt less. Yeah. If you're in love with me, but we're not together. Definitely make all the difference. And he went, I remember you went, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so obviously you guys didn't break up we didn't break so up. no and then uh we used i forget what that that there was some tool where moto mail she, yeah moto mail she could like type it was almost like yeah. an email but then they deliver it to me as like mail form and so I they'd like print out the, the email and bring it to you yeah, basically okay it was it was cool so she would send me i still have that account i found it oh awesome Sorry. and i so that was kind of my highlight is every now and then because my third deployment i was way out west in iraq we were in the like i literally lived on the dirt my my bed yeah. was a berm, and then Whoa. we would do patrols and stuff. And so we were I uh, forget the turn the town uh, Arupa I think if I'm not mistaken, and um, but that was also an opportunity as I got further away I couldn't really like play video games so I spent more time in the Bible. Um, I made friends with a Mormon guy again not really having the full understanding of where they come from and stuff and we kind of grew our friendship a little bit but um, you know we would discuss scripture. And so that kind of continued that that growth, at least. Um, and then coming back home, uh, you know, th- there was there was a few slight scares out there. Nothing significant, though, at least to me. Uh, we, it was a fairly safe Okay, Mr. Guy, who... Which, so for him, so... Tell us the truth now, Lex. Well, what no, happened? so I don't... I actually... Here's the thing. He, um, he stopped telling me mm. when things... I actually yeah. still... To this day... There are only a couple of stories he tells that I know when it happened. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm I'm so clueless. He stopped telling me because I would freak out over everything. I'm glued to the news. So it's funny how different the experiences are, though, because he's deployed. He knows what's going on with him. This he's is his got third his deployment. Thing. I think I talked to him three times yeah. the whole time he was deployed, which I feel terrible because he, w- he called me over calling his Yeah, parents. we had a sat phone that we got 10 minutes um, total. So he, I think he called me three times. That was... I called you more than my family. Terrible my for me. I was... Begin the phone addiction, right? Yeah. Cell phones are becoming more popular. <laughs> yeah. I actually went and got off... I got my own, like, a burner phone from AT&T. So I would always have a phone available so that he would call me. I remember one time I dropped my phone in the toilet. I was devastated. I'm going to miss his call. All these things. I'm getting this, you know. But that's another Um, thing that is very popular for many people in our generation of this because so many were deployed and then you live with this like constant freak out mode and either obsession with news outlets or complete fear of news outlets. So I was that one. It was complete fear, but because I didn't have, I wasn't the, um, like I wasn't an adult living on my own. I mean, I was technically an adult, but I still lived at home with my parents. So 
the news was on whether yeah. I wanted it or not. And I would just, I actually sunk into depression. That's how I got my dog. My parents were like, we need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> She's not leaving her room. I worked. I had, I was in school full time. I was at night school and I had two jobs um, and I slept. That's and that it. is, that is all I did. And, um, and you guys had only been dating for a few months. Well, at this point it was almost a year. Well, I guess technically right. but prior we met to leaving yeah. and then, we, had, yeah. we met the October before he deployed in like July. Okay. So yeah, um, which was an eternity for an oh, yeah, 18, that age, yeah. 17 year old. And I'm sure for him too, that being his first relationship. But yeah. So for me, every deployment was just agonizing. But what got me with the first one is that my dad had been deploying for years. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew. Yeah. I thought I can do this. I know what this is. I don't talk to my dad when he's deployed. I, you know, it's cool. I got it. It's we're good. Did not understand the difference at all. The difference, mm-hmm. um, just in having someone. I mean, I knew at this point in my head, this was my person. I was going to be with him for the rest of my life. That was it. Was a done deal. There was no question. So now your future husband is yeah. off living in the dirt, it, and who knows? And where I didn't and have the security of a ring either. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that mattered, but it did. I didn't. I wasn't officially engaged. I had people giving me, you know, a hard time about it in in school. They were like, "Why don't you just?" You know, I don't see a ring on your finger. I had guys hitting on me all the time. After he came back from that deployment, um, he actually bought a ring yeah. for himself and for me to wear, <laughs> like a pre Like a promise because ring. Because he was like, I don't want people hitting on you anymore. Like, this yeah. is ridiculous. And I, in fact, the ring I bought for myself was just this. It's kind of just a steel ring. I forget what it was, but it had um. Yeah, Hebrew, it was one of the the. Oh, I am my beloved's and my Bob beloved Seaman is mine. That's awesome. Yeah. Ones, yeah. But we still have it. It's and it's all scratched up from him wearing yeah. it while he was. And you did this after this deployment, yeah, so right? I came okay. back, like yeah. immediately. And then, of course, my Marine friends are like, "What are you doing?" And I told them, I was like, "Well, I basically promised this lady. Like, aren't you engaged?" And, well, no, not yet. I haven't bought her a ring and all this. So <laughs> you gave fr- you got when you came back from this deployment, you went and got promise rings for you and her, but you have not proposed to her at this point. No, not yet. So were you giving her the promise ring and you two were under the understanding that it was going to lead to proposal? Oh, definitely. Yes. Okay. Yes. We were actively looking for engagement rings. So Why didn't you just get engaged? Because he wanted to design my ring and he's oh, a Lord. Yeah. Again, I, <laughs> you know. I Oh no, literally, literally to the point where I was like You guys do not know this man. I am telling you that is the most <laughs> so, legitimate so thing you've ever heard in your life. Um, yeah, so we didn't have um, the, an engagement ring. He didn't want to just go out and buy one. He had to design this perfect ring. I it took months and I have which is funny considering she wears the silicone band yeah well only because it doesn't fit I love my ring so much I wear it when I can but you're just the type of person you know what I mean you're like I'm doing stuff I'll wear this and then it gets messed up it's no big deal yeah so yeah he's he's like designing it I'm sitting here going if you buy it I'll love it I don't care then he starts dragging me we're going to all these different stores we go to this Hawaiian store we go to and and ended up um in May after he got back from that deployment, right after I turned 19, we went to Vegas. They had a Marine Corps ball. It was delayed because they had been deployed right. over the Marine Corps ball. Yeah, it was ball. very so awkward they timing. held a special one mm. for them in Vegas. Unfortunately, they always wanted to go to Vegas. Which yeah. So he's place. thinking, so I go, I don't know, my poor parents. My mom, I, We asked my parents' permission for me to go to I, Vegas with yeah. him. And they're like... 
I think my dad probably he was He talked there. to me about it. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he, oh, he gave had me the words. speech. He gave me the speech. So I think my mom probably And this is before you guys we're have not engaged yet. You're not engaged. Did he tell you not, not to sleeping get together? We, we, are, no, sleeping we together. are sleeping together. We are yeah. sleeping together. Yeah, my they're, parents they're, are not aware. Um, so dad still gives you the talk. Yep. You guys yeah. go to Vegas, do whatever and, you do. And my mom, I think her fear was she's 19. If you tell her no, she's going to go and they're going to elope and get married in Vegas. Like that's one of my mom's biggest fears is that my parent, that my dad will say something that me and my sister are like, you're no longer my parents and we'll just, just like cut her out. Now. So, so yeah, so we go and he's convinced we're going to walk the strip and find some unique store that's got this unique ring and all this stuff. We found it at a traditional mall, by the way. Yeah. But during that deployment, so you said you weren't, you had to draw to your Bible more because you're out in the middle of nowhere. You have this girl back home that you're thinking you're going to marry, right? So do you find that like you started to really grow spiritually? That It definitely helped. But the the, the next biggest point though uh, was when we came back from that deployment, uh, 2010, um, no. no, 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 I'm totally like off. We were like just in totally 2005? Off. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, well. <laughs> you were somewhere else. Like, how long was your deployment? So I deployed seven times. That's <laughs> a lot of deployments. Yeah. So you left in 2005, you came back in 2006. Yeah, and we got engaged. And we got engaged. And then ultimately I ended up getting out. Wait, wait, wait. So does that mean you went through one deployment with just the promise rings? Well, yeah. one deployment engaged? is kind of a boyfriend-girlfriend yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. You gave we, her the promise ring and then got engaged before you deployed again. Gotcha. Our, okay. No, we were married before the next time. Did we do that the rings it. before? We might have been before. <laughs> Maybe I did the ring, the promise rings before. I was just I trying to keep your like. No, chronological you did because okay. So I w- I did that college class that I had dropped <laughs> out of, and that was where the guys were hitting on me, saying you don't have a ring, and that's when we went and got him. So it was Maybe. before it was the before. Okay. 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 So you did we the had promise that. rings, had a deployment, Came come back. back, get engaged. And he got out after yeah, that. Ultimately, I got that's out that right. later, that's October right. 2006. So we did the majority of our engagement, and the fi- first few months of our marriage were military. Okay. Well, he was not in the military. Yeah. He so wasn't military free because my parents yeah, she were. Ended up, so we're engaged now. Uh, I don't have to tell my proposal thing later. It's so goofy, but uh, oh, so cute! Let's make the <laughs> ladies swoon some more, in case there isn't enough. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, um, yeah, it was either go special forces, which I was kind of drawn to, but it wasn't meant for me, um, or get out. And well, so to me, now that I had this this girl, I really wanted to get married. I didn't want to be, have a family in the military. He was going to be a lifer. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, this is going to be my life. And then all of a sudden here I am throwing a wrench into the plans. Way to go, Lex. Yeah. I know. And he was like, well, I can't have a family and do this. And let me tell you, he always has these ideas for his life. He was like, <laughs> I'm Because you didn't rock. come from a military <laughs> family. Is, no. Not, Which no, Lex not does. He was going to like walk across the country with Bibles and, and like witnessing to people. It cracks me up how similar yeah. our Travis's are. Yeah. He, he just had, he had all these plans. We were going to live off grid. We were going to, and yeah. I'm like, what about water? What about electricity? He's like, there's fire. Like, we got, and I was <laughs> just at this. dig a hole. And, and at this point, there was no submissive part of me oh, at yeah. all. And so I'm like, that's not happening. <laughs> Try again, um, buddy. I guess you can do that, but you'll never have children. Like, we're not. And I'm sitting here. He's giving me these biblical examples. And I'm like, 
yeah, well, this person wasn't married and this person wasn't married and this. So if you want to do that, maybe you don't need to be married. Like it was, I was real bad about that. It was, I got my way kind of. So we, we moved out to Texas, quickly got our own apartment. And again, I still struggled at this point. Which we tried to do that the right way. He moved in with his parents. Mm -hmm. My parents, my mom had moved to Colorado for the military. My dad was deployed, but he kept the house in California. They're still, they're married, but they were just stationed in different places. So we were like, okay, let's go to Texas. And I think the biggest reasoning behind that was that they would finance the move. And so we wanted to not have to pay for us Mm -hmm. to move. I'm 19. Oh, yeah. It's totally smart. He's 21. Like, we have nothing. No. Um, so, So we go up there. Okay, 22. <laughs> sorry. No, you Everybody's trying to do math right now. No, Hold on, guys. No, you 22 the year we got married. So you go to Texas. So we go to te- Okay, anyway. And we you end up moving Texas. in together. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's right. He was 23. Anyway, um, we, we ended up moving in together, but I had tried to go live with my uncle. Mm-hmm. He lived with his parents. He got mad at something his dad said about him. He's not responsible enough to have a credit card. So he did the whole, I'm an adult, you can't control me, forget this, I'm getting an apartment. So we ended up getting an apartment and living together. I was living an hour away from him. It wasn't, we convinced ourselves, it's okay, we're engaged now. So it's fine, right? And are you still struggling with anger at this point? Yes. Still struggling with the video game? Okay, so all the things still at this point. Those are broken at a later point. So, Um. So we move in together. You just said that about getting mad at the dad. So yeah. I was like, we yeah. haven't talked about the egg. Okay. Very impulsive about that. Um, yeah, so we move in together. And that's kind of where everything for us, at, up until this point, I had been trying so hard throughout our whole relationship. You need to do devotionals with me. We need she to was. pray together. We need to. I was determined. I knew he didn't know. She used know. to do it to me in school, too. It's cool. <laughs> She's very knew, good at that. I knew he didn't know how to be a spiritual leader. I knew I wanted a spiritual leader. And so I tried to force him to yeah. be one. Interestingly enough, I did threaten to break up with him because nothing was coming to fruition. He wasn't praying with me. He wasn't doing these devotionals. I never followed through. So I'll leave him. That's clearly the best way to go about this. Well, we weren't <laughs> doing anything yet. We weren't engaged yet. Okay. And so I, the right thing to do actually would have been. Oh, at I that point. Yeah. I thought you said you. Yeah, like no, no, when you were no, engaged yet. and stuff. Not yet. Like, well, um, so I did threaten to break up with him a couple of times because he wasn't following through. Mm. And I was using it. Like, I, I think I was still in a good place. But I, you know, I was getting very frustrated with him, but I just couldn't follow through. I couldn't be alone. I didn't know how to be okay with just Jesus. I didn't, it wasn't possible. I I just couldn't do it. And so I convinced myself every time to stay. And then it kind of got to this, this point where now we're living together. Um, and. And it was not blessed. It was bad. It it was bad. You guys, Um, it was bad. So ultimately that led into, because we had kind of planned our wedding a year later. But then you were like, no, we just need to get married. This needs to happen. And that's how you ended no, up planning. No, we got married the following year. No. We had Not when we moved out. We we moved out. Let's see. Because we left October 2006. We got out. By the next year, we were married in June. Yeah, you're right. But come like It was supposed to be March, two years later. We got married the following year. Yeah, but like March, April time frame or, or even that. Because you, so you planned happened, it all in like eight I weeks. I planned it. So I had planned our wedding for my dad's deployment, deployment schedule, schedule yeah. 
And so that is why we had the timeline we had. I wanted to do this full wedding and my dad to give us away and everything. And I go to visit my mom. My dad comes up for the weekend and he's like, hey, by the way, I'm pretty sure I'm deploying when you said that you want to get married. So that wasn't going to work. And I, at that point, was like, that's it. I'm done. I cannot build my life around the military anymore. And then God laughed and laughed and laughed. But <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I cannot live my life around the military anymore. I'm getting married in five weeks. We literally had a quick conversation. I talked to my mom. Which of these weekends are you available? Boom, we're getting married. Plan the whole wedding in five weeks. What's wow. funny is that's where the blessing started happening. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then everybody came Money around. started showing up. Yeah. Yeah, her for, for us to have like this wreck. wedding yeah. to yeah well, and it, we didn't have a lot of money so we didn't have any money um, yeah. <laughs> I w- we he worked 12 jobs that year that he no, was out of the military 12, it, it was, was like 11 jobs no, it yes was like it was i've worked that total i worked four jobs that year no travis we four had jobs. 11 w2s four between jobs. the two of us you worked like four because you kept oh that's everybody kept dropping it that might be accurate, yeah. but we did have a we had like eleven or twelve W twos for that year. <laughs> it, w- it was wow. crazy. Yeah, it was I mean, very not stable. I worked concrete construction and did some other things. Uh, well, you I kept getting. F- so yeah, he's well, addicted quitting. to video games that the whole the time. We're fighting. The only yeah. time he's ever sworn at me was because I tried talking to him while he's playing a video game. Oh, bad. Um, it, it was, was not bad. A, yeah, <laughs> he called. I was he, not a good he, place. It was bad, and. Um, you know, we're we're struggling with sexual sin. We're we've come to the conclusion that it's the wrong thing to do, so we try to stop, but we're living together and then oh, what are some work, other ways yeah. we can deal with this and that's not okay. And then it started for me, um, I can't really speak on where his mind, but for me it made things very difficult later because I started then associating negative feelings. Mm-hmm. Feelings of guilt, feelings of shame, feelings of all of this stuff. And so it, it caused problems later when everything was fine and it was blessed. And, it and was you're like, totally oh, so now it's good? Like it, and, and for me mentally, it was just, it was very hard. And we had um, other, you know, things dealing with that, like from my childhood that were, you know, coming in. And, you know, so, yeah, there was just a whole lot of we're fighting. We're fighting over sex. We're fighting over money. We're fighting over video games. We're fighting. And then it's like, hey, we're getting married in five weeks. Fun time. Have that, at it, it. It, also, yeah. he was talking about becoming a, a SWAT officer. team member mm-hmm. in Austin. Yeah, I was so I, actually. In fact, that was the time frame was uh, yeah, trying to get a legitimate job. I still miss the military, uh, you know dealing with certain civilians and different jobs it just wasn't working out uh but uh yeah i wanted and to go we're not going to church yeah we were not really actively attending like we should have been um and this is before the day and age of like well i didn't go to the building but i'm catching up doing all the right. things yeah. online no or really podcasts on like no this church. is before no, all of that no independent bible reading at this by this mm-hmm. point i have completely stopped okay yeah, i didn't stop believing kind of i was still yeah. in american christian i guess um, but I was no longer reading the Bible. I was no longer even interested in finding a church. I, yeah, I was so up. bitter and so just done, not at God. Mm-hmm. I, at this, in my mind, was when he, when Travis starts doing what he's supposed to do, then, then I'll, I'll get do. back on yeah. board. And it was obviously not the correct mentality, but no, it was the one all. I had at the yeah. time. It was my, I, I thought maybe it would emotionally blackmail him into being a more godly man. I don't know. How'd that work out, Travis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did. No, 
took like four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I get there. ultimately, um, we yeah we planned the wedding. Yeah. Everything came together, right? Uh, your uncle was, was our beautiful. cook, was also our photographer. My best man, uh, his mom was a cake maker. Boom, boom. Um, she's, a, she's a professional cake decorator. She does YouTube videos for the Wilton That's so cake. Cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, she's awesome. I love uh, her. We had an Irish harpist oh, yeah. as our musician. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I remember the pictures when it yeah. all happened, seeing all and, of them. And then uh, the place that we had oh, it at, so um, they offered like for $150 to provide the wine uh, because it was a winery and yeah. because uh, her uncle was taking photo- uh, photographs that they we released to put on the website. I'm actually suspecting that um, my uncle may have helped in that. paid money. It's possible. Yeah, we don't know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but I think he might. they 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 but essentially lowered the cost energy. because of the fact that it was free advertisement for them. Sure. Yeah. And hey, look at our nice new white stone gazebo and all this stuff. So we had an outdoor wedding in the middle of Texas in Lampasas and yet. God was gracious enough to have like an 80 overcast day. So yeah. it was like breezy and at least yeah. cooler than, Actually you know, enjoyable. high 90s. It was yeah. a lot better than normal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we ultimately got married. Uh, but I was working at like Best Buy at that point. We still didn't have really much income. And I remember you basically within months going, I want to have a, I want to have a child. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of one of those points. It was like, all right. So we got married in June. Yep. Um. I think that I actually was pregnant when we got married. I remember you telling me that. But this was not any information I had at the time. But just looking back, I was so just hormonal and just everywhere. And it was very, um, very much how I am when I am pregnant. And um, (laughs) I didn't know that at the time. But now looking back, it was probably a chemical. It wasn't anything. I had been dead set. We were not going to have kids till I was like 25. Mm -hmm. That was not a thing that I wanted. And then all of a sudden, I looked at him, and I did. I woke up one day and was like, I need to be pregnant right now. Make I things want a happen. Baby. <laughs> and by August, I'm like, Travis, I want to get pregnant. And he was like, you are psycho. <laughs> You've lost no, your body. I, so, yeah, I basically was like, well, he, I want to love my we wife. Can't. This is what she wants. So I actually remembered. I prayed to God. But I didn't know this. Yeah, I prayed. So my perspective so Lord, was, if this is your was will, like, may we have a child. And, Yeah. First cycle. Immediately, boom. Mm. We Got had one oldest. on the way, and so um, with no medical insurance. Yeah, nothing on the way. So then, of course, and I remember that was so that was with Kaylin. But what's funny is she knew she was pregnant right off the bat. She's like, I feel it; it's there. And We've talked about this briefly to the point where even like we, t- I took her to some like free clinic because we had nothing, and they're like t- giving her a blood test, and they're coming up negative, and she's just heartbroken, and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I, I, <laughs> I, I, tr- I believe like I you, but everything <laughs> keeps pointing to no. All these tests have said no, no, no. And and then finally, like a week after that, I think a pregnancy test was positive. She's like, I told, told you. you. Like, so then it's yeah. just this like, oh, wow. I've like got that a kid now. I'm a yeah, husband. Like and what am I going to oh, do? How goodness. do I provide? So but then like a couple of days, it was the day before that was when we had that one where you're like, you better be pregnant. Cause I was yes. screaming and ranting and raving at him over gas station nachos. And he did. He like, Marine Corps knife handed like <laughs> you better be pregnant or we have you're serious. a psychopath and something has to happen <laughs> which turns out the answer was it's both yeah. it's both well, you <laughs> are crazy yeah so if you were pregnant it's both I think your mic's off oh if no no it's um so yeah but yeah I, I ended up pregnant and then it was we don't have any insurance nope. I did have a threatened miscarriage at six weeks where I ended up having yeah. to go to the ER hmm. 
Um, and a couple weeks after that, my dad calls. Hey, Travis is going to get recalled. So you have two options. Mm-hmm. They can recall him and you'll have no control. Or he can go re-enlist and you can get a sign-on bonus and you may be able to dictate what he does and where he goes. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. We just got married a few months before this. I'm pregnant. But then at the same time, it was very appealing because, hey, medical care. Money. Maybe we can go back to California. I wanted to go back to where I went to high school. Maybe we can go back to Camp Pendleton. I'm familiar there. I'm okay there. Yeah. Um, so that's and that began. Yeah. So I, and I remember thinking, okay, you know, not only is this the right thing to do, take care of my wife, just sh- and make care, take care uh, of this child on the way. Um, but it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm used to the Marine Corps. I've been out almost a year by the time I, so I did, I re-enlisted within, uh, I got cut orders about a month later. So by December of 2007, we were back in California. I had to report in, I think like December third or something like that uh and immediately i got promoted just the way that it all worked out i was in service for so much time because i was still in active reserve at the time so So it's like instant promotion to take care of this i didn't even know it i qualified for a a re-enlistment bonus at like 80 percent of the value which we were able to pay off all our debt right away and it was just like what is happening and uh yeah we got married and god blessed us yeah interesting Interesting. so we were still stupid with it, though. <laughs> yeah, not well, that we made we, great decisions. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly all stupid. But, I mean, at least we took care of our debt yeah. and stuff like that. We didn't just blow it on nonsense. But um, So we go back in, and then it's just like, all right, back to the military life. And right off the bat, it's like, well, I'm and in a unit that's slated to deploy again. And that's know. where right we had two friends <laughs> oh, from goodness. Yucca yeah. on our way out there find out that they're moving in. One of them moved in down the street from me. Yeah. Um, the whole gang coming back the, together. Yeah, and then the other one moved Pendleton, in with me. Right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. So Danny and Danielle, mm-hmm. they both that day, that day that we drove in, they're like, "Hey, by the way, we're here too." So I thought, "Hey, this is going to be amazing." How perfect. Yeah, all of my yeah. old friends were all now in the military. I was unprepared, together. and he was unprepared for his deployment schedule. Yeah. So my next four years was very heavy deployment schedule. So five times, right? Four times. Four times. Because you already done Well, you deployed seven times in an eight-year. Yeah, you three did times. Three. Yeah, yeah. Three times. Yeah. Or, yeah. Three times Iraq and then yeah, yeah. moving on. So, uh, yeah. So, right off the bat, they're like, um, yeah, we're slated to deploy, and it looks to be, like, next June. Which I when was, she was due. Like, May, she was due, like, thought. initially, like, late end of May, I thought. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not too like i might just be here for the birth and we were initially told because it was what's called the mu so he's going to be on ship and so he was told hey we're going to hawaii and then we're going to be there for a few days and it's like a seven day trip out there Mm -hmm. and so maybe you can stay behind for your wife to have the baby and then fly out to Mm -hmm. hawaii and And so in my head that was what was supposed to happen sure then he ended up deploying on my birthday yeah so it actually got bumped up significantly earlier so, so we actually decided, I, I took you out to Colorado. Colorado. She was eight Heavily months pregnant, pregnant at that point uh, to stay with her mom where she was going to school at the time. Um, and I had to drive back, Mary man, stay in the barracks, very weird. And then just like called you like every night and stuff. But I was so bitter, you guys. It, it was, was bad. So and then, mad. But at least your dad, so, so mad. her dad actually saw me off on that I day when I'm getting you. on ship in San Diego. But literally... Uh, it was her birthday yeah. <laughs> that I'm getting he on deployed, ship listen, to leave guys, her 21st he birthday on my 21st birthday. I couldn't yeah. even get drunk. 
You're eight not months that pregnant. you should be, but yeah. Like, like I, we don't drink at all anymore. But at the time, I was like, it would be really great yeah. to be able to be drunk right now. Yeah. And then even after I had the baby, I really couldn't because I was nursing. Yeah. So it was, I mean, probably a great thing. That's why God timed it that way. But like <laughs> at the time. And I'm just like, you're th- sitting there in Hawaii. You're like snorkeling with your yeah, so I went buddies. And stuff. <laughs> he's, he's I didn't have a lot of money, me. but it's like, okay, I'm in Hawaii. I'm not going to just sit around. And no, you're going to sit there and be miserable, right. Travis. That's yeah. what you're going Which to do. I've still never been to Hawaii <laughs> or any of the cool, awesome places yeah. he's been. But yeah, so like, so that actually set this precedent for our marriage, though, yeah. where Every time he would deploy, he actually went on ship a lot, which meant he actually went to a lot of really cool, really pretty yeah. places. From and you sat home really angry. I'm sitting at home trying to raise this kid. I can't even work because we can't afford for me to work. Yeah. And he's like seeing the world going and he come home with these pictures. I'm like, are you kidding me <laughs> right now? Are you Throw those away. Oh, yeah. Throw those away. He has yeah. pictures of he went to um, Petra. Petra. Mm-hmm. He went... Like, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is what my marriage is. And so on the one hand, we're trying really hard to have a good marriage and make this work. We don't see each other. We did get to, we were very blessed in the timing because they had started to allow Skype. So we were able to Skype all the time. I was able to utilize that with our daughter. That was later. Not on that first Not one. Not on that first one. The first one was MotoMail, huh? No. Um, cause you, it was MotoMail because you have MotoMail. No, I had internet at one point. Um, but so it was really, it was awful. It was spotty. It was bad. It was really bad. So, um, yeah, I was just, and then I started to feel this pull of, I need to be getting back in the word. And so then I started, I was still holding on to my grudges and bitterness, mm-hmm. but I was trying to, I wanted to be a good mom. I wanted mm-hmm. to raise our kid. Right. And I start getting back in the word and then he's just annoying me even more <laughs> by not, he's annoying. well, he comes home from that deployment here he, here's his baby he's never met before. Yeah. He was not home for more than a couple hours, if even that, before he's on the computer playing a video game. Mm-hmm. So here's this baby that you've missed all these things with, yeah. and you're mm-hmm. home, and you're back in there playing video games. And to be fair, he's always been a very hands-on dad. He's always been really great. He came home. He helped feed her her first bowl of cereal. He was always making sure that we had clean bottles and he would feed her. He would do anything I asked of him. Yeah. Even change the diapers. He even yeah. changed diapers. So he's always was a very good dad. But at the same time, I couldn't trust. I remember I went somewhere one time and he's got the computer and trying to cook dinner, trying to play a video game. And the baby's on the fl- like crawling around. And I'm like, you're trying to cook dinner and play this video game. How are you watching our kid? <laughs> and so this is where we really, really started fighting mm-hmm. about video games and this is where i start doing research and telling him hey you're addicted and he's like there's no such thing i'm like here's this scientific research that proves that there's video gaming addiction he's like False too bad news. don't care fake news it's go ahead real. it's not real because i love this you're city. wrong oh, yeah. it's not real um and, and he did he hardcore and I, it was like he knew i was telling the truth but he was just not gonna hear it and i just which we all do when the sin that we love and, and i believed you know. that if i yelled at him hard enough long enough said the right words that he would suddenly that would oh by the way life. i'm not examining myself at all mm-hmm. i just want him to stop oh video absolutely games yeah and devote i wanted to be the center of his world yeah to tell you the truth i wanted him to worship me yeah well nah. not, no not not complete did. center no i get what you're saying no yeah. i did i 
I wanted to be more important that. to you than God. Okay. I wanted to be the center because that is what they tell girls. Yeah. You need to be a guy's everything. And if he's not treating you yeah. like you're his everything. And he needs or wants something other than yeah, just you. you there's an issue. Be, yeah. And so at that time and during, you know, during the deployment, I read, I read romance novels. Oh, and, yeah. You know, all these things. I I wouldn't have admitted it at the time, but in reality, mm-hmm. I wanted you to worship me, hmm. literally. Like I just wanted to be everything. To be everything yeah. to you. God was to be Both secondary. of you had your different idols that you were, oh, yeah. that you were chasing after. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So that was essentially 2009, having come back from the first of four deployments. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, I was getting back into video games. Um, and I think, was that, no, wasn't quite yet. So, but yeah, and even then still having my, my secret porn addiction. Does your wife know about it? She does not. No, I still hit it. That was the thing is I knew how to cover my tracks. I didn't know about it till after it was over. Oh, wow. Okay. No, you, you confronted me on it the next year. Hold on. So. And still dealing with anger and stuff like that. Right. Okay. So, um. And that last deployment, I had gone through Kuwait and Dubai and different places, kind of more like a Middle East float. Um, and again, I mean, even during the deployment on ship, I was playing like a little handheld video game system. And all so any so, gaming something. Right, any gaming like system. It was just complete addiction. Yeah. Um, but then coming back five even months, had never met my daughter, you know, trying to take care of her. But then at the same time, like. All right, when does she go to bed? Yeah. <laughs> when well, can I get longer, back on my game system? Uh, and it was awful. And it's right. So, you know, I wasn't loving my wife as I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, Christ calls us to love our wives as he loves the church. And of course, it's an impossible standard, but at the same sure. time, it should be something we always seek to improve yeah. on. I was pretty and good at not making myself very lovable, though, too. <laughs> like, well, I didn't give you a reason yeah, yeah, so anyway. so it, it went both ways. It's always you know. So marriage is struggling. Yep. Yeah. You have a, have a secret porn addiction. Yep. You're completely addicted to video games, but you're angry and fighting her on that. Everything's a disaster and a mess, and you're going back to deploy the again. The irony yep. is essentially. I don't think we knew our marriage was struggling. Yeah. yeah. Like we're talking about this, and it should have been very clear. But I think we thought we had a decent marriage. Well, and at the same time, so going back, but these types of issues kind of, I think sometimes we just view as, well, that's marriage. Yeah, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. So then, having another deployment basically already slated. Mm -hmm. So um, what that means for people who who don't know don't speak military. Well, it's not. I mean, they know what a deployment is, but what they may be unaware of is that means that he has to go start training for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why weeks away. So you're home, you're not deployed, but you're still gone a huge portion because you were preparing to go right back out. Yeah. So they get maybe two or three weeks where they do nothing. And then it was like, even when he was coming home every night, he's not coming home till eight, nine o'clock at night you're exhausted you have duty Mm -hmm. every once in a while which means he has to be at i'd have to stay at at the the barracks and and has to be there um and then they would go out in the field at least once a month for a week or two at a time so you're home from deployment with your wife and Mm -hmm. this baby that you've missed out on all this time but you really aren't home home Right. Yeah, I mean, I spent... And then add in the video game time and all the other stuff and, yeah, recipe for disaster. It it wasn't. I mean, I think calculated out, it's like... Are you guys attending church at this time? So no church, 
No. Just any Bible on yeah. your own? I've, I've stopped. You've stopped altogether. I've yeah. stopped. And I, yeah. I mean, on occasion, I'd pick up my Bible, but again, it was far and few between, certainly not So did you spend more time while you were deployed kind of searching scripturally than you so, do when you're at home? Like for lack Iraq, of being when, able to do anything else? death was like right on the doorstep, essentially, yeah. yeah. But then this, I got more complacent. Yeah. It was, I could play video games overseas. I was on ship. Yeah, I would work out all the time. Um, you know, great physical strength but it didn't matter um so you yeah, were just so we were seeking to to fill yourself with that void by working out with the, with the by filling it with all the different yeah, things. everything else and uh i believe it was after that second deployment when we got back that her dad had actually found a calvary chapel oceanside um which is hey they teach the bible mm-hmm. you're actually in that january 2010 was kind of the, the big turning point, I believe, because that's when we said, okay, well, yeah, we really do need a church. We felt convicted. We had been mm-hmm. fighting all these these sins. Um, our marriage certainly was, like, I don't think we'd ever said we're just going to walk away, mm-hmm. but it was. I threatened to divorce I think she did. I, to me, I, I was like, serious. divorce is I just option. wanted him to do the big grand gesture and stop me from leaving. <laughs> I was really good <laughs> like at So I, you know, many times in our relationship up to that point I would get really frustrated with him and I would walk out the door or threaten to walk out the door and I never wanted to leave permanently but I wanted him to stop me but here's the thing about Travis is that he will not be emotionally blackmailed yeah so well, he, and you're over here trying to emotionally blackmail him into this. Make me your everything. Put me on this pedestal. Like, yeah. throw yourself grand gesture, you know, all yeah. the things. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. He basically was like, you're throwing a tantrum. You're going to calm down and come back. Like, that basically was so how, how he... I think viewed it. I don't know. We've never actually talked about that. See, isn't it fun you being in this we've, seat now? We've never talked about... She what got to drag up all of mine and Brandon's dirt when we did our raw intimate when interview. I would, so, when I, well, because we've been let you guys do this now. We've been mainly focusing on him, so I haven't really been thinking about like what I did. But um, yeah, I left quite. But what was your thought? Like you knew I wanted you to come after me, right? Yeah. And <laughs> so I'm right. Play you were game. just like, I'm not doing this. Were you like peace out, or were you like she'll come back, or did you just not care because you just started playing video games? No, I think it was just Little more like, like I know she's not for real. Yeah. Like, so whatever. We're not going to divorce. That's not happening. I wouldn't let her. <laughs> so. Was it? When did I hide all of the um, cords and batteries to the computer? That, which time? <laughs> um, I think you done at least and twice. No, and you changed. You know, that was back that was before we were even married. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I so you're getting fed up with the, the video, video game addiction. This is before definitely we, in here. Um, before he got back in the military. Um, I think it was around the time we were married because I think I was working for that oil yep, yep. company. And um, you're getting he fed up had with this. been, I think what had happened was I walked out and that's what made me think about this. I got so mad at him, probably for playing video games. I drove to my uncle's house and he didn't go to work the next day. And then his parents called me. Their oh, was boss that the day? was friends with okay. his parents. They're like, where is he? And they were like, where's Travis? So I'm like, I don't know. I came to visit my uncle. He had freaking stayed up all night playing video games. Again, which you yeah. told that the story sweet. of the accident. Like you yeah. think you slept through that. all of his alarms. And missed work. I think at this point we had a cop come. Or we're yeah, actually the cops woke me up at like 1 p.m. 
Is it this point, doing like a well check? Yeah. Type yeah. Of a thing? At yeah. this point, it's is he oh even my alive gosh. right now? And so I was like, for me, I knew I was fed up with video games, but that was where for me I was like, I am done with this and that's when I started to really dig my heels in and really make life difficult regarding video games and I did I took all of the batteries all of the power cords for all of the computers which I'm sure just set your anger like oh no 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 you did that I changed the passwords Mm. I changed the password to I love you too much to tell you so that every time you I asked remember me that. what the password yes. was, That's I right. wasn't lying. I was no, no, you were clever. I, came I love home you too much to tell you. Removed the batteries mm-hmm. and the cords. Yeah, it's like fine. You got the password. And, I got everything else. You can't even turn it on and use it. Fine. <laughs> oh <laughs> just, my god! So instead of winning yeah. that one, he's like, "I'll just one up you." Anyway, so back to forward. 2010. Um, so coming back from that second employment, and that's where like you had asked about alcohol and stuff. Yeah. I there was a lot of pressure in alcohol that time, and I just. I think a handful of times I ended up because they always wanted, that's all they wanted to do. And that's when I met Everybody like, just wanted Tawny. To Is that where you, know? you were taking like flaming shots? Yeah. It was just like stupid. Uh, I mean, and I was never really a big drinker. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I just, when I get, I guess, drunk, I get really sleepy. Yeah. So I just, so <laughs> not the really life of the party. To whatever, take to a like, party because you're yeah. sleeping somewhere. Um, and it's just, and I didn't like it. And I realized just, this was So dumb. it was more so just emotion. You kind of went through, you coped in different ways with things and so that was more so just of emotion of i think it was like a mentality like i'm here i might as well everybody else is no i don't really like well when am i ever going to have another chance to have a shot that's on fire yeah i mean yeah there was a lot of pressure because that was uh, like like the off like well that's why i think was the the first question to ask you because i mean in our town where you grew up you went and partied and the marine when the marines showed up oh forget about it like they did too but even within you know even with all the issues he had he was even among his peers like the straight lace yeah don't bother yeah but military life didn't change that for you that then you switched and just joined in and drank all the time type Mm -hmm. of a deal or something but we still never partied well, yeah, we're never really big, we and that's never, the thing is I just he never, never went. He didn't like stay at the barracks, and and it was only on deployment that these things would happen. Yeah. Um. So coming back again, that's when your dad found a church for us, and it was a, hey, we teach verse by verse mm-hmm. through the Bible. That's really where we began to grow again, mm-hmm. because we had been just in this spiritual Funk. numbness. Yeah. No, There's nothing. There was nothing there, um, and. <clears throat> So I remember right off the bat just being like, what is this? Like, I've never heard teaching through the so Bible for me, like it's this. Old hat, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I've done That's this what before. we grew up in. I grew yeah. up in this. It didn't occur to me that he hadn't. Yeah. yeah. No. He had never been in a church that did it that way before. Which is crazy because we grew up, you and I, Lex, we grew yeah. up in a very similar church environment, but yet my family out east was Episcopalian. So yeah. when I would come out here to visit and see that, I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. So it's funny that that's what you grew yeah. up in, Travis, yeah, exactly. because I can see now the like, yeah. Coming the, the the back, you know, the reverse of what I had and mm-hmm. being like, what the heck is going on? This yeah. is crazy, right? Yeah. So that was that was kind of an eye-opening point. And then it was shortly after that, because that was January 2010 when we started attending that church. And I think within a few months, or, or a few weeks, actually, they had a Answers in Genesis conference there yeah. with Ken Ham and Jason Lyle. And, uh, and Ken's sermon, he, I mean, he actually declares himself to be a, ser- or a, a missionary from Australia to America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you can believe it, like, and yes, it's needed. We, it's missionaries are <laughs> right. very needed. Um, Domestic missionaries are what I've seen different 
people that yeah. do stuff here. I'm like, no, that's totally what we are. And his his sermon was essentially on the the problem of not being grounded in scripture mm-hmm. because that is our foundation for everything and especially Genesis 1 through 11 for our history of the Bible. Yep. You know, it's believable. You hold to it as truth. And the problem is Christians today that just fight these little independent battles while everything is attacking the foundation of scripture. That was kind of a ceremony showing like all these dead churches in Europe. Basically Uh, what they did was they introduced you to the idea of apologetics. To apologetics. Yeah. And that was like, but even, even at the end of the sermon, when he's talking about this, I was convicted because I was like, I don't know the Bible. That's yeah. what I like, just kept reciting yeah. my mind. I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't even like I couldn't tell you. Like, what and they're Genesis breaking down and, and it was the first time he had. So in Calvary Chapel, you frequently do have pastors that will give you a meaning of a word here and there. Yep. But they were like look at this context in Jewish history and that's how they would have written it. And therefore that word can only mean this thing with this definition. And, and they're going through and they're just pow, 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 giving all these. And he's and like, we're on verse two. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you know, yeah. And even the end of the sermon. So nor- normally when a guest speaker comes in, everybody applauds when they leave. This was the one time that when Ken Ham left the stage, it was dead silent because everybody and he ended with the video of essentially what it would have looked like for the global flood mm-hmm. because it was not a oh it just rained for 40 days no it yeah. says from the depths of the seas oh, opened yeah. up came forth yeah. the rains and they then, did a really good yeah. job with that video but it was a video of essentially showing like this massive split of the earth's core yeah. water you know lava Gushy, coming down water or yeah. water coming down lava coming up massive tidal waves creating and literally within it they had it calculated like five minutes or yeah, something the entire yeah. world would have been flooded and then of course they would have created all this rain and stuff but it's like showing these kids playing in their house and then you just the tidal wave coming and we're like <laughs> so everybody's just feeling convicted like oh my gosh and so not only was i just like i don't know the bible well and then it was jason lyle who came on and then he came on and he starts talking about what is apologetics and why yeah. what why do you need to be able to defend your faith what is a worldview what is and he starts going through this stuff he's sitting over here mind blown wide open yeah. just like absorbing this just like a sponge he was so convicted that I mean, we bought every book that they made. I remember it was like four hundred and fifty dollars yeah. for the uh, entire like which every single regret. book they'd ever yeah. they published. Were great at that point. resources for us, and then after that, when he deployed, so that was that was my turning point. That's when I think the Lord really got a hold of my heart. Still addicted to video games. Yeah, still, yeah. He still has not broken free of that. Sure. Yeah. So again, video games and pornography. But again, those lessened as my hunger for now mm-hmm. scripture just and more your of the apologetic side. Desire for those outlets started to naturally just yes. lessen for you. They lessened, okay. but they weren't quite gone yet. So well, and then for a while. He tried going, well, what if I just pray, play the, the strategic games? Like, I'm not Yes, yeah, okay, to so online games that I, like, I'm devoted to so many hours. Like, let me play something that doesn't require as much time. I can he pause. I can walk You're away. You're trying to rationalize yeah. and find a happy I try. medium. Well, I, I can try. pause this. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> um, that led into the third deployment, which, so that was January. By March, they selected me to go to Afghanistan. Yeah, I'd gotten back in January. And then they had they had an immediate like, hey, this thing just came up. We need to go basically to Afghanistan. Um so and I told I remember telling you and I said volunteered for I was mad. No, here's what I said. I said I am not going to openly volunteer, but if they ask me to do it, I'm not going to turn them down. Come to find out, yeah, they said technically anybody could have, but nobody did. I think um it was kind of one of those 
Marine pride things, but yeah. to yeah, me I, it was like, okay. I think what I heard though in that, and still there's a part of me that has to squash it even now is what I'm hearing is you could have said no, but you did and it. You did it. Yeah. Yep. And it's interesting because of what happened to the rest of the people on the next deployment, which we'll get to. But um, at yep. the time though, I was livid. Well, I mean, literally four months. I just come back, barely get to see my kid. Again. You know, barely can spend any time with my family. And again, where it's right back, ramped up again. Oh, we're going to Afghanistan. Hey, we're going into the fight, essentially. Even though we were slated to be uh, military trainers, it was kind of a test group. Um, so I was slated to train the Afghan National Civil Order Police. But they split our company up into 10 different units. And I had a, a young, brand new second lieutenant never deployed before oh gosh with me paired so he's above he me he was a rank. good guy he he's was actually one, yeah he was yeah. very aware. very very smart and technical. it just seems crazy though you've had so many well, deployments right. already so and here you're with someone who's never just, been there just for a little background in the military when you have those guys the guys that become second lieutenants by going to college first mm -hmm. with yep. no experience the general consensus is this guy has no idea what he's talking about but then they come in and they tend to think that they know everything yeah. because of the, their rank yeah well, this guy from what I understand, wasn't like that. That's he amazing. He was very yeah. aware yeah. that he might have certain skills, but that people like Travis are going to have those other ones. And yeah. so he relied on that information and mm -hmm. that made him very good. Yeah. But even okay. in, yeah, Lieutenant Black. Um, but he, like, I remember he scored a 1600 on his uh, yeah. SATs, yeah, like genius. genius guy, but he was humble enough to say, all right, yeah, I haven't deployed. Like, I, I, yes, I went through officer infantry course, which is six months of craziness. It's like the hardest school in the Marine yeah. Corps. Um, but at the same time, he's like, okay, but that's all training. That's not. Like, yeah. I've not, I haven't been shot at. Yeah. Like, what do you want me to say? So I can be as book smart he, as you want me to be. Yeah. So we start yeah. shooting at me. It's so a he totally was, different ballgame. But so we get in, into Afghanistan and the Lord places me in like the safest city in all like Mazari Sharif, northern Afghanistan, like with only so many miles from the Uzbekistan border. Like everybody there is a mix between Russian, Chinese, and like Afghan different. Like it was oh my crazy. Gosh, yeah. Um, so, but my job there was even though I was in a war zone, it was to train the future, like kind of the next tier level police, not the baseline police. Um, <clears throat> but. You know, yeah, I still played. I had my computer. I still played games from time to time. But I remember, hey, I found out there was a little chapel there. And it was, there was only like 10 Marines of us on there. We weren't even, uh, we had like Nepalese uh, Gurkhas as our security. And they were hardcore. I mean, they practiced clearing rooms and stuff in the middle of the night. They were awesome. Um, <laughs> but, and then we had Department of State and a small like Air Force contingent. And then we were also paired with French military, Spanish military, oh, wow. just a few like of their select guys. It was very weird. Uh, but I remember just going, hey, now that I've been part of this Calvary Chapel, starting yeah. to get in the Bible, I was huge into apologetics. I devoured so many of the apologetics books on astronomy. Um, what is it? The Answers books that were mm -hmm. awesome. Answers book one and two and three. Um, and, and come to find out they had a chapel there. On Sundays. Like, now, Sundays, yes. we actually worked on Sundays because over there, you know, Muslim lands, uh, Friday is their day off. Mm -hmm. So we would do half-day Thursdays. We were off Fridays. But then from the American culture, we still had church on Sunday. So usually after it would be a nighttime Sunday service. So I ended up finding out they had it, and I go over there, and it's like 15 of us all in there. 
and the first time is hey we're watching some sermonette on a on a video screen and you know it was it wasn't like teaching through the bible i think it was i don't know at the time i didn't understand it but um <laughs> it seemed lifting uplifting kind of yeah. deal but a i remember sweet message for the troops, right but you know? somebody made the comment they go man i really wish we had somebody who would teach yeah. here mm. and i was like Oh goodness! <laughs> Generally, how Travis. <laughs> oh yep. And I was like, "Oh Lord, hey, I've been devouring all these apologetics books. Nobody's offering to do it." Mm-hmm. And somebody pointed me out because they saw what I was doing with the training side and basically taking over. Um, we actually yeah, got awarded for later. improving the efficiency of the course by over two hundred percent. They're like, because we just came in and since we didn't have to uh, report directly to the Department of State, we were actually under NATO. We had a lot more freedom than the Department of State guys because they're like, our hands are tied. Any changes we want to make, we got to go through this whole process. But they're like, but you guys aren't really under us. Yeah. So okay. we came in, we cleaned house, we improved. I mean, we kicked out all their instructors and stuff and basically took over their tactics training courses. We had them do uh, live fire exercises, movement and shooting that they thought ne- would never happen. They're like, no Afghan's ever going to be able to move and shoot and communicate. Like, that's not, and yeah, we had. So the Lord blessed me that way, but I got convicted over that the church thing. So then I was like, okay, well, I'll, let me at least teach on some of these different things. And I remember I didn't even know what to teach on. And the first time I went in there to teach, I had about 20 tabs that I had stuck in my Bible. And I was like, I just want to talk about Jesus and things that I know about him. And so I remember just going through and literally just reading and comparing and harmonizing the scripture on Christ and thinking it was like, this was horrible. Yeah. And people kept coming up and going, oh, that was great. I needed to hear that. <laughs> so then it's like, stuck and now i gotta do this so the lord definitely forced me to continue in this pattern um but that was the thing is okay well if i'm gonna be a teacher if i'm gonna do this i really have to know the scripture and so that led into now putting aside the games a little bit more Mm -hmm. really getting into it um and yeah i still had my duty as a marine but i was only there for about 90 days Mm -hmm. it was a very fast turnaround because i think after 90 days then we're considered in country and somehow i don't remember how it counts but we weren't actually there according to the government and the <laughs> counts right does that make uh, sense okay yeah. so uh very essentially it was a very successful deployment very quick though and i come back three months later and i think it was right after that you know being excited to be home and stuff but then uh, the first one was pornography I think the addiction hit me like a Sunday morning or something. We had grown up in mm-hmm. super early. And I it, I don't remember what it was, but it just, like, I gave in to desire and I started, and I had it up on my computer. And I think Kaylin actually woke up. And when she came downstairs, Which I was. Which is your daughter. Yeah. The little girl, I was yeah. just like, oh, my goodness. Like, what, what am, am I, I doing? doing? Yeah. On a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot believe this. Of like, like the perfect trifecta of awful things sunday morning yeah. your little girl like all the She's things less than that two at the time. Yeah. yeah and i was just i remember that and then it was the verse um matthew six matthew five i can't remember but um sermon on the mount jesus is is basically says you know uh <clears throat> if you even lust if you even look at a woman mm-hmm. with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. Mm-hmm. And that just, it, like, immediately that verse just hit my mind. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just remember being broken over this whole situation and going, I deserve death. Yeah. I should be dead right now. 
I, what am I doing? Here I was just now teaching over here in Afghanistan, being like used by God and then falling into this, just being so convicted of it. I have got a family and wife. And I remember you had confronted me either right before the deployment or right after, and you had asked me. And I had, uh, uh, and I had admitted, yeah, I, I do look at pornography, and I remember you being broken over it. So even that added to it too, uh, where I admitted to her. And I think even at the time, my justification was, well, I, I've never been with another woman. Yeah. But that's not the point. So it's and, okay. It's not that right. big of a deal. So at that moment, that, I remember that when all of that just hit, all I could do was I literally fell on my knees in tears and cried out, like yelling out. I was like, God, take this from me. Please take this from me. I don't want to, um, I, th- I think I said, I don't want to offend you. I don't like my direction was to, to the Lord. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to cause any harm. Uh, I want to honor you, God. Please take this from me. And he did. Wow. I mean, it was wow. literally cut off, done. Wow. Cold turkey. It was. It was. And, and it just was that desire and habit, all of the yeah. things. Just and I can removed. tell you, I have kept that mm-hmm. from that day forward. Yeah. Um, and it was only by a supernatural work that yeah. I needed that because of having been so caught up in it since eight, having this secret sin that, yeah, she had only recently found out about. But, I mean, I had kept it. For so many years, uh, very few people that's even so knew funny about it because that's so a, bad, that's the exact counsel that I gave just recently. I said, "Listen, we have to make you know. I have to realize that even just this thought in your head, you might as well have already committed adultery with her. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It makes it, it makes no difference. And here and here you are have these things that go against you. You know. But like I said to this, what do you, what does Jesus tell us when this happens? If your eye causes you to see, cut it." out get rid of it cold turkey that's it done so it's possible anybody that's struggling with this it's possible to just stop it's a struggle well and again i believe that was the holy spirit removing that from me sure uh but it was it was literally repentance crying out in tears on my knees literally on my knees just like looking upward um and yeah so he he took that from me and it was one of those moments i almost like a sense of peace came Mm -hmm. over me amen that's all and like a I felt like cleansed almost. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and especially since it had been a secret lips, addiction. <laughs> yeah, but since it had been in like a secret addiction your whole life now, you had been walking around with that like shame cloud oh, hovering over you. But you had, I mean, I think at some point any of us who have done sinful things in secret you go around so long, which everybody has, you know, but you go around for so long with that, the longer, longer you go, the easier and easier it gets because you get used to it. You know what I mean? So then to finally have all of that boil up and be removed from you, you know, like I can't imagine, you know, I mean, this was such a lifelong thing for you since a child. Well, there was even, I mean, even before that point, there was still this like level of shame Yeah. that, you know, I I just felt shameful after Mm -hmm. getting into pornography and then, but never you know, enough to stop you right, from going right. back. And then just as it grew again, it would, you would just fall right back into it. Mm-hmm. And then I'd feel just awful and gross and shameful again. And, and it was but just it was a, a secret, so nobody yeah. knew about it. And, and that's the thing is I could go weeks, maybe even a few months at a time. Mm-hmm. But then if I gave into it, it's like I kept trying to fight it myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I would give into it. And then it'd be like, okay, I need it again. Mm-hmm. And I need it again. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I got to stop. And I just, I feel, and then, but then, it's and then like you that justify thing it. You start yeah. to justify it. You say, well, it's not that bad. It's not, that, you know, I think that works that way with anything. Well, and it's important to note that we talked about how we then 
you know, because we had so much shame attached to intimacy before we got married, I had um, issues with, you know, just mentally being there for him in an intimate way. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think part of the justification was, well, my wife cringes when I touch her. Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> that's, that's so what a, am I supposed to do? When I was pregnant that's... with our first, I I broke something in him. Like, I really did because he's is touchy-feely, wanting to touch me all the time. Mm-hmm. I did not want to be touched mm-hmm. at all. I'm like, get away from me. I don't want your body here near me. So remember when want... we were talking about that stuff about Alexis being pregnant? <laughs> yeah. She's pre- pregnant. Yeah. I, uh, Nobody I'm hug pregnant. her if you see her. That's She's pregnant. Word, I just pregnant. made it. Crazy. Like hangry. Yeah. More like pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, that made him feel like he never recovered from that. It took years before I could get him to actively touch me mm-hmm. without my express invitation to touch me. See, yeah. I think that, I think that, um, if, that I, that's where I can identify with Travis. Cause I definitely, yeah. we, we definitely not, not through the pregnancy period. I don't yeah. know what was wrong with you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely felt that that was just that whole thing that we talked about. I, yeah. She just hated me. <laughs> that definitely drove me away from like any kind yeah. of intimate fee- and a lot of things. So I definitely understand that. And that yeah, can so, happen. and I mean, there's a reason the Bible tells you like be available. For Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's why so, this whole so chapter. Created, for, created, because all of us who have messed that up, we're <laughs> like, yeah, this is why you don't do that. Exactly. Both within our marriage. And this is so vital to a healthy marriage created this vicious cycle mm-hmm. of, um, I didn't want him to touch me while I was, pregnant and then afterwards he was like afraid to touch sure add on i had a history of sexual abuse which then kind of there were other mental issues that went so then he was afraid to like well is she gonna think this or she be thinking of that and then he brings in that and it's just like and then i'm like well am i not attractive yeah i felt so ugly i felt so just like, of course he would, because why would he want to see He's going this? and doing this because what yeah. you are is not what he wants to right. see. And so I was just, you know, and I think that's where I, I, I might have even, that's where I started threatening. Like, it wasn't because of that that I threatened divorce, but I think that made me feel more free to um, push him a little bit. And, and, and because I just wanted to devastate him. And I don't think I actively did it on purpose, but I think... Um, just subconsciously, but yeah, it's, so it was this this vicious cycle where, and for years and years and years, any intimacy that we Mm -hmm. had, I had to initiate with him. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting bitter about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it can't be my responsibility, man. Yeah. Like it's not odd. <laughs> like, do, do you think that so? And it wasn't helping me feel desired, right? To have right. to then, yeah. Like I remember one time, I like I never. You guys know I never wore dresses or anything, and I we had that specifically, conversation. Specifically, like dressed up in like a really cute short dress and everything. He walks in the door, has no acknowledgement whatsoever that I look different at all. I ended up laying on the couch crying and he felt like crap afterwards because of course I wasn't <laughs> going to keep that to myself. Oh yeah, you're going to let him know <laughs> yeah. what he did wrong. <laughs> and he felt awful. 
but I just was like, man. And so it was just, it's this, this vicious cycle of I didn't do things right. He didn't do things right. And then we're going. And so we're like not connecting and we're missing each other and, and all of these different things. And, um, then of course he starts then pulling closer to God. I now have been not walked away. I still believed everything, but you're not doing, but I was just not not living the life. I was so done. Um, I didn't want to change. And you almost didn't believe like my change. Right. You're you're like skeptic. You're like, yeah. Is this for real? I don't don't believe you. Well, because my benchmark was having a husband who would pray with me. Yeah. And if he's not doing (laughs) that, then so I, yeah. So this was a, a time of growth in just, um, you know, getting over the porn addiction that was definitely by God's grace, uh, and then moving on into that was uh, the very next within months. Uh, I want to say two months. Like even though my addiction to video games had definitely lessened, the more and more I grew closer to Christ, the less and less I wanted to. But I still found myself trying to justify times. Well, I got a few hours here and there. Um, but and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I actually was bitter about the amount of time that he was spending studying because it was like he would come home the time he was available and it was that was my problem with the video gaming is that I never got to spend any time with him and so then he's studying and then when he's not studying he's playing video games yeah so then I'm like equally mad so you and hate and this the is studying. why Paul you says hate. I would spare yeah. you these troubles <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's this exact reason right here so yeah I think um, you know so I'm just like this big old mess of just frustration because again you're still wanting to be the everything yeah. in his life oh yeah and h- here he is distracted by you know studying god's word and video yeah, games. i want to be important to somebody right yeah. Yeah. and i think i just never really felt important to anybody mm-hmm. and thought like well i'm gonna get married and i'll find my guy and then he'll do all of that for me and then which is basically just the summary of you're not right with jesus right at this and point. i had built up this whole um fairy tale of, of what that guy would be for me. And I'm like, here it is. I prayed for this guy and God gave me the guy. I firmly believe that he was it. And so he was supposed to be X, Y, Z and yeah. here he's over with the ABC. And, and I'm like, like wrong. That's not what I <laughs> Travis, wanted. Do better. <laughs> it was, it was. Yeah. Well, I was still, it was still part of the sanctifying process. And, uh, so again, a similar situation, I think I had woken up early on a Sunday morning and like, just, played that the same game that I had played the night before or something uh, and just feeling sick. Like, why? Why am I doing this? Like, I've already been freed from this pornography addiction. And, uh, but the game, the gaming was still just deep rooted. <coughs> and again, it was another point of just being broken. And it, and it was more so the fact like, Lord, you died for me. And yet here I am wasting my time on this. Just, like what is the point why why am i doing this and so it was another sense of brokenness and again i remember getting on my knees in tears uh and just crying out to god god take this from me and again it was just another sense of that peace just overwhelming peace and it, and, and what's funny is it was on a i think it was on a disc that i had to play on or something and it's almost like a like a duh moment where just peace and calmness came over me immediately you know tears were, were dried almost instantly and it's like oh 
oh, okay, I just need to stop now. <laughs> like, just it was the weirdest feeling. And I just went over, you opened up it. the discs, snapped the discs, took all my games, broke yeah. them off, threw them in the trash. My wife didn't even know. And, and it was wow. like for over a week or something. And then you're like, I think we had a moment of free time or something. Kaylin went down for a nap. And you're like, are, are you going to play your games? And I'm like, oh, no, I stopped that now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? You're like, wait, so, yeah. again, what? Yeah, but yeah. It, was, it was broken. Now, I will, I will admit, so a handful of times I have gotten into a game and then the more I got into it, it's just, just sickness. Like, just, yeah. ugh, I don't... And so I... It, like, I you would go get another video game no. or no, something like, like that? I think somebody bought me one a few years later. Mm. It was a very... It was a marine... It was like a military tactical game, if you remember that. And it was all just based on, like, tactics and, and uh, knowing it. And so, to me, it was like feeding that marine mm-hmm. combat. Oh, yeah, I know all yeah. about this. And, yeah. Uh, but I think after I played it for... About a month, I was just like, ugh, I, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah, well, and then after that, it was magic. Yeah, I did. Oh, those get were the cards, right? Because yes, you Alan, did that with Alan. That? Yeah. I heard tell you stories. About Thanksgiving. I heard stories. Oh, man. When we were we'll living in our apartment, and once we got to North Carolina, um, I'm sitting here trying to make like Thanksgiving dinner, and they're having a stinking card game. So my brother and your husband. Yeah, and he's already <laughs> unavailable all the time because he's working all the time. And I keep like... Well, we didn't even get to the part of your testimony of you moving back here We yet. will, but like... <laughs> yeah, we're already back She's here. upset no, right no, now. No, Hold no, on. I, I know. So I, <laughs> and I actually tried really hard a few times to be like, hey, are we going to do this? I ended up crying and locking myself in the bedroom. I, I think was the like, version of the again. story that I heard from my brother was, yeah, Lex went really nuts and it got yeah, weird for a yeah, minute. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I just felt, and it, it was to me, video gaming all over again. Yeah. Because just it had been months and months and months of him playing this. We would go over to friends' house to have dinner. Because your friends were, you guys husband, all, that was like a thing for a he while. He and the husband would play. Yeah. And me and the wife would go talk, and I would have to, like, it's kind of like trying to get him to leave here, except <laughs> I can't really get mad here because they're well, always talking about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, now it's, it's like, dang it. Right. Well, and it, so this and fed into the phase, though. you didn't want to acknowledge. No, you're right. that it was. Well, because it, to me, it was like, well, it's not a It's not a video game, game so it's but fine. But in the same it's way, it became, yeah, a bit of an addiction. But, but was there a heart, would you, would you, I know you said that God took both of these things from you, between the pornography and the video gaming mm. addiction. Would you say that one was more difficult than the other to continue on without? My question was going to be, I bet, did one, did you notice that one led to the other? You're getting on the, usually you're getting on the same type of, Uh, your your same laziness and excuse goes to, to why you're looking at pornography. Well, so, so the idleness certainly could, I would say that. So, uh, yeah, if gaming at late night and then done with the game, it's like, well, what else do you do? Yeah. So I would say in a way that did lead into that, but because I know being playing video games late and and paying attention and and I know this led to many, um, many problems in our own marriage from for in a completely different way <laughs> um, than that. But and I wasn't addicted like that. I just went through this period where I, from my perspective, the video gaming was worse. Really, to to um, move to, because he did that daily. Yeah, it was all consuming. hours yeah. a day. Yeah, it was always so where he would but, have gaps, of and that's time. kind of what I thought your yeah. answer would be. But I find that interesting that I think most people would assume the other way, the other way around. So that's where I think it's interesting to note 
that that wasn't the case. And I will say just from my perspective as the other person who felt wronged by these two things, that they were equally devastating. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, I would not say that the pornography, it caused its own issues sure, in different and it ways, was yeah. devastating, but I think that the emotional just, it was just so drawn out emotionally with this video gaming. It was a daily fight yep. for years. five years, yeah. four years between oh, us. Wow. Yeah. Even when we were getting to know each other, he would be sitting there on the phone with me. And he would have long periods of silence because he's getting to know me while he's playing a video game. Yeah. And I would try and get off the phone with him, and he wouldn't want to get me to get off the phone with him. And I'm like, but why am I here? You're not doing it. But yeah, like he literally, and in both. one way, it's sweet yeah. because wanted, he's like, I, I just want both. your presence there. Like, I want to do my thing, and You're you like, just well, be I'm there. Just listening to you play Which video is games. interesting because now it drives him nuts because my thing is I want him to sit down and watch a movie with me. And he's like, well, why do we, like, I'm not talking to you. I'm like, I just want you there. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so that, but ultimately, that. That desire was immediately broken in, t- in 2010. That was like, I want to say September time frame because Probably. it was right before, and this was another point that really hit, hit hard was, uh, so that I had just come off this little three-month deployment to Afghanistan. My buddy who had been with me the, the prior deployment when I went to Okinawa and went around and float, uh, he was my roommate. Well, he had been chasing the fight, um, and I would consider him like a good worldly friend, but not... I don't, I don't believe he knew Christ. His life didn't show it. He didn't really speak about it. Um, and yet I had so many opportunities to spend time with him. And yet it was wasted on worldly things. Mm-hmm. And so he had been chasing the fight, him and a couple of his friends. So they actually transitioned to a whole other battalion. I thought you would have ended up there, though, if you had declined... I probably would have. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's what's so interesting is that yeah. he would have yeah. ended up. They volunteered to move to three five when I was still within second in two five at the time, and uh, and so I just remember him coming up someday saying, "Yeah, we're on our way out. We're we're deploying," and I just shook his hand. Yeah, I'll see you when you get back. Um, he didn't come home. In fact, it was within two weeks he, he ended up dying. From he a, was killed on the anniversary of the day we met. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh. Um, yeah, it was October 16th or 15th. I think so, 16th, 16th, I think. And uh, it was it was just one of those moments where I was convicted. Mm. Where I said, again, like, how many opportunities, how much time has God given me? And yet, here it is. I had an entire deployment with this guy. We were roommates. And I can only count maybe a handful of times that I may have even spoken about Jesus. And yet, how many times did we go out drinking together? Mm. Did we play games, video games, a ton of video yeah. games, just things like that before that was all broken. And it's, and I think that's what really like drove me even harder to say, okay, the military is a mission field. Mm-hmm. Like this is the second person, second close friend I've lost that I cannot honestly say, yes, they knew the Lord and that they're sure. with Christ in, in heaven. When well, um, I remember that one was really hard. I still remember vividly the last time I saw this guy. It was funny because... I had been in our backyard once again trying to make grass grow. (laughs) We could not get grass in this like little plot of land that we had in this backyard. And I'm looking down and he comes and leans over the fence. It's the only time I ever talked to him one-on-one without Travis there. He's just like, hey, you know, is your hubby around? Yeah, that was his personality. He would always, you know, and I'm like, no, you know, he's out, you know, whatever. He's like, all right, yeah, I'm leaving again. I just found out I'm having a little girl. 
his oh. wife was pregnant. She had, and they, That's I mean, tough. that whole situation for me was so devastating on a number of levels because we were there um, after at their house. They just bought a house and a car and all these mm-hmm. things. We still, they actually live out here now. Really? And I've actually seen oh, wow. oh, yeah, yeah, her yeah. and the you daughter. Told me. That's right. Um, a couple of times. She's so cute. Um, and th- for me, though, watching it was heart-wrenching because I really liked him. He's mm-hmm. the only person that he was ever deployed with that I was like, this guy is so sweet and he's mm-hmm. so awesome and like yeah. just a good guy. He was like that token best friend in the movie. He was. Yeah. And just he, a good he, time guy. Always want people to be on happy. Him. He, had he your was back dependable. Um, and he was so excited about being a dad. Yeah. And here we had our two year old and mm. I was like watching his wife going, how easy could it be for this to be me? Yeah. Right. And so on the one hand, I was just devastated anyway. But on the other hand, I was so terrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was sure every time he deployed, he would not come home. But that was so that was my sixth deployment in Afghanistan. Being back from that, that October uh, 2010, that happened. Well, and in the middle of all this, he had been trying to do um, this program called the MESET program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, I'd still determined I was going to stay in the Marine Corps, right? But now as I grew further or closer and closer to Christ, I was like, well, okay, I, I guess I can still make this work. This is a mission field, but I want to, um, uh, you know, I don't want to be a drill instructor and I don't want to do recruiting because both of them take you away from your family So this constantly. was in 2010, Yeah, you said? And so the year before we moved out yeah. here. Okay, I'm and just trying so to think of where we are in this business. Yeah, before that Afghan in deployment, 10. that short stint, um, I had put together a package for the MESET program. And again, this is where God and sometimes what's that program? closes what doors. That? So it, I would have been still fully enlisted, f- still collecting a, a paycheck, everything, as if coming into duty in uniform. But at the same time, I would actually be an active student at a university. Okay. And my job would have been to train up other students who had no military background, but would be going in as officers. Mm. Gotcha. So essentially okay. I'm like pre-training them, gotcha. you know, working them out in the mornings, teaching them drill, teaching them history, things like that to like, so it guaranteed he would to be, be a better officer. Regular office hours. Gotcha. Um, and so it was very, but with the paycheck and all of the things, yeah. very, very gotcha. appealing to us. And actually you tried twice so to do it before that yeah I, kept, I didn't know how he had i would have his letter of recommendation still he had glow people wanted this for him so mm-hmm. bad he needed a certain number of college credits so in the middle of all this he had been taking he tried college taking classes. online college courses one once or twice well we'll get to that so once but um well you had you had already done that i well i'd one. done the pack so what happened was i got my package together it. and Ian, this was when i got home that january uh, yeah. 2010 and then deployed again March I think it was really soon it, but essentially even my time off I was actually going in to put together my package uh, before I d- did this quick deployment and with the education May. officer and I got signed off on it but while I was in country right um, I my first sergeant actually notified me he goes I've got bad news essentially he goes yeah you were you were signed off essentially it was all good but we had been waiting on the next year's release of the requirements. And so based on 2009's release, I was sworn I was good. Like, and they were like, I don't know how you wouldn't get it. But, but come 2010, they said, well, unfortunately, they've had a lot of military fail out of the program because they didn't have the, the education mindset. They went, you know, 
from high school thinking school's easy, they yeah. couldn't couldn't handle a, a solid study workload. They thought it would be a party so had life. to have college credits. So right. then they said, yeah, you, you don't meet requirements because you have to have 16 college credits. You can't have tested into it. It literally had been you have spent time in college and passed – basically a full semester's worth so and i'm like i've never that. been to college yeah so they they offered of me coming back from afghanistan they offered right. me okay we're going to bring you into the headquarters platoon in a line company which is still infantry company but essentially i'm more like an administrator keeping together those within the company that kind of help keep the company running so you have your three platoons that are your war fighters essentially and then the headquarters unit that controls it all so they they said, we'll, we'll make you the platoon sergeant. You'll go on this next deployment, but we'll help you whatever you got to do to get your college in. So I'll say, okay. So I'm like 16 credits. That's hard to do while another workup again. So leaving for basically leaving Monday night or leaving Monday morning, coming home Friday night, stinky, dirty, smelling, all that. Uh, spending very little time, you know, uh, Saturday Is and Sunday with family. Is that the one where you got in trouble and then they made you move there? That was squad That leaders. was before. That was squad leaders, Never mind. That's a whole other thing. It's a yeah. whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, <laughs> but essentially, <clears throat> and then going to the field, taking these classes, and I did a U.S. history too, so no college credits before. It was an eight-week accelerated course while training the – Good yeah. I mean, I was up till minimally 11 o'clock at night coming home when I could. I was studying in the field. I, I passed it with flying colors, got like a 92 percentile. And then I'm thinking about, I'm like, I'm going to have to take two classes simultaneously while the buildup is even greater. Oh my and then gosh. another one just before the next deployment to meet requirements. I was like, this is impossible. But we had still planned on you doing it. And we then the following year, they increased it again. <laughs> no, no, no. At this point, I would okay. already, the 16 was the increase that totally broke it. Okay. I said, There's, it's just not going to happen. So I realized, all right, Lord, apparently you don't want this to be the case. You're going to kill so, yourself yeah. trying to... I just remember it was twice that it's like he tried and then something happened and then he tried again and then it was the credit thing and he was like, what? this door keeps getting closed yeah. Yeah. and there was no reason for it to be. He was a perfect yes. candidate. Right. So, but again, that was the Lord's hand in moving us this direction. Well, so that last deployment, essentially I'd gone to the uh, Pastor Mike Reed at Calvary Chapel Oceanside and I wanted to get more and more involved in, in service. Now that I was, you know... Essentially, I felt getting into the word. I was really getting into apologetics, really. And I, looking back, I wish I'd spent more time literally just in the word instead of defending the word mm -hmm. kind of deal because there, sometimes there's a difference. But um, so like learning all the sciences and stuff and how it right. tied into scripture. Um, but I grew in that. And I remember I went to him and I said, I really wanted to help serve in the church. I didn't know where to begin. I felt like I wanted to be part of the youth ministry. I said, but being an active Marine, I have no time. And infantry, I'm like, I'm I never really want to do this stuff, <laughs> so but I have no time to do it. I told him, I said, I want to teach the Bible when I deploy. On my next deployment, I'm going to put everything aside. I simply just want to teach the Bible, and I just want to teach through a book, kind of like what you guys do. And he goes, oh, good. What, what book do you have in mind? And I said, Romans. And he just laughed at me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you're serious. And I said, <laughs> yeah. And it, that was the, uh, you know, I always want the greatest challenge <laughs> mindset. Like, <laughs> give me like, the hardest really? book there is. So he, you know, after chuckling, he goes, well, <laughs> he goes, well, we'll certainly pray over this. He goes, and I'll give you some resources. Um, I think he gave me a book by Philip Hughes, I believe was the name. Just kind of like a exp exposition. Ex I can't ever say that word. Expository. Expository. Yeah, there you teaching go. Teaching through it, but he was, you know, going through it. And 
So I was like, all right, I'm committed to this, right? I just lost my uh, a second friend. I'm still in this fight kind of deal. I'm realizing more and more the military is a mission field. Right. And so, you know, I can't, I can't just not deploy. So yeah. basically... Make the All best right. of it. Wife, child, I love y'all, but I'm away again for another minimally six months. And it was another, it happened to be another MEW, which is Marine Expeditionary Unit, where we travel by ship and essentially go to different countries. And we were in Okinawa, stationed over there. I think that time we actually flew and then sailed out of Okinawa. It was something like that. Um, but I made it my goal that every moment I got of free time, I was in the Bible. I had already, again, the Lord had taken away video games. And, of course, there was plenty of that on ship. And I just, I mean, there were so many times where I would just be in the Word and people were, like, stepping around me. And we're there 130 of us crammed in this. So you got four beds stacked on top of each other. <laughs> where If you turn shoulders, like, stepped on your side, your shoulder would be rubbing the, the bed above you. Uh, just real tight spaces. But perfect environment, really, to grow and yeah. to begin evangelizing. Um, so I began my trek of trying to uh, and anytime that the chapel was open uh, i was in there every night so except i think so except sundays and i believe except wednesdays so every other day i was in there for an hour and ultimately teaching just beginning at romans 1 1 and all the way through and i got through about uh the seventh <laughs> chapter um and i just remember and then going through um Oh, there was another apologetics group. I forget what it was called. The, the Truth Project, I think, mm -hmm. just really enhanced, again, my apologetics. So that was a time of great growth. I saw, uh, you know, I was up till 2, 3 in the morning debating Marines, <laughs> <laughs> really, like, so just over the Bible. And, uh, and yet I, I also got to see just how, how, hard it is when when we think we are the catalyst when we think you know yeah god calls us to go and make disciples we are called to proclaim god's word but a lot of times we then take it upon ourselves that well if i didn't say the right thing or i didn't yep. do this you know you just plant seeds because i learned the hard way that like for one one younger guy uh, i spoke to him for over two hours had given him the full gospel had explained truth all these things to him literally uh, uh, at the end of it i'm just like what do you have left but to profess christ and turn to him mm -hmm. you know repent and turn and he it, with like tears welling up in his eyes he he knows the truth it's just hit him in the face and he goes but i can't <laughs> and that was one of those moments where i'm just like what do you mean what like, do you mean you can't what do you mean you can't yeah he's like i i, I don't i don't want to do that right now hmm <laughs> Like, no, what you, like it just it was heartbreaking yeah I'm like and i but then you see free will <laughs> look you yeah, see that you have just, we don't like to believe that we have that choice to well, choose like, well we we, we I choose think it sin actually that's, choose, that's what yeah, i mean we, yeah but that's the thing is he he was so caught up in his sin that he just he wasn't ready to let it go yeah and it's like yeah. oh goodness lord please um so you know i i grew immensely in that time period um I would say there was definitely fruit, at least three guys I can think of that really kind of turned in that whole process. Um, in fact, one of them was uh, a, another fellow sergeant who every moment he got would just throw slander my way. Like he, he elevated himself so much by just trying to put me down. It's like he saw me as his arch enemy, even though it's like, okay, oh, we're in the same guy? company. 
Yeah, I forget his name. He was another sergeant. Doesn't matter. um, And I remember being in Cambodia, right? And I had uh, I had volunteered. It was like a Saturday night. We had just finished our training with their military, uh, and I had offered to teach at the next morning's chapel in Cambodia because nobody else was really there, and the chaplain there was kind of flaky. But um, so he had offered to let me teach, and I remember I was just doing a study on Christ. And um, so we had finished our dinner with the Cambodian military. I went off to my own, back to our little barracks building, sitting out on the on the <clears throat> little table, and essentially just Bible in hand and writing down notes and, and reading through Scripture. And he comes and sits across from me, and he's just like, I got to give you credit, man. You're <laughs> like, you hold to your word. Like, you, you haven't stopped this whole time <laughs> and you know he was about probably two beers in but he's st- at least he still had his mental yeah, capacity there yeah. um and he just it was just the weirdest conversation and it, i mean we talked about abortion and different things and why I held a firm stance against it you, you know even in cases of rape and stuff and he's just like i don't get it that's weird yeah. and i said because of life and us being created in god's image and it was one of those points where he's just like wow and so I actually gave him one of my Bibles. I always had multiple. So I gave him one of my Bibles. And I said, yeah, listen, you just need to read through this. Well, he took that literal, which, I mean, you should. But yeah. So we went back on ship. And every day he started coming to me. He read through the entire Bible in like less than three weeks. Oh, my oh, gosh. Wow. I mean, every waking moment. I mean, I see him over there in just nothing but shorts. And he's got Bible on his chest reading. And he'd come over to me every couple hours and be like, oh, did you know this? Or like, what? I don't get this. What does this mean? I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> You're literally reading You're like, the whole thing right now. Would you please stop reading Leviticus, please? <laughs> like, just get out. <laughs> but, but he just poured over it. And it was amazing, amazing how he just turned. He stopped slandering, you know me. And then That's there was amazing. like this level of respect that just came. They're like, oh, like this guy's for real. Wow. And wow. so, you know, praise the Lord that. that, <laughs> that I feel so bad because here he's like, you know, gaining so much respect on these deployments and meanwhile i'm like at home yeah. not being respectful <laughs> at all like i i don't want to hear it i don't care um like i tore him to shreds so many times verbally where i was just like i do not want to hear what you have to say right now yeah i mean i can think of some statements that really cut was like but the the Marine, you're married the to the Marine Corps and I'm your mistress kind of deal. Okay, well, that came before all of this and just kind of <laughs> stuck. But really, In a when sense, you yeah. the military believes that the wife is the mistress, yeah. Yeah. The, they, they actively try. Anytime someone wants to get married, you're supposed to go tell somebody in command that you want to get married. And they're supposed to spend like an ample amount of time trying to tell you why it's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like legitimately, yeah. that is what they do. Hey, so did Paul. <laughs> so that but like different people being at the center so right. paul had yeah. christ at the center and yeah, the military right. has yeah. the military at the center yeah so it's, and i did i legitimately felt like i didn't have a husband i just had a guy that came and and there was a lot of you know i had a way i liked doing things and and it wasn't all bad like we you know we learned how to the other thing is is we were so young oh yeah we were so young when we did this that I feel like 
We both grew up in our marriage like you guys did. But the difference is, is that he would leave for huge chunks of time. So we're growing up separately and changing his people. And then, coming and then back he together. would come home and be a completely different person. And I would be a different person. And you have to start I mean, all sure, over again. certain things are the same. But yeah, you have to start all over. In some ways, that was really good and probably actually made us last. Mm-hmm. Because we had to be aware that we had to devote that time. But then, you know, the flip side of it is, is that there is also this underlying sense of I felt abandoned and I would blame him for being gone all the time, which was not in his control, (laughs) completely ignoring, aware of, but ignoring the fact that the whole reason he's doing this is because we got married and had a kid. Yeah. That you wanted to have. The whole (laughs) point was was health insurance. Yeah. And a steady paycheck. And I knew that. I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't care because I wanted to have all all of it. I yeah. wanted to have the health insurance and the steady paycheck and I wanted to feel like his number one priority. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I didn't feel that way. And then he would um then I would get upset because he was here he is learning all of these things for the first time. Where I grew up knowing a lot of so these like, things. Yeah, 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 I know. And I, and I think I probably came off that way. I don't think I meant to every time. But he would be like, did you know that the Bible says this? Like, yeah. And after a while, I'm like, well, yeah. And then he would try to teach me things, things that I already knew. And then I would, instead of, I didn't see it for what it was, him trying to do what he felt he needed to do as mm-hmm. my husband. I saw it as him judging me for not being in my word all the time Mm. and assuming that I don't know anything. And so treating me like a child when it came to biblical knowledge, when I felt like I have this biblical knowledge already that you're giving me and I don't need you to teach it to me where he's taking all of that and he's going, she doesn't respect me. She doesn't want to hear anything I have to say. And that set just this whole foundation for a whole new set of Which is interesting. So now you guys have come so far from no church, no Bible, addictions, issues, all of these problems to you've given those up. You've given your life to Christ. Oh, he did all the things I wanted. That's what I'm saying. That's what's so (laughs) interesting, right? And so we look at the two sides of the story of like completely over here with really big issues, then totally flipped around. And yeah, I felt like it was really big because I filled the void. Yeah. But what did I fill the void with? TV shows. Yeah. Books, yeah, movies, friends, worldly shopping, I worldly. You, I don't know if you listened to Sherry's um, podcast that we did about weaning from weaning I yourself yet, from but the I world. Really ha- it's really That's good. the exact same yeah. thing that Sherry said, and she's in the same position. She, her husband was also deployed and, and went yeah. through the whole thing. But filling the gap is is a is yeah. a phrase that she used to fill. Um, this, this time period and it is so true. You have to. And the thing is, is, is what's interesting about that. And I bet she can totally relate to this is people go, oh, well, you know, in most marriages, both spouses work. And so you only get minimal hours per day. So really it's just those hours that you're filling. No, it's 24 hours. Mm -hmm. I would sleep for two hours here and two hours there at a time for the first two weeks he was gone. And then, yeah, I had a kid, but she couldn't talk or give me adult conversation. And so it literally was, and I had a neighbor that I became very close with. She's still one of my closest friends that I would, we would like take baby monitors to each other's houses and stay up until two, three o'clock in the morning and then get up at seven. We're in our early twenties. We can totally do this and yeah, not it doesn't feel work it anymore. <laughs> it doesn't work at all anymore. We tried, um, you know, so, but yeah, that you're filling, it's not just a couple hours. 
it's everything because you feel on this huge like exponential level that your whole world is shaken when they leave Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if you've been fighting or if everything wasn't perfect this is your person this is the other half of you and they are now gone and it's like operating without a limb Mm -hmm. and it you know it's very hollow trying to parent and knowing that I can't ask him everything that he wants and so trying to make decisions that I think he would want me to make and telling myself well I mean that's the best I can do right now so there's a lot of emptiness there's a lot of emptiness and the thing is is I couldn't um you know, even though I still, I was backslidden, I still had my fundamentals and, and what I, I had lines. And so I couldn't, I didn't really try to make friends with other military wives because there's this cheating culture mm-hmm. within the military. And there's this culture of just, they get married for an education or a paycheck or different things. And anybody who says that that doesn't happen doesn't pay attention oh, because yeah. it totally it does. does. Um, it's It's insane how it happens and, and meanwhile we're young but we have a kid and so we're on a street full of partiers we've got you know so it's all of these things so I literally had my two next door neighbors and that's it no family um you and I had kind of started chatting again like a little bit here and there um but it was it was very lonely it, it what sucked. now is this the time that you started thinking about moving yeah so this coming off the next yeah. last deployment was yeah. uh, that was early or early to mid when he finally realized the up was not going to happen yeah. I'd, I'd kind of turned that off and i said you know what i don't i don't want to go again drill instructor or recruitment officer so i said well i guess at this point it's just time to end my military career eight years of active duty nine total time with the one year inactive reserve um and and that's when uh you know she had gone to me and just said i want to go east coast Mm-hmm. Well, at and first it was, I don't want to go back right. to, I don't Texas. Go to Texas. So she started looking. We tried that before. It didn't work well for us. Um, and, and I don't want to stay here. I remember when Heidi told me that she started talking to you again. I was like, what? I know. I talked weird. to Alexis in like, I don't know, Lex years. was the first person I told that I was pregnant with Lily. Well, because I remember mm-hmm. we had um, a pretty detailed conversation about like she wanted another baby and, and mm-hmm. all of the And we had struggled and with infertility and yeah, all this stuff. Was um, awful. And so I had been coming off. Remember I had that medical background yeah. right? Um, where I went to school and became a medical mm-hmm. assistant. And one of the thing, my mom was a women's health. Yeah. And so I was very um, involved right. in knowing about how all of that worked. And so I remember, and I don't even remember how we reconnected. Probably Facebook, honestly. Yeah. It was probably like, MySpace back then. <laughs> Facebook because we were in it the uh, yeah. yeah we were in the big house oh, yeah that's so right. yeah we had we had talked and then I we had a lot we were looking at Alaska mm-hmm. Montana like random places because I I just wanted to go somewhere the military didn't send me yeah and we couldn't stay in California <laughs> because the school that was when they had started talking about changing the curriculum mm-hmm. for the kids at a kindergarten level. Um, to a more liberal agenda, and we we didn't want that. And homeschool wasn't a thing for me then, so it was she was going to be in public school. 
um, and Texas hadn't worked. So it was, where can we go? And then I think I had posted something on you Facebook did, yeah. where I talked about wanting, I want to be somewhere where I can have barbecues and do all the Four Seasons. And Heidi's like, I know where you can find those. And then within months, we were out here visiting. Yeah. Yep. yeah. In fact, when I got home from that deployment, yeah. my month of time where I could have left, yep. I instead of just spending that at home... There, we actually flew out here to yep. come visit. Yeah, we yeah. brought Kaylin to, that. I think, your parents. Didn't you guys come to the race? Yeah. Did you guys come? Yeah, yeah you, you guys That's came when to you were race. still working yeah, at the racetrack right. or something. Yeah, you were still that's at the right. uh, So that was, we, you know, we came out and we drove around and um, he wanted me to tell him what, what to do because up to a certain point I was always the one that was like this is what I want and the he wanted to give me what I wanted in our life that we met just by yeah. saying that it's so weird to like come so, get back together so it's funny because um, I wanted to be out here right. but I refused to say what I wanted because mm-hmm. I knew that if I chose where we went that God wouldn't bless it and so I told Travis this is the one thing I did right where I was like, I can't make a decision on this level. You have to make it. I will support whatever it is you want to do, which I'm sure terrified him because I was like, had a history of flaying him alive when he <laughs> did, did he? something I <laughs> Well, in the thought of moving cross country to a place that we really had only been for a yeah. few weeks at most. Uh, was terrifying because we're so well, far away. Well, and poor you because you don't know us. Right. Like, she, like you, yeah. you were at our wedding that we realized Brandon yeah. doesn't really remember. Yeah. And then that one time <laughs> of getting to meet us. But essentially, well, like, that you don't know us. Yeah. Like That's she does. funny that you brought that up, though, because our wedding and then the moment when you guys first came back out here to visit. Yeah. Like, in our personal, like, even in my personal life, those two moments are, like, two of the craziest life change. Like, I was going through the craziest mindset in both of those situations when you guys were like trying to it's like i don't remember anything else (laughs) yeah it's just weird like coming together like that how it changes a path or changes a course or a thought process or things so yeah we um ultimately decided north carolina was gonna be it and i just remember how biblically focused you were at that time Uh because lex every time we talked she was looking at what seminaries are in North Carolina. What's yeah, out here? He what's up that you know? And those were, things. that's also yeah. what kind of led into it was we knew there was a lot kind of just in this general area of North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, some decent ones. And so, um, you know, that certainly got us out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, w- and, and even just getting out here, that was God's grace and blessing mm-hmm. because we didn't really have the money to get out here. Yeah. And yet the crazy program of your car being 20 years old like i just turned 20 years old like the day that it was due and all this i was able to to drive out and get my car certified my old bm my 90 yeah so california had an emissions buyback program where if your car was a certain age they would um buy it from you for a couple thousand dollars it was like 1500 bucks um and so you had to fill out this paperwork and we had been waiting to get our approval for it and um it literally was the day we were leaving. We were loading up the car and we checked the mail one last time. We got the paperwork the day we left. <laughs> it was like the Friday before. But oh we my but God. it meant the day we left we had to go take the car to we the place. We needed the paperwork. We got the paperwork on the way out. No, I well, I remember specifically like we got the letter that Friday. The place closed in like 3 yeah. hours. It was like 2 hours away. Oh so my I'm driving gosh. like as <laughs> <laughs> like trying to get up there yeah bmw to, will to, go. to get 
get it signed off and I get there, you know, with like 45 minutes to spare. They sign it off. I'm like, thank you, Lord. And then I knew like, okay, we're leaving Monday. Our, our stuff is packed. Our, the truck with our stuff is literally. That's what it was. It was the last possible day yeah. we could do it because we were leaving Monday morning. Yeah. Cause we still had to take Same the car. Same thing though. We still, yeah. and so we were even talking like my parents were in New Mexico at the time. Like we might have to stop and be at my parents. Like, I don't know, I guess maybe we'll be in New Mexico now. Like yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, but it, ultimately that was the money we needed to get out here. And then we knew, like, some of the money for the move was going to be, like, we still owed 700 bucks or something to pay off the yeah. truck, remember? Mm -hmm. And so we get out there, and the guy delivers it and all he this stuff. He chose not to charge us. But, yeah, wow. like, a That's month amazing. later he ends up calling me. He's like, or I called them his number. Yeah. And I was like, I still haven't gotten a bill for you. And he's like, well, you know, you guys were the last ones on the truck. I actually got paid by all like four other households or something, you know. Don't worry about it. Wow. It's like wow. Yeah. He says that yeah. right. And then like, yeah. yeah. So because getting established out here was definitely difficult, you know. Immediately I was able to get a job with CPI Security, uh, but that led into uh, you know trying to find a, a church home. So there was a Calvary Chapel out here at the time. It, I mean, still is. Did you guys I move straight to your... I don't remember. Did you guys stay with us for a while? Like, I think for a night or two. Yeah, we... They just needed it to be... Just a we did days. stay with you temporarily, but I, I don't remember how many days. It was like a few days. Yeah, and yeah, then for a while, like, yeah. you kind of went back and forth a little bit, yeah. just with getting everything put together, but we weren't, what, my yeah, life was like, our lives at this time when you guys were coming back, yeah, our we're lives insane. were like in the process of shattering at this point. But we lived what, like... no. Right. You guys had no idea. I don't know. Well, if we fully understood. We didn't fully understand <laughs> at the time. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it we lived what, like ten minutes away. Yeah. I mean, you guys were right down the road. Which, thank goodness, we don't live in that area anymore. Have you guys seen it? It's oh, nuts. It's a, the I last mean, time I, I drove years, through there to do circus. a wedding, I was like, I don't even know where I, I, got, I am. Can you believe it? I got lost there a couple weeks ago. I believe it because I pulled out and I mapped my way. Anything, yeah, and I'm like, wait, nuts. their house was. Yeah. That's not what. And you only live like half an hour, like from there, because they finally finished the 485. Anyway, that's like not relevant to what. We're talking about but so we get um, out here and, and you were anti-calvary chapel though because at the time well at the time you were not you wanted to find someone that you 100 agreed on every right. single so theological this, uh, thing and we had yeah. been fighting about that because i was like if you find a guy you agree with 100 percent of the time run because you're idolizing him <laughs> yeah. so um, and he disagreed with me on principle because right. i wasn't so here's the problem i had a lot of valid points with things because he's but still you were grown. crazy so what well, wasn't that it was that <laughs> <laughs> I I would say, hey, here's this. For example, don't only listen to one person. Don't Absolutely, listen yeah. to. And he would completely disregard anything I had to say because he didn't see me in the word daily because yeah. I wasn't living the way that I was supposed to. But where fundamental things that you learned being yeah. raised in the church and in Christian schooling and things like that, you're like, I know these. These are like one-on-one things and that I know you like, didn't well, get. And he was like, well, show me biblically where it says this. And I was like, it's in there. Go figure it out, buddy. <laughs> so so I guess to back up to explain kind of that. So that last deployment, um, part of when I was teaching on ship and everything, um, I also ended up joining a uh, a bible study out in kintown okinawa which is it was like local i mean i guess it was like americans that kind of just decided to retire there and they had a bible study <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because like they actually had high-speed internet when we had like grudgingly <laughs> slow and we paid more than they did it was ridiculous. <laughs> it, yeah but so i would go to that every i think it was like every wednesday night or something when i would when i could and that's where i got challenged on some points 
and kind of really began in the, I would say, the Reformed Doctrines of Grace mm-hmm. field. And that's what kind of led into, I had a, like a two-week just like breaking moment where I'm just every night like, ah, I don't understand this, and it's Romans 9, and I'm going, <laughs> and so I'm going through it. Um, and I remember uh, that led me to just start listening to um, teaching by R.C. Sproul. <laughs> so then when we get out here, part of my drive time began just listening through R.C. Sproul sermons and really like the holiness of God. And I thought it was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm going through that. But that's where I'm like, I don't get it. But he talks different than this last guy. And yeah. and there was just like kind of this like it's a bad word to say reform. And so that's yeah. what kind of led into that. And so it was it was a growing process. And then I remember I flipped from R.C. Sproul to John MacArthur when they did the baptism debate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're and like, right oh, off the bat, John is like, yeah, it's not in the Bible. And <laughs> like, oh, goodness. And I'm listening, and yeah, I was like, yeah, he actually gave a better biblical argument. He so did. the he whole time, it on we hadn't really been established in a, in a solid church. We tried the few around here. Yep. Mech <laughs> and, <laughs> okay, and nice. those, if you Which remember. we dragged Heidi to Mech. Yeah, we, we did. Her, or did you tell us? Doesn't matter. I mean, at first we time. thought it was good, but then when yeah. we really started we listening, too. yeah, there was some concerning There's things. There's a lot of concerning stuff that yeah. comes out. I do remember the one time I was listening to it online and you had gone and he had said something in the online one. And I was like, I'm going to hear my husband's voice <laughs> shouting. He said, he said that the flood was local. Yes. Well, no, I remember that one. And I was waiting. I was like, I'm going to hear my husband stand up and start shouting on this. He gave his all whole argument I did on the turn local about red, but yeah. essentially what the, what, yeah, I walked out, um, was, uh, when he basically beginning with that, because they were doing a series on answering questions. Well, they had totally gone the world in evolution and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And essentially, yeah, you like the Bible really isn't scientific is what he said. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm sitting in my seat turning purple, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and I'm like, do I outburst in. or not? Like, and I'm just looking around and nope. And everybody's just like, oh yeah, okay. And so I was done. That was it. That was the last time I was there. So I'm, I'm in this growth struggle, right? Because it's like, I'm trying to find a solid teacher, but I, and you were getting really mad I was about mad. Mm-hmm. not finding a good church. Yeah. And we had kind of done this, this, roundabout and then we found elevation didn't work out for you yeah i did four <laughs> weeks at elevation and i listen i tried i remember we did a house i went one time one and time. i refused to go back he, i made him go back by himself i was like i ain't doing it well I can't. yeah and that was the that was the sunday night i think one of the ones where i went was where like, they had the screen come yeah out of where the floor. i'm like yeah. there's like maybe 80 90 people instead of this huge massive crowd and then it's like the screen just comes up from the stage and then they literally play the video of what the sermon was earlier. <laughs> and I'm like, this is totally weird. Like, why am I at church watching this why is on this a screen? I like, can watch this at home on my screen. Right. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and everybody around me, too, is like, is this for real? Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely a time of, of struggle in that. But the Lord gave me a, a lot of travel time. So I, that's when I, I mean, it's not even jokingly, but I started pouring over John MacArthur sermons because yeah. he's teaching through the New Testament took 41 years and I just remember not remembering everything but just wow growing mm-hmm. he's he's diving into the history of these things and he's breaking it down and he refused really to explaining listen it. to anything but else. that was the point yeah. was it was like I just didn't want to I was like okay I agree with this guy I don't want to listen to anybody else I don't understand why how does anybody else have anything else different and wrong yeah. like well you know and you start playing those games in your mind like well do they actually have the Holy like, Spirit do they really know 
My yeah, favorite, yeah, you know, you start playing that, and you're like, oh, my favorite it's easy to line do that, I think. when we were fighting over something was, well, I guess John MacArthur says <laughs> he. It was that. Much. But you know what's funny is with spiritual maturity, you can even realize things that you like MacArthur yeah. says now, and you're like, ah, come on. Come on, yeah. come on. I don't well, know. But that's where she... And, and so the thing is, is again, I still, in the meantime, I have not, I think I've had bit fits and bursts of trying to read my Bible again, but I'm still not, um, you doing, know, doing yeah. anything or, you know, reading actively. And, but I still do have knowledge and I still do have instinct and I still do have, you know, a little bit of discernment there. And yeah. so... I would say things to him that I would know are right that he would disagree with just just because. You're like, well, now I'm going to fight and you because would, I know I'm right on this. And he would be like, well, you need to give me a biblical argument. And I'd be like, I know it's in there. I just can't tell you where. That doesn't mean I'm stupid. Like, I'm just not you. <laughs> and so then like a couple months would go by. And he would be telling me about this thing that Don MacArthur said <laughs> that basically agreed with what I had said that had caused this knockdown drag out <laughs> fight. And then I would start the fight all over again because I'm like, I was right. And like, oh, because John MacArthur said it all of a sudden. It's and it was Did you just have we John MacArthur's picture on like a dartboard no. somewhere in your house. <laughs> like when Travis walked away. Don't get me just wrong. Like I like John MacArthur. You, you didn't like his voice, though. I remember you telling me that. his voice drove me nuts because that's I all she just, ever heard <laughs> well one I had a, uh, my my grandfather was a pastor growing up and he was not a good one and he was not a good man yeah and so not my biological he was my step grandpa and they sounded similar yeah oh. so from just a visceral level it was a lot for me to get so, over so like you just started off it just I started just was off annoyed anyway yeah. um but then it was if he doesn't listen to someone else, and the irony of this is now, I think it's a subconscious thing on his part, but now you guys know his ringtone and his alarms, he'll take clips from different yeah. his pastors that he likes, and I now have to wake up to Paul Washer <laughs> talking about destroying you video games every morning, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> It's so funny because uh, the Tulips and Honey podcast, they have a bunch of clips. Their their intros a bunch of clips. They, they've they got Paul Watcher, R.C. Sproul. They've got the R.C. Sproul going, what's wrong with you people? That's But it's hilarious. got all those types of clips on the big yeah, intro. So, and I don't have a problem with it now, but really all I wanted was for him to branch out and have more than one person informing him. I was really worried that it would become an idolatry type situation. Well, but, and it was concerning. But Did you I think was, that would be like his new video game outlet? Like a how little. he had that type of thing with video games. But you're like, how can I get mad at this? But that was <laughs> the well, thing. And that so, was his argument. So, so, well, so well, the convicting yeah. part was essentially, okay, how are you checking him? Yeah. And I'm like, well, he teaches verse by verse. Like, how is he going to get it wrong? I don't get how you get it. And I was but like, it was you should be because, able to read through the Bible right. and not have any outside sources. Yeah. The Holy Spirit should be guiding you yes. and, and teaching you. And Absolutely. he was yeah. fundamentally opposed to that. For a, He dug his heels in. Well, and again, because I had never... Like, only having been going through that a little right. bit with Calvary Chapel out in California. And we're talking And then we hadn't small, really found yeah. it out here very well. You know, we had jumped around to a few different churches. Everyone had some, some either red flags or just, it just, it was like going through the It is hard again. to find a church. Yeah. And so, and, but that was the point was that became my listening for almost three years of drive time. Ultimately, I ended up getting a job with where I'm at now. But they they had kept me where I was working in Morganton. You, you know, were over an hour you, and a half away from Charlotte. You have a lot of commute, yeah. And 
But it's like, okay, but I put away Christian music and I was just listening through all these sermons. And I went through his 41 years in like three years. Yeah. No joke. I went through the entire thing. And, uh, but at the same time, ultimately, when we moved up to the house uh, where we're at now, we, we finally kind of went back to our Calvary Chapel that was local here. Um, Which was then the springboard for me. Right. And I think that's what, and and I realized that's what, what Lexi needed. So, um, I, and for me, it was about the community of, of people. I, I think when you grow up in churches and you experience bad ones, Mm. I think you get very good at immediately gauging the temperature of the room when you walk in. Yeah. And you also get very good at walking in and knowing whether or not the Holy Spirit is actually here. Yeah. Mm. And, um, I, it wasn't until we came to this Calvary Chapel that um, I finally felt like I could breathe. It was like a sigh of relief. I had tried getting into other churches and then I started wondering what was wrong with me. And he thought it should be so simple. Just open your Bible and read it. And he's not wrong. Yeah. It's worth mentioning right now for anybody listening. Like I wasn't wrong in, in the beliefs or arguments that I had that when I was talking to him about, you know, idolizing a man or any of those things, but he was absolutely right in that there's a reason Jesus says, you know, fix yourself. Right. You got it because he couldn't take anything I said seriously because I was not behaving the way that a Christian should. And I was not in the word and he, there was no evidence of any of that. You look at the role of a godly wife and you're not filling any of those roles, but yet you want to tell him how he needs to be doing it. Right. Exactly. And And so it was like, you know, as soon as you start doing, Oh, and it it, worth mentioning still at that point in time, he still would not pray with me. (laughs) He still, he would, if I asked him to, I didn't want to have to ask him to, I wanted him to just do it. Like, this is what I want from you. Okay, that's funny you say that, though, because I went for a long period where Brandon was totally, uh, we've told his story where he was. Yeah. And everybody tells you that a couple needs to pray together. Right. And I remember always laughing every time they would say that, because I'm like, there's no way that man is ever going to pray with me. (laughs) I've never heard him say a prayer out loud. Um, This is impossible. He does. He will never. I knew that my husband would never, ever pray with me. And the thought of him praying with me seems so awkward that I was like, eh, I'll do without it because it seems so far fetched and weird. So it's funny now that we pray together as a couple like multiple times per day. It's so funny how um, God works. In your story, you talk about how you didn't even bother with Brandon you got into the word, roped the kids into it, and it was through that that he fi- – and, and that's what started. And so what's what's interesting is that I, I went the opposite way, and so that's kind of – this is really kind of a um, cautionary tale of how that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like we started out right with good intentions, right? Yeah. And then – We started off with completely horrible intentions. Right. And so – and then, you know, here we were. We were still both believers, but, but definitely in a backslidden state, not growing for sure. Um, and I, you know, so I don't, I today do not hold any bitterness toward him for it. Like I do joke. I'll be like, well, John MacArthur, like I'll still kind (laughs) of like throw that one out there. Um, but as a joke, because, because I do acknowledge that had I been in the word, had I actually Mm -hmm. been doing what I was supposed to do, behaving like a wife as I should, he actually would have listened to me and taken me seriously. And I actually think a lot of things would have happened for us a lot sooner. Our unity would have happened a lot sooner. So it's just like, 
Oh, I just well. did it the hard way. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to show this article from um, the Babylon Bee to Travis right now. And then he can look at it afterwards. <laughs> and oh I'll tell gosh. everybody what this is. Uh, Calvin is tech guy. have some respect for our story, man. I do. <laughs> I'm kidding. But Calvin is tech guy assures church mistakes were ordained before the foundation <laughs> Travis so, was in Texas. Oh, yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, it was we we found the Calvary Chapel, which we knew would be hard for Travis because um, he does not um, totally agree with them on that. You know, fifth point, or I guess it's technically a different they, number. They are but three I don't of care. five. They're three of five. Okay. Uh, Whatever. But, but yeah, but it was one of those points where okay, so that was you know, okay, we're doing this, we're joining. Certainly, it's a it's a solid church. But I right? do think that's where we started healing. And yeah, and we grew closer together yeah. at that time too. But having that desire to be in the ministry and then having these opportunities before where I began really just having that, that 2011 deployment and teaching then, like knowing what, the, the, what God could use me for and then having conversations like on all my trips when I was working for CPI security and I'm stuck in a truck with another guy and we're like driving to Virginia to go take care of this house. And it's like, so what are we going to talk about? <laughs> like, Jesus. You want to talk about we'll Jesus talk about today? Jesus. Yeah. Cause that's what and we're I had doing. Plenty of awesome <laughs> conversations. And, um, to the point where even some of them would call me back later, like randomly, like, like even a, year a couple later. months ago, you, I thought got a random one, like six, like within the last six months. Well, that months. was, well, that was a different guy yeah. from my, yeah, from yeah. my current job. But, um, but you are that guy yeah. that is so good at being able to talk to anyone about all depths of scripture, like in any situation. But I think that's neat that all of that time in the military, being on a ship, being here, being in a different country. I mean, all of these different factors that are just so foreign to most all of us that you really hear in your story we see how you really grew in your comfort in that way that now lex calls and is like so travis went to walmart to get groceries he's been gone for hours and apparently he's in some like crazy other yeah. county giving someone bibles and telling him about jesus right like and we're just <laughs> and we're just yeah, like well, oh that's yeah that's travis like yeah. just another day but oh, that's legit norm for you like yeah. that isn't awkward to be like oh travis did this crazy thing but yeah. i think that all of this story of your military background and all of these different situations that god was working and moving and growing you in really laid that foundation because now not everybody has that ability to have that comfort and confidence in the craziest of situations like that like with an employee you know or with a co-worker to do all of these things like you the situation and the placement and all of that like it doesn't affect you like it would most people but I think because you were always in a different country on a ship doing this doing that you know all these different things that it doesn't seem as like radical for you to be working in these different situations Which is funny because at the beginning I don't think we really would have been able to say that. Like, even though mm. you did teach and stuff, I actually remember one of the arguments we had where he wasn't listening to me because he's I an just, awful person. He's horrible <laughs> and should have listened to me. No, but I remember we got into an argument once about how um, I told you you needed to learn how to speak differently with different people. That not everybody is going to want you to come at it like a college level thesis. And he disagreed vehemently with me. I think you have to go through that process. And was like, 
he was like, no, because if I'm speaking scripture, then it should accomplish a job. And therefore, yeah. I don't have to change anything I'm doing. I mean, and so he maintained this argument until our daughter, our oldest daughter, got old enough to really start being taught by him. And I, and I would sit down for like over an hour. Guys, when she teaching was, her I like remember when chapter, she was little. And she, yeah, like seven years and old. He's like, so like, bad at her. She's like, he's like, sit still. You're talk I'm about reading the word of God. Why are you yeah. fidgeting? Like he was so like, she's a little heathen kind of. He didn't say that, but he basically treated it like <laughs> you're awful because I'm reading scripture and you're being so disrespectful because you're scratching your nose. It was ridiculous. And so then there's another knockdown drag out fight for us because then I'm trying to find a way to be like, I think it's amazing that you're sitting down with our kid yeah. and that you're doing these things. But she is like five. <laughs> well, right. She, she does not know so what that really word means. Name, yeah. It's <laughs> <Yeah. Like, Hey. laughs> so, and, and uh, to give him credit, <laughs> finally. She's colored pictures of two. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a you hard joke. We had a conversation, you guys. He still falls into this a little bit because we had a conversation today teaching three-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I so was like, Travis. Note, yeah, we, we I was like, you cannot. Like, All right, I was like, listen. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> listen. This lesson is not, they're not going to understand this lesson. We need to dumb it down to this one thing right here. And he goes, but they should be able to get this lesson. I'm like, no, they're not going to get this lesson. He goes, well, I could find you a three-year-old that could, like, recite well, something. Matthew Henry, who was reading the Bible by himself okay. at three. I mean, come on. He now. was a prodigy. Yeah, I know. It's also <laughs> well, come on, kids. The church, get, step it up. Yeah. First of all, he purposefully didn't give me that information while we were, because he knew that that was lame. No, so, but even today, like, he, he does still kind of, like, just part of his personality is, like, he'll look at our three-year-old and be like, she should have the capabilities of a six-year-old. Like, yeah. that's just who he is. And it's very beneficial in some ways for our kids. Kaylin, man, the way that she can sit down yeah. and, and just, like, receive it I love stuff. the theological discussions our children have. Yeah. That I hear about after you, because when, when you guys come up, we're adults working together and the kids are just yeah. hanging out. And so you usually will call me and then I'll hear yeah. the things that they've been discussing. Yeah. And I'm like, what kids sit around? <laughs> yeah. And our kids will be like, well, I hold this point and this is the scripture because of that. And then your kids will say this and then they sit down and they're like, no, let's go to Lily. scripture. She doesn't know anything that well, I'm talking about. Yeah. Lily told us today, she was like, I told her she couldn't go play outside. It was time for church. And she's like, well, I don't understand anything he says. And I was like, oh, well, you talk to your father about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so it was, I do think it was Kaylin getting older um, and confronting that because then I had like real proof yeah. and it was really painful growth for all three of us at yeah. the time because we all, I think, approached it wrong. However, at the end of that, God used that to finally soften him and make him go, okay, so maybe I should start with the milk first, <laughs> like essentially. Yeah. yeah. And that's um, started at least 75, right? Like you want to go at like 120. Which is, so what's funny is to this day, I yell at our oldest daughter. And, and here's the thing in my house. Like I can't ever get into a fight with Travis over like anything because I'll be like, well, why didn't you, I just want you to do this with me or why didn't you do that? And it's always like I was reading my Bible or I was researching this thing or typing this thing or Brandon told me that he needs <laughs> to, <laughs> to respond to this thing. <laughs> And I'm like, 
I can't get mad I at this. I can't even get mad. But then sometimes I'm like, okay, but I'm pretty sure that, like, I'm still supposed to be your wife. Like, I'm yeah. You just, just got next in the line, so hold on. <laughs> but the problem is, is Travis has no off switch. So yeah. that addiction You're to right. video games, that being up till 3 in the morning, he will literally be up till 3 in the morning. And so there is no... Oh, man, I got to get ready for bed in an hour. (laughs) He doesn't turn it off like a normal adult human would. Yeah, I know what happens when you're gone visiting family and him and Brandon (laughs) are left to their own devices while you're gone. Or when I'm frustrated, I'm like, Heidi, they need to stop talking now. So then I have to go out and like, Brandon, stop talking to Travis. You guys aren't allowed to play anymore. He was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Did Lex message you? Yep, you're in trouble. But I always feel so because I feel like, I'm like, what kind of a sinner am I? Like, I can't even. But then I think about it. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that he still has to acknowledge that I exist. I mean, yeah. Like, I'm pretty positive. There should be some, like, I'm pretty reasonable. I pretty much go with the flow. But then sometimes I'm like, come on, man. See, these are the things, again, that Paul Paul said. (laughs) But at the same time, I can see the the beauty of having oh, of my course. wife to support me in yes. this oh, and no. to understand the, the wife, too. No. Yeah. Well, and especially yeah. when you know you have these tendencies that you will go full throttle. That Brandon has to do with me because it's funny because Lex We're and Travis yet. or Lex and Brandon are very similar and me and Travis are very similar. So Brandon has to constantly be like, dude, you're done. Stop. <laughs> and I'm like, forget. no, I can go for 20 more hours. And he's like, no, no, no. Sit down. Well, no, stop. So I finally found a workable solution, by the way. I know that we're like podcasting, but while we're chatting um the two him being on the couch all night you know he would like pass out on the couch i literally just stopped arguing with him and made it clear that i was not going to fight with him anymore over it because one day i went to him and was like you're making me sin i did i told you do you remember this well because i would pass out hardcore i sleep like a rock his well so here's what would happen i would say travis it's time for bed and he would say okay And then I would go do some stuff. Travis, it's time for bed. Okay. And he literally would wait until I am red in the face, screaming at the top of my lungs, almost in tears, like fighting with him. And then he would get up and start, rah, 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 you don't need to talk to me that way, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so finally one day when we weren't fighting or anything, I just confronted him and was like, listen, you are intentionally putting me in a position every night when you refuse to be responsible for yourself. You make me fight with you because then he started joking about it. He's like, it's okay if you do it when I'm asking you to. I'm like, I don't think the Bible works this way. Remember, I'm like half asleep on the couch. I don't think the Bible says it's okay for you to berate your husband as long as he asks you to. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not how that, that's not a loophole there. I missed that chapter. I finally started going going and I don't think you believe me the first time but I was like okay hey are you gonna come to bed okay well I'm going to bed and I will not be coming back out for you so if you fall asleep on the couch and you miss your alarm I tomorrow hope, make it, don't make it to work you're on like, I hope your alarm is set on your phone and your phone's not almost dead and then I would go get in bed and then he'd realize his phone was almost dead <laughs> come to bed and then he started so like we minimized a lot of that and so it's funny because if i had only taken my own advice sooner and just it would have worked engaging yeah. in an argument with him about it but it's hard to do but then he was asking me to fight with him i'm like this is a i can't win with this you are literally <laughs> making me lose pretty sure god has yeah. a special payment for that well this yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this whole growth time though i mean and yeah we we definitely grew close together i think that's what we we absolutely needed it um 
But then there was this, uh, again, the challenge of going, well, I don't agree 100% with them. And nobody I really listen to or I can agree on 100%. I don't get this. But at the same time, wanting to serve, right? Just having this desire to serve. And so I remember it came down to a point where you were actually serving because mm-hmm. you had filled out the packet and they do like a background check and everything. Hey, that's good. All right. If you're in the kids ministry and stuff. Yeah. And I kind of want to be part of the kids ministry and I wanted to volunteer. But because on the packet, it literally said, if you do not agree with all these points, you can't serve. No. What it said was, is there anything with Calvary Chapel theology that you disagree with? And then he wrote a 10 page paragraph about, well, this is what you believe and I disagree. And here's why. Well, no, it had points, okay. though, that they listed on the back page. And I had actually underlined two of the points and then wrote a dissertation, essentially, on why. <laughs> yeah. And You're good so, at But that. I was like, yeah, I want to serve, but I don't agree with you. Yeah. Because I wanted to be honest. Yeah. And they, I think I was the first one that ever. Challenged like, that Because most people them. just sign it and probably didn't even understand half yeah. the points on yeah. it. And so, yeah, that ended up uh, having a about an hour and a half long conversation with one of the associate pastors. And didn't really come to an end, but. They're like, okay, well, and then I was, I went there again while I was doing like Saturday morning cleaning or something. And I got called into kind of the lead pastor's uh, office. And then him and another guy came in and basically for two hours, kind of, we discussed those points. And at the end of it, they were just like, all right, well, (laughs) he just told me you're not a Calvinist, apparently, according to what they thought it was. And, um, but they approved for me to serve, but they kept me in a position where I can only teach three to five-year-olds. No, actually, well, I, the rule was that he couldn't teach. He could be right. an usher. So I did start, I began an usher. He didn't that. want you in children's ministry Because at you first. didn't agree with all of their points. Yeah, he didn't want you in children's ministry at first, and it was only recently, like within the last couple of years. His wife, actually, I had talked to her about that. Not where I was trying to put her in a situation to disagree or anything but she had asked about him serving and i mm. said well actually he'd like to y'all won't he let would him like to but here's what the decision was and is what your husband said and um apparently they had a conversation about it because then she started putting travis on the list mm-hmm. to serve and mm-hmm. then um the way it was supposed to work is i was i'm the head teacher and he helps um, and then that just kind of slowly over time is he, I kind of make him teach. Yeah. I Isn't mean, that I funny usually, though that they would place the woman as the head and then the like, yeah, that's well, weird. I mean, it's unfortunately you just need more men to stand up and be willing to teach. But and it's funny when one does yeah, and then so it's like, no, no, yeah. no, we won't let yeah, you. Know. They push it down well, to be honest, I mean, they, and they did, well, they had some couples that be, did teach it, the, it, the older kids. That actually, kids. though, had more to do with um, the age group of the kids. The woman is listed first because men cannot take three to five-year-olds to the bathroom. There were certain rules for so it. So it was, that was why they just kind of automatically had it listed that way. Um so if it had been the older kids, which we still have not been invited to teach, <laughs> um, then yeah. But it's funny because it's as time has gone on, he's now been invited. So and that that grew, and I would say from a personal standpoint too, having already gone through all those sermons and then being convicted of the fact of not being in the Bible more and just mm-hmm. digging into the Word, mm-hmm. the next level of on growth yourself. really came from that. Where my drive time, I said, you know what? Let me stop just listening to. The, even if they're good Bible teachers that sure. are, you know. You listen to the word yourself. Right. I just need to listen through the word. So I started about th- 
three years ago, yeah. three, four years ago, I'd say, um, putting those aside and just begin listening through scripture. And, and we bought and it, you the like concordances and, and the dictionary three years ago. The, mm-hmm. um, all of yeah. That you guys have some really cool to. resources. And so, and that's where I, I really kind of the next level. Like I went from just being discipled as a student to some of these, these teachers like John MacArthur to then really digging into it and, and even the things where I'm like, yeah, I agree with you, but I don't know why mm-hmm. I started understanding. And then I started really why do I agree? discipling do I agree? with, and as I'm finding things in scripture and really starting to understand it more, that's where I would take time to, to talk with some of the other guys at, at our local congregation and just disciple them and show them. And it's funny because like, look at Christ here in the old Testament. So would like hang around, yeah. <laughs> listen to what he's <laughs> They always had a, not in a know. malicious way. Right. It was never, he was never made to feel like he was unloved or unwelcome there. There was just this extreme caution. Right. Um, just against. And I, and I get it division. though, because of the, the, they've had splits over like KJV only and stuff like just some really ridiculous ones. So to them, it's like, okay, he's a brother in Christ. We love him. But at the same time, we don't want him to turn into a wolf in sheep's clothing. I got to keep an eye on him. Like that was, that's kind of the mentality coming from them. So they were still very hesitant to let me do certain things. But over time, one, I think a biggest part of it, too, was getting to really grow with, um, with the pastor's son. Right. So who just blossomed. I mean, he went from just learning to barely play guitar to playing and singing, but then also teaching the youth. And I would have full-on 45-minute, hour-long conversations with him where we're just discussing Scripture and re- really loving it. And I mean, even now we'll bounce things off. And, you know, we went out a couple nights ago. We, him and I were just discussing basically the same topic. And like the group of men were all just feeding off each other and growing. Um, so the, it kind of helped with that. And, and then on the side note, that's also where I began engaging the Jehovah's Witnesses mm-hmm. and just being convicted. In fact, one time was when I think I dropped off, may have been, Alan or somebody, I, dro- I remember dropping somebody off in a neighborhood and seeing them walking, two guys, just two random guys walking. And this like burning sensation in my heart, just turn around, go talk, go to, talk him. to him. And that began the conversation. I didn't have all the answers at that time, but I started to engage them. And that went to, hey, I know they hang out at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I would, <laughs> so then I would start seeing them at Walmart in different places and Bible and car, just, all right, done with my appointment. Now I'm going to be here or... Well, I'm just here for groceries. I've got, you know, I got a little bit of time, which would turn into three hours. But, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, your wife would be texting yeah. me. He left three hours ago. I still haven't seen him. So that, that one time I really thought like something <laughs> happened. So that was another like part of growth. And um, and then this opportunity recently with um, uh, the, the kids over at Barium Springs, which is literally right next door to the... Uh, the local church and it's as well. like a troubled children's home right and just or children who, yeah children who had had trouble in their lives yeah, mm-hmm. so different backgrounds things and stuff yeah. but uh them basically coming to us and saying hey uh nothing's working we don't know what to do with yeah these kids. we don't know what to do but you know in the past they used to do a bible study do you guys can you guys do a bible study with them and i remember a lot of people vol- like no almost uh, the opposite we only had a handful of people volunteer and I felt convicted that like nobody else is doing this. So I volunteered 
And it was one of those like, okay, so if you're going to be <laughs> teaching, we're going to sit in with you and make sure you're not teaching anything crazy to these kids. It's like, okay, whatever. That's fine. Um, but still being part of that um, and having just some good opportunities to just preach Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I took him through Genesis 22 recently. Uh, just Abraham offering up Isaac, being commanded to do so, and what a, how that was in faith and all this stuff. And so just being able to be used in those different means. And uh, and then, again, with the, the Jehovah's Witnesses, where that came about last year, well, just being engaged with another guy, being like three years in a row now, and then being pulled into that where my heart was for him. Like, he took down my phone number, and then two weeks later when you guys traveled out and I had to, I was stuck here. It's like, okay, idle time essentially, but instead of getting into, you know, some of the old past things, I had no desire for him. It's like, well, I want to, I'm going to go find this guy. And then I found out there was a Jehovah's Witness convention. So I went there on a Saturday to go preach Christ yeah. to him. And, you know, I didn't go in as an attendee, uh, but had like a two hour long conversation. Uh, Ended up talking to like three different guys, two for over an hour and a half, um, to the point where they like flagged me as like, okay, this they this guy's serious. They coming to our house. Yeah, Not your house that, is like marked off on a board he kept, somewhere. He kept inviting the people that would come to our door. They would like sit on our front porch, and then he'd be like, just one second, and he'd get his Bible, and then they'd leave, and then the next week, the one guy would come with a different person, <laughs> and then they would, you know, go through it. And eventually, they literally just were like, just we're not going, going back. <laughs> yeah. They tried to target me a couple of times. Individually. Um, yeah. Individually. And then. That didn't go well. Yeah. But even in yeah. that convention, I went back that following Sunday. They flagged me. Um, that? Louder. That following Sunday. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look at the difference, though. <laughs> I'm projecting my voice. Um, <laughs> but that led into having numerous over months upon months uh, every Saturday for a while minimally an hour and a half upwards to three hours to even where his wife was like are you dead what's going on and I'm (laughs) in the kingdom I'm in the kingdom hall like I'm in the kingdom hall with him in this classroom and he would bring in fellow other Jehovah's Witnesses and stuff and it's always weird because we'd have these like I, I would denounce the watchtower I would profess things that clearly went against their doctrines. And they're just like, huh, this was a really good conversation. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we do? It's like, okay. So, uh, well, I mean, he actually got one of their books and then spent like hours just like making notes next to every yeah. single page. And like, originally yeah. he wanted to write a book, but I actually think it's better. Well, doing the podcast yes. you're doing on this now have just been better. huge because you spent so much time in this, you know, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. No. And those come from the, just the times that I clearly remember like, yeah. Oh, this was awesome. And because a lot of it was spirit led too, where like certain points of conversation, it's like scripture would just come to mind out of nowhere. And I'm like, I've read that or I've mm-hmm. heard that. And then I'd show them and then it just taking them through the context because I, that's what I found was, uh, you know, dealing with any kind of really any question is let's go to the text. Does what you say, does it hold up in the context? Yes or no. If it could, then does it also harmonize with the rest of scripture? Yes yep. or no. And so a lot of times that's where those conversations got really deep. Um, and yeah, but it was due to, 
basically me wanting, having a heart for them too. Because I realized more and more as I got into it and more and more into these conversations, just the depth of how clutched in this system they are. They can't escape it. Yeah. They're literally bound to it. Um, and it's just like realizing that the only way that they're going to get out of this is by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and using the word to destroy their defenses. Um, yeah. So, but that was just been a time of growth. And that's what led us into here. Um, seeing you guys blossom with the homeschool and then Brandon's growth just yeah. amazingly over <laughs> yeah. the last few years. Yeah, and that was the thing is I had never really talked to him before. Yeah, it was so like yeah, so and that was what I, th- that. I don't think that what everybody realizes is that yeah. that's what I tried to hit on too. When you guys had first moved back here, we yeah. were I was in a completely different place, and we were transitioning. Like our lives were just beginning to to go through this massive uh, another massive change. But yeah, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of time when you guys first came back here. What was it? Like not even. A, it was a few months, wasn't it? Well, and you guys were yeah. in such you in such different places. You were in the midst of career and the speedway and just hating life and rat race and all of this. You were so tormented in your spiritual walk. Yeah. It was I mean, it was never worse, I don't think, than it was at that point it for was him spiritually. Right at that point. Right as remember. Travis is having this whole and I, I just remember. came back from deployments of teaching and I'm on fire and I want to do all this stuff and Brandon's yeah. like, God hates me. He doesn't care about me. I'm just gonna go die. Like type of a mentality. So you guys were so polar opposites. I just in remember that having that like Oh my gosh, they're like going through and they're coming all the way back here and we absolutely have no clue what we're doing with our lives right now. Because our life was just like like spinning out of control. Yeah, it was, I mean, probably within six months or so, you guys started going down to Florida and and doing all of that. Yeah, and then that's when we had to... Even up to where you moved up here, like we would come up here, but like Brandon, you would be elsewhere. Like you and Travis didn't really start even connecting at all well, i think is when you began really going through like the seminary yeah yeah studies was, and yeah when i first started when i first yeah. started going through that and, and and really started tapping back into that when heidi went through it again i don't i don't think this was a i think it just for me it just took my mindset and all my thoughts and different th- you know the way that i operate and just kind of focused everything for me really quick so i think that's why my my um my change was very quick where it was all the stuff that I kind of already knew, but it, I was able yeah. to form like a solid biblical basis and understand the difference between these things and, and finally have some sort of moral compass that I was actually yeah, holding then, myself to. But then it's funny because I remember for a good few months, Heidi and I would be like, I really wish they would just sit down and talk because at this Because point, the norm had been when we all got together, the guys would kind of just stand quietly off doing whatever <laughs> you and I would chit chat and do whatever. Well, you, usually Brandon was hurting or playing video games. Well, yeah, that's and well, then, and that's what's funny. Cause Bra- that's when Brandon was really getting hurt and having all of those hurt, issues. Right, really bad. And he was like going to bed that early. Was in between yeah. 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 He yeah, was that a mess. Was a weird time period there yeah. that I was, um, but to be friends yeah. for all this time. And yet you two guys never really did spend much time. T- like, Martial arts and things, video games a little bit, right. you know, like certain little things. Mm-hmm. I we mean, but not. On different levels. The yeah. funny yeah. thing is, is given yeah. how our marriages are mirrors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still would never have made Travis and Brandon friends, like have two people walk down the street 
Oh, yeah, and be like, yeah, I those two guys. Sure. guys would be friends. Yeah, I don't think our paths would have crossed. In but it's funny because you get each other's humor. Right. Like... Well, and Kai that's well, it's similar in a very different Brandon's over here, like doing the scenario. same thing Travis is doing. But that's what I think yeah. is so amazing, right? Because I know when ministry and stuff really started to grow for us, yeah. it was like, well, you started listening to the stuff. And we're like, yeah. oh, cool. You're listening to it? Like, that's awesome. We thought we did all this stuff. We're like, really, two people are going to listen to it. One of them was you. And we're like, oh, that's way cool. And then you guys would dive further into these topics and then there was a couple things and it was like man if you guys want to come up and like do a podcast with us like you guys you because you two guys are having these amazing conversations and lex and i are like can we just record you guys talk I like i still for real? think we are i know try i think we need day. to do a phone a friend and we need yeah. to just like record them I talking i really can't explain like my switch like that other than god like other than yes. the holy spirit well, because it was just yeah, yeah and it yeah. was but i mean i just enabled to like go from something that was so not like to just being completely on board like i get it now like i got it let's go with this and like it's i mean this this is is stuff that i always knew i can't see him so i was like i can't tell um but this is where it was so cool so when the church started to grow and all these things i feel like god just started like you know just flinging at us one thing after the other and we're like ah, ah, oh my gosh all of these things yeah. like it's all really great but there's so many things so like when we sat down and we were like okay travis we're forcing you now like <laughs> you guys were hanging out doing podcasts and doing different little things just here and there but like things are getting for real we know you guys have our back and you're there with checks and balances and all of those things but like legitimately where do you feel called? Like, do you truly want to step in and do stuff or just like stay in the background? I'll keep an eye out, make sure you don't go wonky. You know what I mean? Type of a deal. Like, what are you wanting to do? And it's just so interesting. You know, I think Brandon and I knew what we were hoping you would say Mm -hmm. just from what we know about you and your story. I think we wanted to assume a lot of And like what we're very excited (laughs) and just like, oh, we could do this. We could do that. We could do that. What a blessing that would be for so many people. But yeah, we didn't want to like just volunteer you for things that you weren't wanting to do. But anyways, when you were like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll be your associate. And then it was just like, you two are so complimentary, I think. And I've seen many people message us about it. So that's what I think is so neat because the way you come at Mm -hmm. things versus how Brandon comes at things, they're different, but complimentary. So you guys are so on point with one another in your ways although you come from these two completely different backgrounds but yet when you put that together you guys are like fascinating to listen to in that way you know and I think it's just so cool and can be so serving to so many people and especially other men that come from these you you know what I mean these just two totally different takes at it and yet you see all this come together and it's like oh my gosh this is so cool like God is just working yeah the commonality and in the lives and in the stories too I mean they they coming out of it you you can just tell all the things you know you're like man these are two people that probably would have you know two I think we're so far apart on some different levels but then just the commonality of just um in in the word and in the spirit too uh, of that just meeting together and realizing the same things I don't think there's Sometimes I wonder, though, if it's not that you guys have this, like, intrinsic understanding of each other because you're married to each other. (laughs) 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 No, but 
maybe that's what it is. It, it is still, an interesting because I feel like there was never that awkward get to know you. Yeah, it was never. It's funny because it was you guys were separate and not just didn't it. He would be late getting here. Yeah, because he's working. Brandon good. was sick. So there was all this. It just never happened. And then it was like as soon as you guys had that first conversation. Oh, forget there it. was never a. I don't understand how your personality works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I think you have often when you you know yeah. are building friendship with, someone. but because you and Brandon are yeah. so similar and Travis and I are so similar, the two of you are able to translate that like to one another seamlessly. Yes, yeah, so I feel like they're like at least we've never seen like uh, like one of you feel like you had to explain yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no. it was just like, oh yeah, yeah, I get, I get it, I get mm-hmm. it. Just, you should just... see when you're not here and it's just the two of them. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> We've gotten some stuff that we should have recorded before. Yeah. We have. We've, but well, we really need. We need like. Well, we were just talking about that equipment. We were just talking like. about that. Matter of fact, when um, I think you were outside or something, but we were talking about trying to figure out how to do like the either the phone call or having to it to where he can do it from home and like yeah. we both can be on together. So it's like almost like that. We'll figure all that out. I'm sure. But that is the that is just such an awesome place to to go through all of that to bring it up to. This is where you guys are here now because our story like takes off from like this well, point. I think so this is a great they can place. Join Facebook lives. Yeah. Together. Yeah. yeah. You could do that. You that guys could both so host I think a Facebook you guys live. could at least do where you go live. And so one of you starts it and then the other one of you comes on and you click join live. Mm-hmm. And it oh, actually you yeah, I think both. You can. And then you could actually both do so that may be a way to do some stuff yeah depending on the topic so now actually the only thing that we've really done is add more workload to travis's plate uh, n- okay i say time and time again you guys need to not just put your jobs move up job. here not you guys can have, have the whole basement job. we'll like they renovate have, the whole thing they have an active church that they go to and that they're involved with and <laughs> but look at the good that's being done to no, the glory of god's lot, name for I real mean, um you know all the content well, all the Last and Sunday. that's one of those things. So, like, a lot of people are going to go, well, I don't get it. So, you didn't go to school for any of this? Yeah. It's like, well, no. But think about it. I sat under teaching for many, many hours. I don't even know how many hours. In fact, when I had that two-hour conversation uh, with my pastor just to serve um, at that time, he goes, well, hold on. How much John MacArthur did you listen to? <laughs> and I said, probably at least over a thousand hours. He goes, Wait, are you serious? <laughs> I said, Well, I finished his forty one years of teaching. And he's just like, Oh my goodness. He's, yeah, it, it, and I absorbed And then it. he graduated from that to like Paul Washington. Yeah, but you're right. It, but that's where I, I learned but, but you've it was been, yeah. you have been through all through the all the things that you would go through in seminary and everything yeah. that you've done. Because you would have everything that you've studied, everything that you've done was was all things that you go through just to get a stupid little certificate from from a seminary. Right. And I mean, but even that it's like, okay. so the one thing I would have I'd still want to grow in is just knowing the biblical language is better. Sure. I mean, clearly we all can. Right. At the same time, though, it's like, um, you know, that stuff's offered for free. Yeah. Right. Right. I would say that he probably knows them better than a lot of actual. Absolutely. Pastors. Well. And that's the thing is I've I've many, many a times picked up the interlinear. And so, like, I can basically read some of the Greek and start to begin to understand what they're saying and recognize all oh, these words are over here and how it's flowing. Uh, do I understand it perfectly? No, not, a, you know, not at all. But I grew in that. Um, 
I've listened through the Bible just within the past year over, I would say about two times now. Um, and then on top of that, just like whenever I get into a study, when I did the Isaiah 53 study, and I only had three days to prepare. Yeah. I remember I was in panic mode within yeah. the hour before trying to jot down my notes. <laughs> and I only had like up to the second verse in <laughs> chapter 53. I'm like, this is never going to finish. Yeah, I remember telling him like, and it's fine. You're going to be it was, fine. But like, it's, like you're not even going to need that. Wow. But Brandon it's because I listened through the yeah. chapter can, uh, at no, least you can't. 30 no, times. Hard. Yeah. No, but I mean, I listened through it at mm -hmm. least 30 times on my drive back and forth. I just had it on repeat. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening. I'm like, okay, okay, I remember that. I remember that. And then I listened through uh, 50 through 60, essentially like another eight times to get kind of more of just the context of that all. And that's what kind of led into as I began teaching. A lot of it flowed naturally. And mm -hmm. then I started just remembering other passages from the New Testament that mm -hmm. tied in. And even though I couldn't recite, you know, the verse, which, again, if you ever, I mean, just look through the book of Hebrews. How many times they recite Old Testament? They don't say, oh, this was back in Deuteronomy well, chapter 8. that's what I was yeah. going right. to say. They didn't, this have. Wasn't, they didn't have that. That's why Paul right. says, and in another place. Yeah. And in another <laughs> so, place. Yeah. You know, not to, like, bring up old stuff. But <laughs> John McCarthy. <laughs> One of your arguments against me is I would be like, well, it says this in the Old Testament. And you'd be like, where? Yeah. I'm just saying that was his argument against me. Oh, yeah. man, honey. But we uh, might I need to. We're at like four hours. Oh, goodness. Is it really <laughs> four hours? Three hours and okay, 41 Okay, so we got to do, a we gotta do this in two parts. I don't think we can put this out <laughs> in one. Two? I was, is, are you going to be able to do it in two? <laughs> it's just going to have to like abruptly stop at random places. Yeah. I'll put the whole thing out. People can I mean, pause I guess and come you back. could release it all in one day, but in multiple parts and just be like, listen, this is part one of, I mean, if you want people, but I, I don't know, would people even sit there for four hours? I think so. Um, the people will probably they, throughout the week. Well, this is so fascinating. And I think, well, again, for those of you who've made it for the four hours, um, <laughs> the one person that's left. Um, the one but no, but the Karen. point, uh, Karen. Shout out to Karen. <laughs> We love you, Karen. <laughs> but the point being, though, the church is growing. The church is coming together. People yeah. know a lot about Brandon. They know from his testimony, from the interview that Lex did with us, from, I mean, we have hundreds of podcasts up and, and videos of our whole family. They know so much about us that this is an online community for the most part. So at this time right now, so people don't get to see you. They don't see all of this. And so they've heard you on this and that theology revs, couple of podcasts, whatever, but they don't know you mm -hmm. like they know Brandon, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so I think this is such a cool opportunity going forward to all the things we're praying over and seeing what God will allow us to do for this church to get to know you, even if they can't sit down and listen to this all in one thing, you know what I mean? Even yeah. if it's a start and stop over a little bit of time, but to have this available that people can be like, okay, I know of this family. I know of these people. They've watched some of your teachings, like they get it, but who are you? Where are you coming and from? How really do you the, know the, the Lord? The quickness of bringing this in and making this all too was honestly since like the hospitals the, the all of a sudden it was like all bam all of a sudden when yeah. the lord was just like boom here this is yeah. what you have all of a sudden you have this now do something with it yeah like, yeah jeez oh, louise you know i'm like what do, yeah what do i do with this um, so it happened really fast but i think um 
everybody's heard our story, like Heidi said, but it's yeah. just interesting to hear y'all's story because we always talk about you guys and everybody knows you. Well, and Travis, you've been striving for a role of teaching and, mm-hmm. and leadership and discipleship and all of these things. And you've got so much great content that yeah. you want to put out there and that you want to that you want to do. And I think that was one thing. Not having an, just having even this small outlet um, is is been a blessing. And to see to the people that you are touching and reaching out. and helping through this mm-hmm. I think has just been really 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 cool to watch and you know see come together and stuff I know last Sunday night when you did the thing Brandon and I were like this is so awesome and it's, <laughs> teaching and it's, and it's understanding only given by the Lord I mean it's just so fluent and so good and just um, everything works together for the better in it so it's, it's definitely spirit filled and led good so that's that is our four-hour podcast yeah, on, a, on mainly on a, Travis's testimony and a little bit yeah, about, of our about our you know marriage. how we got together. Hopefully, people don't listen to this and be like, "She's nuts." Well, probably. <laughs> but. I mean, okay, yeah, but you know, point being, I, think, being, I mean, he's still with me, right? Like, right. That's 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 got to count well, for something, you, right? Okay, so let's talk about how much Lex has grown. Uh, oh, I mean, we've only got like okay, two we, minutes. We left don't got four more and, hours. Um, I don't know. I was a pretty terrible person, so okay, you're less so terrible. Anyway, Lex so has grown a ton. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we've been friends for like twenty some years. We're, we've all grown, and it's amazing that the Lord has just all brought us here together. It's just, it's humbling, and just. Sometimes I sit back and I go, what is going on right yeah. now? Like, what is happening? Well, I mean, we were just talking about this not that long ago. It's like, if mm-hmm. you would have looked at us 20 years ago, I know. Said, this is going to be your life. Be like, you're crazy. You've on lost your every mind. level. I wouldn't believe any of it. Every level. I wouldn't. I would. To- I would laugh in your face. Yeah. Well, um, you know, looking back to you always see how like God's hand in everything, how he yep. brings us to it. And Did one of the things. Did your life turn out? How you thought it would? Not at all. Okay. I had. Not, I thought. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought I was going to be walking the streets as a homeless man and you like really proclaiming did, Christ. Guys. Like you really, really. Did. Um, that that's what I had told her. <laughs> you know, what She's I, like, I oh wow. Um, what did I just? So now I into? now I pick up homeless guys and yeah. proclaim Christ. Proclaim Christ, yeah. You know. uh, but even just seeing the Lord's hand and one of the things like that was a special mark that I I didn't even realize until about four years later. So. Back up when I was, uh, when Bowman died, oh, he had yeah. changed places with me. Mm-hmm. That was June 7th, 2004. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until about 2011 on Facebook when I saw a memorial about him. And it, it was like at least two or three years mm-hmm. before that had happened. I remember that. And I think I was still in the Marine Corps, though. Uh, so I want to say it was 2011. I'd probably just gotten back. We already knew we were transitioning out. But I was looking through it and just going, wait a minute. He died on June 7th, 2004. My first kid, Kaylin, was born June 7th, 2008. That's crazy. You know, Which is that's just insane. insane. The, the one that we had Four prayed insane. for. I mean, we prayed for all our kids. Four but years like, yeah. to the date. That yeah. Just, but it was just like. What are the odds, though, that that day when where he you could have been the one yeah. that died, but because you switched spots and your story. You lived and he didn't. That four years later, your child would be born on that exact day. Like, yeah. that's insane. Oh, yeah. Insane. So, but we're here for a reason. The Lord right? has been present in all of our lives, clearly. Yeah. And he's brought us to uh, amazing places, I think. So. 
and you know, uh, certainly looking forward to to growing in this ministry and to uh, just honestly to see Christ glorified. Yeah, I mean, Amen. That's, that's always our. That's our all goal. what it's about. Uh, to edify the church uh, and just grow together in the knowledge of Christ and. Uh, you know, be as much of a help as as we can. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm <laughs> chugging a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, and at this, you know, and it's one of those things too. Just workload. like trying to to be a dad, be a well, back up. Trying to be a husband <laughs> first because I should be. That comes before being the dad, right? Um, but even like when my kids, uh, when I was prepping for that previous Sunday. That's why I had to push it out to 8.30 because yeah. I mean, I actually wanted to respond immediately. But then as I sat down, we I was like, We thought you were right, going to, yeah. Going to. <laughs> um, and just, I had already told my kids that I was going to spend time with them. So what I ended up doing was we went out, made a little campfire. Oh, fun. And oh, we awesome. sang songs. We had a little fire yeah. with them. That's Aww. so cute. We, yeah, we, we sang some worship songs together. And, um, and then that was like the calming yeah. that I needed. And then once they were in bed, it's like, all right, now I can focus on this. Those um, are the best yeah, so, I would say you know. you're pretty awesome now at, you know, juggling that what the priorities should be and and having the mm-hmm. home ordered the way that it should. Like, yeah. it's been like, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but like now that everything is structured and ordered the way that it needs to be. It's just like, I can't believe how stupid we were. Oh, yeah. I feel like a moron. Because <laughs> things are so simple when you put your home in biblical I'm order. Like, you're telling me I could have had a decade of this? Yeah. 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 Like, I really, like, I really had to. Who was it? Was it George Mueller? Was it George Mueller that was talking about um, predestination versus free will, I think, and in one of his sermons, George Mueller? No. No, I think it was. What did he say? Where he said something to the effect of, um, I, I used to believe in free will, but it's like he, he then turned to predestination later as he started going because he said that, um, like, be it's just a matter of how you get there. Are you going to kick and scream and be dragged through it and do everything the hard way? Mm. Or are you going to make choices that ultimately get you to the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure that was George Moore. I don't know. He could have been. Really I don't know. I'm almost positive. None of us have any yeah. idea. Um, well, I you wouldn't have listened to him. <laughs> you wouldn't have listened to him. So huh? He, you wouldn't have listened to him. That doesn't matter. <laughs> so when did, when did you read one of his sermons? No, it was You read his biography his to Kaylin. We probably should stop this conversation. <laughs> So anyways, anyways yes, yeah. when the home is in order, it's amazing yes, how <laughs> things work. Even on the bad days, it's so much better than the bad days used to be. Yeah, I just, I feel so, and I talk to other people that are either starting a marriage or they want to start a marriage. You're like, dude, get it in like, order real quick, look, I promise. You do it the hard way like yeah. I did. I don't recommend it, though. Yeah, no. Like, it's not necessary. Like, God's order is there for a reason. You can just kind of do it right, like, right away, and it's fine. Like, I promise. Marriage might be really cool if that's the way. I don't know why, but that made me think of that um, meme that's going around right now. It says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but... If you park wrong, you can do it again. It's okay. You can try it again. You can re-park, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's all right. Um, you know, if you Alan posted that picture, he said no, yeah. you can't. <laughs> if you if you mess up, it's okay. You can like Refar. restart, like do it yeah. again, like. And I wish I would have known that 
yeah. a long time ago. Yep. But. Well, uh, yeah, I think there's there's. But you know, reasons. I think now we're all kind of uniquely qualified in our own ways to like help other people whose lives are just like, because I don't think there's there are many situations that have come across to this date where one of us hasn't been like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I've I get it. I yep. totally get it. Been there. So um, that's that is. I think cool. I found the quote that you're talking about. But Was I it George Muller? Yeah. I won't read it, but oh, okay, we'll get to it. And I and I paraphrased very badly, but I think that was basically what he said. It was years ago, but when I first introduced him to you guys, and Kalen had wanted to research all of his stuff, and then I found out all of his sermons that he had done. Had oh, been, I listened to all of his di- yeah. journal entries on YouTube. Yeah, hmm. so it's fascinating. Anyway, I think we like are just shy of the four hour mark. Anything yep, else you want to so. say? <laughs> give God to the glory. Nobody yeah, that's less listening. Give, 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 give this is the longest Travis has ever talked about himself ever. I know. I know you didn't want to. Okay, I know Travis didn't want to because he didn't want it to be about self, but I think that's what's so cool, and I thank you for doing this because although I think to you it might seem like you're talking about yourself a lot, to all of us listening and learning more about you, it's just got it work and molding and doing all of the things, and that's just so cool to see how God is working and using you for his glory. So it wasn't just about you. We got, we got more out yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Still here for a reason. Yep. Amen. So, all right, guys, we Still will stop right. talking at you now. <laughs> Thanks everybody. <laughs>